Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch, here with co-host Destin Solo Frazier. Wait, nobody died this week. Nope, nobody died this week, but you know what? I'm optimistic the whole world will end before 2021. You joke. Maybe. <laughs> Don't underestimate this year, man. 2020's balls haven't dropped yet. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm fucking telling you. Late whatever, right? Yeah, I can't even begin to tell you just how insane everything is right now. Oh, boy. But we're coming to you almost over 24 hours later. I know we're a little later than usual. Technical issues here. Uh, from the wake of the uh, pay-per-view, right? The controversial yeah, TLC. Lighter, chairs, and fire. Mm-hmm. The wake of Bray, rather. Yeah. Uh, it happens, though. Shout out to everybody listening across all of our wonderful platforms, including all of the podcast apps such as iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, and so on and so forth, Stitcher. All of that wonderful stuff as well as over on the live feed, twitch.tv slash talkbunch, facebook.com slash talkbunch, talkbunch.com, of course, as well as everybody live in the chat room. We're going to address you guys later in the chat. We've been even keeping an eye on those of you that have been waiting and coming and out, so you'll be in the shout-outs at the end, too. Oh, boy. So, what do you think? What were you experiencing this week in the world of wrestling? A lot of wrestling. Like, I think I've watched more wrestling in this week than I've watched in a long time. Really? More than when you were doing the G1? Yeah. Like, because literally this weekend, it's this whole week, it's been Raw, SmackDown, like, not even necessarily that order, but Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, World Tag League, Best of the Super Juniors, fucking Final Battle, TLC. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I just, I just went this week. I was like, fucking, I'm going full throttle. I gotta be honest, I didn't watch all of Final Battle, and I intended to, even though I was like, I'm not gonna watch this, but you know what it was? Every time I finished a couple of those shitty low-tier card matches, I would just toggle to a different wrestling show on my system. It was like, at one point, I was like, you know what? Like, I started to watch SmackDown. Like, I watched, I was watching Final Except Battle. you know what? Oh. You just made the list! Oh, no! Oh, here we go. <laughs> Thank you, Gadnaba. Thank you for the follow. Welcome. By the way, thank you. You know what? Thank you, Facebook, by the way. You just made the list. Um, Oh, no. Adriana. Thank you for the follow. Adriana Materano. Yeah, I was going to say, Facebook's been really good. Thank you guys over there uh, for how awesome everything's been. You know what? There's a lot of it. You just made the list. Zanit Yazin. Thank you also as well. It seems to be, that seems to be our platform. And it's funny because we've had that Facebook page since 2014. We only used it for extra content that wasn't wrestling. You know what? You just made the list. Sarkoon Tauntaun. Thank you. Um, We only use the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we're doing all night. Yeah. This is so we only use that Facebook page for extra content that wasn't wrestling. You know what? You just made the list. (laughs) Oh no! Oh, here we go. Thank you, guys. So (laughs) we're not going to get through this show. You know that, right? (laughs) I know. You know what? Motherfucker! You just made the list. Oh no! Here we go. (laughs) Thank you like, for the follow. Out, right? 
I'm just going to wait. I know you guys are watching that. They're always watching. They, I know, I know. You just made the list. That, even when we're not here. Oh, like this time, oh, here we go. This time, even when we're not here, that's, that's going on for Facebook, which is the reason I've been trying to explain to everybody that this is, uh, that this is the, the primary platform. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Sunil Baha'i, thank you for the follow. Oh, I guess you guys are fucking awesome. Whew. Hope y'all know that shit. Wait, Chip, wait, you know what? Wait. Hey, Naomi, Naomi Sentai, oh, thank you for the follow. God in heaven. This Facebook's going to become like the, the podcast version of this. The only thing we haven't been able Chip, to do. you know of- what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Uh, here we go. Rana Shabazz. The only, the only place we haven't been able to get over are like the live video streams, which is a shame because that's where you get to see the video. But, you know, most people listen Chip, to you know what? podcasts in their ear. You just made the list. This is crazy. Oh no! In, oh, in Oxen Tamza, thank you for the for the follow. <laughs> Writing it down. You just it's like I don't want to be rude and disable it. You know what I mean? Because it's it's cool. It's, Chip, you, you know, know what? It is? A lot of people. You just made the this list. Catching up. Oh no! Oh, here we go. Chenanye Edward, <laughs> thank you for the follow. We're already way past. We're already way past our our. our Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Mouse home. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. Thank you for the follow. We're already way past seven, the numbers that we had on, people. Uh, on Mixer. I, I feel terrible because we came on late as it is because we were getting things ready. Chip, you know what? Malik. You just made the list. The oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm kind of glad. I'm happy. You know, that's cool. I can't complain. It's like I can, but I can't. Oh, six layer! Thank you for the for the follow. I love it. Oh, the host, the host. Like up just to get a different one. The host. You see, it was that, and he put that host in a while ago. That means that shit was catching up when from when people were hitting likes when we first got on here. Holy you know? shit! That's a lot. That's a lot of the time with Facebook. You know what it is normally, and everybody knows this if you've been a long time listener, viewer, whatever. I always forget to turn on the follow alerts in the first 10 to 15 minutes. Cooler usually hosts us, and after he does, I'm usually like, oh, man, I forgot to turn on the follows. That's why I didn't come on. Today, for the first time in a long time, I remember to hit the follow to make sure the alerts appear in the beginning. So when everybody first sees the stream and is liking it, it, it all rolled in. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool, though. But yeah, Facebook's probably going to be our primary platform, specifically because uh, it's we're already we've already exceeded Mixer, what we had on Mixer. Uh, I'm sure I haven't even looked at the numbers, but I mean, just by uh, the interactions alone. The the thing about it is, and I don't want to go too far away from wrestling, but the thing about content creation that I've learned is that it's really weird. Like sometimes some people's platform is for you and not for others. Like some people find their platform on YouTube and then you'll tell someone, oh, YouTube's great. And then they won't get over there. Some people will go to Facebook. A lot of our friends, when we all, we were all friends on Mixer. And that to me is the saddest part that Mixer was such a small community, like everybody knew each other. I knew all of the, the bigger streamers. They knew me. We would literally paint DM and stuff. That's where I got a lot of ideas and would even give them a lot of ideas and help them with audio. We would DM and Twitter and stuff, you know, like uh there were just a lot of cool people that I've interacted with, like between Mava Dozy and Zen and CL. I'm sure all of these guys now they're on uh they're on Twitch, obviously, and we still interact. But some people found their place in Facebook, some people found their place back in Twitch. Uh for us we kind of toggled it for a while. And uh it's definitely Facebook, you know, like there's just no question about that. Oh, yeah. And again, what I was trying to tell you guys before was we've had that Facebook page since 2014. That's one of the reasons why it gets over, because I made it the same day that I made everything else. The community itself, I made everything, the show, the talkbrunch.com website, uh, everything pretty much was made on the same day. 
so what we've had it since 2014 but it was a place for extra content like we never put wrestling stuff up there we would put like links to like articles but our own podcast content it would just be like the links to the itunes version we only started actually streaming to facebook when mixer went down so it's been a really recent time but it's just funny because what we found was that although a lot of people may not necessarily hit our uh our let's plays which is mainly a lot of let's plays there whenever there's wrestling to cover and it's current wrestling as much as you may not like it and i may not be fond of it that's what's working you know what i mean like people believe it or not and i'm specifically saying facebook because i know on itunes itunes stitcher that community has already told me that as far as they're concerned the second half of the show can fuck off like literally people who listen to the podcast version they're fine with us just talking about the dirt sheets and the news and when it's time to talk about like raw and nxt and aew and all that other stuff to just not they just want the dirt sheets but then you got the people on facebook that they're literally there for when we talk about what just happened, like the play-by-play to certain shows and stuff, which is the part that I dread the most <laughs> at this point. So it's kind of like yeah. now we have that, you know, but but we do the post shows. That's like mainly, honestly, the main reason why we do the post shows is for Facebook. And uh, there might even become a point where maybe just the Facebook post shows are uh, going to be exclusive, you know. And we said this yeah, before on here, before we get into the stories, we said this before on here, but we were offered, because uh, I always see people on Twitter, oh, I think, want to thank my friends, my families, my loved ones, my dead grandparents, uh, my goldfish, because we were now allowed to become Twitch affiliates. And uh, we worked really hard for this moment. And uh, they like us. It's like, look, before we left for Mixer, because we were on Twitch first, we were offered that partnership and we didn't even know. We only found out after Mixer shut down and we jumped back over to Twitch and it's been sitting in our inbox for years. And they reevaluate you every single week that you don't accept it. Facebook does the same thing. If you want to become a Facebook, um, whatever it's called, partner or however it is, they evaluate you every week to see if you hit the criteria of views and uh, just general interaction. That being said, every single week we get in our inbox and I can screenshot, congratulations, talk brunch, Twitch. You are now offered affiliate, blah, 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 blah. All you have to do is fill out this stuff. And I told you guys before, the reason why we didn't take it is because in order to take something like that, the content would have to be exclusive to Twitch for 24 hours. And to be honest, that's probably our smallest platform right now. Imagine doing a post show and then limiting it to this community, which I think it's our closest community because we know people here personally. But imagine doing it and it's only in this community. And then 24 hours later, like when Raw's over, basically, is when they would be getting the post show to TLC, you know? God. But however, doing some research, I've come to find and I never thought about it. But Facebook, who's also been on a weekly basis offering us partnerships and stuff as Talk Brunch which I also ignored, I just assumed that they had the same rules. And having read them over the weekend, you know what? I got to say, man, there's literally nothing stopping me right now from hitting that fucking partnership button and us just having the thing. And I don't know what it does. I think people can sub to us or whatever. But I looked and it was like, there's nothing stopping us. And if we continue to simulcast, that's fine. Then we can just slowly eliminate uh, the other places, you know? Yeah, the other places sometimes to me at least start to seem almost seem like a filter to the Facebook yeah well it's like all these paths lead to the same destination well the, the here's the thing so it's like the servers obviously you can make that back with donations but the servers and stuff like the itunes being on itunes stitcher all of that that rss feed costs us money and it's it was useful at the time because it got this show out there but now that it's out there you gotta ask yourself do you need to be on itunes iheart i need to hear more from that community and i uh, I need to hear more from every community because, to be honest, uh, whatever community I don't hear from would be probably the one that gets the axe. And I hear least from Twitch right now, <laughs> aside from the people that we know directly. So uh, 
I don't want to go in that direction, but you know. Ah, but thank you. Thank you all for the follows. We are what it now. We, we just came back. Has it even been a year of us being back on Facebook? And now we're doing content on there. And I think we just not hit, even a year. I think we just hit 899 followers on uh Facebook alone. So that's very cool. We're literally 900. I mean, I'm sorry to say 900, 101 away from having a thousand. So thank you all for that. And thanks for all of the, the general interactions throughout the week and everything. Much appreciated. Um, just because the content, and I'm, I'm saying this because I always don't say it. And also, I know I don't reply on here a lot, but when you guys correct stuff that we say, when you put in the inbox on SoundCloud or stuff, we do read all of that. You know, it's just that everything's really tight as far as schedule goes. Uh, let me think anything else again. TLC, not our biggest. I mean, we've had uh, a fucking hell in a cell with like four, five point four thousand views at one point. We've done the Ronda Rousey stuff. So it was like fifty four thousand views. You know, TLC is only like eight ninety five. I'm sure by tomorrow to be around two K, which still isn't great. Yeah. But I appreciate just the fact that uh, you guys have been vocal about the fact that you obviously want wrestling there. Fuck you. That doesn't mean I'm not going to play cyberpunk on there, but we'll give you wrestling. <laughs> All right, let's get into some stories here. And I'm sorry I'm late, but you know what? I like to polish the show. I'd rather give you guys a good polished show. I'd like to think maybe that's why the follows exist rather than to be on here I on mean, time. We, we've talked about it occasionally off the air, but it's like we some people out there will just throw shit on and be on time. Yeah. When in reality, it's realistically better to be late and then have it be yeah. magical. I, I want to explain one more time that whenever I'm late on here, it's literally because I'm doing things specifically for the program I'm about to go on. I'm not taking a shit. I'm not eating Doritos. You know what I mean? I'm not watching uh, Ms. and Mrs. Like when I am not on here at the at that time, it is because I've seen either audio or video or interviews or rumors or screenshots or something that I'm like, there's no way I'm not going on without getting all of the, the, this stuff for these guys. I want this to be on. And I'm mad at myself. Because there's certain things I did not get today that I really wanted to. That I might still try to grab in the middle of the show because that's how fast I move. <laughs> you know, there's certain things I saw. I was like, I really want to get this in, but I just didn't have the fucking time. I've seen them do it. Like, real shit. It's happened. Oh, yeah. We'll be talking about one thing. And, and, and <laughs> I'll be on the I'll be putting together the next segment that I didn't get to do off the air. So, you know, it's it's become like just muscle memory now. So we got to start with Christmas stuff, right? That's the gimmick. You got to start with Christmas stuff because it's the Christmas episode, I'm assuming. I'm saying three days till presents. Three days till presents. What presents do you think you're going to be getting? Oh, shit. I don't even know anymore. I used to be able to guess it. I can't tell with people anymore. I don't think I'm getting shit. No, I'm kidding. I know. I know I have a, I mean, I, I, I don't have a large family. I have mainly um, my father and my stepmother and that's literally it. And they, and they live like in another state from where I am. So like, we don't get to see each other, but that's literally like my only living family. Yeah. Usually nowadays it's just money so I can get myself whatever I feel like getting. So Yeah. I mean, I, and I mean, you know, honestly, like like uh my, my dad and especially my, my stepmom is, is great. Like if I if I ever need anything, like they're there, which is awesome. Yeah, same with a lot of my cool family people. uh back home. So you know, so I mean I, I know that it'll I'll, I'll automatically get a Zell a Zell quick pay of some sort or some sort of uh cash or something. We'll see. I don't really want anything though, you know. Right. <laughs> it feels weird. After after certain, I never like, ask. I don't, I don't ask for shit anymore. I don't. I don't even. Some there's a lot of the time. If I could get away with it, they're like like full disclosure. If I could get away with dodging holidays, I'm a holiday dodger, man. Like I'm the kind of guy where, <laughs> if it's gonna be Thanksgiving, if I could get away with breaking night the day before, so that I just sleep through it, and by the time I wake up, it's Black Friday. I'm good. Like that's the way that I am. <laughs> I used to try to dodge holidays, and I'm not a Grinch or anything. It's just there's a lot of the time I I. I just don't feel like being part of the holidays that 
entail you spending money and doing the most work. And at the end of the day, Thanksgiving to me is one of those. Thanksgiving is a holiday where uh, you essentially, you, you, you wind up having to do the cooking, the shopping, the cleaning afterwards. And then interact with people you'll never see the rest of the year that you really ain't too fond of seeing. It should be like that, man. There's certain holidays where I'm kind of just It really like, does. Eh. Kind of hit or miss, though. Like yeah. Thanksgiving and Christmas are my ones where I'm just like, yeah, I'm excited. But then there's other ones like Easter. Easter, I just, you know, that one's just like, okay, it's another Sunday. Big fucking what? Like, yeah, you know, for me, what it is, and I'm probably the, the rarest person for this, and I've said this on many tweets, but for me, I'll celebrate Valentine's Day. I'll throw a big Yeah, because you got to earn that one. I, that's what I've always said. You have to earn Valentine's Day. Relationships are a pain in the ass. Sure, you get pussy. But <laughs> not to be as crude as that game off. <laughs> You gotta make it through 364 days to get to that one. I wish I could name that the episode. But it comes with <laughs> But it comes with a lot of work and it comes with a lot of effort and it comes with stress and you get gray hair and you lose bone structure and you age faster and you get shorter and your house gets smaller. And your games disintegrate and your save files get deleted. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. It's worse. But not the things that I'm talking about. You know, that was just all parody and pun for the bit. But, hey, you know, yeah. no, somebody out there will delete your 2K and then next thing you know, you got to fuck it. Yeah. But in all seriousness, yeah, Valentine's Day, you have to earn that shit. So I kind of, everyone does have Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And they'll be putting out the memes and the tweets and trying to be all part of the festivities and shit. You notice how quiet people are during Valentine's Day. Most people that aren't in the relationship, they're like quiet as fuck. You don't hear no, shit. I know, you, don't, I'm people. you don't see a chocolate heart. You don't see a Hershey's kiss. <laughs> Nothing. They are ghosts on that hey, day. You know what? Just like that one meme goes, it's me. I'm people. I wish I would have taken a selfie of myself in Times Square during the pandemic when I was the only one there. I would be like me celebrating Thanksgiving on the internet and <laughs> making a fucking meme. Buy <laughs> <laughs> my motherfucking self. Oh, oh man. Crazy. Well, Christmas story. What a what a segue, right? Right. Christmas story is being reenacted by all of the people of AEW. The wonderful roster of AEW is reenacting all of Christmas story. And the way that they're going to be doing this is for anyone who's old, write that down. <laughs> for anyway, anyone for, who's old, for yeah. anyone who's old, you're used to the tradition that on Turner, Ted Turner's networks, TNT, they have this tradition where they literally just play a Christmas story for 24 hours. If you go to the TNT network, you are not going to see Ric Flair or Sting on this night, especially since it's 20 years since that happened. But also because they're just going to be playing Christmas story over and over and over. Throughout the commercial breaks, the AEW people are going to be on doing little performances. Did you know that that's the way that they were going to do it? I heard, I heard talk about this. But I wasn't sure what it was going to be. So I was like, oh, God, I'm going to just wait till Wednesday to see. I'm going to follow their, uh, well, I already follow, but I'm going to just look at their Twitter, man. Like, I can't, I'm not going to watch a Christmas story for 24 hours for whenever they come on. God. It's nice. I don't know what I got going on that day. I might, but no. <laughs> but yeah, here's a little, uh, I think this is a, a montage of them, of them starting to put the, the show together. And now, all elite wrestling superstars. Reimagine a Christmas story. <laughs> ho, ho, ho! What do you want for Christmas, little boy? Um, My mind had gone blank. Frantically, I tried to remember what it was I wanted. 
I was blowing it. Come on, kid. How about a nice football? Football? What's a football? Without conscious will, my voice squeaked out. Yes. Wow. Perfect. A football. Now There's so many screenshots on no, over here. Oh, a football. MDF really oh, no. looks like the what guy, though. Wake up, she does. Wake up. No, 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 wait. I wanted a fish. Why? He looks just like him. I want an official Red Rider Carbon Action 200 shot range model air rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, no! Watch 24 hours of a Christmas story on TNT starting Christmas Eve at 8. Wow. Oh, yeah, when Ralphie punched that kid and was like, I swear to God, they reenact that scene. That's a wrap for me. <laughs> I will lose my shit. That's who they need to add to Smash Brothers. Ralphie. <laughs> Literally have him then. And, and that needs to be like a catch move. Like once he, once it connects, you're fucked. Like when you know those moves are like, that, the, it that, charges. That. Once, once it connects with your character, you're just fucked. Like you have to go through the that whole animation. Be, He's just on top of you. You're just watching your life go down fucking helplessly. You know? That needs to be the move you hit when you get a Smash Ball. As he gets it, like, oh fuck! <laughs> I feel like that'd be worse than the hammer. There's a lot of people in Smash Brothers that don't belong there, and I kind of feel like Ralphie outranks a lot of them when you really think about that shit. There's people under the. You're like, how did he get there? Isn't one of the people like one like, of the like ice? Prime example, uh, the most recent one that was put on there was Sephiroth. Yeah, I saw that dude when I when I watched that trailer, not knowing who was coming out. And then when I heard the dun dun dun, I said, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Like I literally out loud screamed, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> I kid you not, dude. I was sitting here watching my TV and I'm something forming in the air. And then I just hear dum 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 dum. Da, 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 da. I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes. There's fucking guys everywhere. They motherfuckers said, we're putting everybody in this bitch. I remember Final Fantasy VII when it first came out for PlayStation. And uh, it was such a popular game at the time that a lot of us imported it in Japanese and played through the whole game in Japanese. Do you have any idea what that's like? When the blue text comes up and there's just a bunch of kanji. And then you think, ah, I don't really care too much. I have a general idea what's going on. And then the first battle happens and all of your commands are a bunch of kanji. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Yes. I thought that this was going to say fighting items and stuff. I'm screwed now. Do you, you can ask anyone from my generation that started to write down what the kanji for fight item magic and all that other kind of shit meant so that you would be able to go and you would have a, 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 a piece of loose leaf paper next to you. With the translation that you made so that you'd be able to play the game along with the kanji. That's what I did. And I beat Final Fantasy VII without a word of English. And still, when that game came out in America, I remember being one of the people with my friends that went to Chinatown in New York. Didn't go to school that day. Can't do shit about an outro and see fuck off. Didn't go to school that day. Because we decided, why don't we get there early when the mall opens to pick up our Final Fantasy VII copy? I love how you snuck in there. <laughs> And uh, when we got there, the line was going around Chinatown. Like it was so Elizabeth Street is where the mall is. That line went around the corner down the long strip you would take to get there for a few blocks. And we were like, this can't be the line. And that's the hype that it was there. So I was there not only for the Japanese, but I was there for the American launch of Final Fantasy seven. I couldn't be more fucking tired of those characters as someone that was there on that long ass line. And I remember the crazy part about that line is we were on that line until about six in the evening. I'm on line. My friend's behind me. Do you know how this story ends? 
you didn't get it. What do you think the most interesting way for this story to end would be if you were writing this? If this was wrestling angle, how would you make it interesting? The finish. If it's me, the finish is you finally get there. The person before you got the last one. Even better. We finally get there. And I'm the person before because my friend behind me doesn't get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they put the game in my <laughs> And the person behind me goes, motherfucker. And I hear that familiar voice. <laughs> I'm the only motherfucker. In- <laughs> and it was just that funny moment. I've never been. I've never been it was so cool i hate i feel bad i felt bad now i feel i'm okay now it was so cool though because i've never been in that situation you hear about it but i I had a front row seat at the cutoff you know what i mean you always hear about when there's a last online oh shit the very next person was fucked i was there my friend was the very next person i could tell you in first person what it must feel like to be that guy who waits on the line and you're the last one before the people from private party come with the little chain and they put <laughs> clink sorry you know making it <laughs> And it was awkward because there, there were like five or and it was awkward because there were like five or six of us and we all had our copies and this one really raging out dude who didn't have his. So it's kind of like trying to be like you're swooning with happiness and trying to contain it and suffer for him at the same time. Like you don't want to mark out too much. Like yes, we got it. So you're sitting there with the game in your back, like oh, sorry, bro. Oh, that must have been that's that's like that awkward car ride. Nobody wants to talk. Oh my god. It was an awkward train ride where we had to go all the way to the other side of town from Manhattan to Brooklyn. And lucky it has a happy ending where there was another store we knew of in Canarsie that also had one copy and they held it for him. So he ran over there and got it. But uh, oh, just that moment, that moment of him on that line. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it as it was happening because it was all happening at the same time for me. They were putting my shit in the bag with the receipt. My mission was accomplished after being there since, since fucking 10 in the morning. It's now 6 p.m. And... uh. And then this guy's right next to me just to get that bad news simultaneously my good news. You know? That must be what the raw draft feels like, right? Oh my god, you don't get drafted? <laughs> Holy shit, it's 11 p.m. All right, fucking world. Like, Roll the credit. I got what it and he fuck? didn't and we're both looking at each other like, oh, we're different now. And then I just hit him with a finisher and I said, fuck it, not my friend anymore. That must have been how the Dudleys <laughs> felt when they got split up. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, I get what, what another wonderful segue for the Christmas episode. But yeah, I, I digress. That uh, when I see Sephiroth now, I just cringe because I'm like, man, there are people who are like 18 that are marking out for this character. It's like, dude, you didn't even exist, you know? Like, the funny you, thing are, is funny you mentioned that like my friend hadn't even shot you into your mom when I killed Sephiroth, <laughs> you know? It's so funny because like I'm literally about to start playing Final Fantasy VII pretty soon because I have both at and nine installed on my Xbox right now. <laughs> oh God! But yeah, I always had that hookup in Canarsie, and it was like, yeah, it was Game Express. You're right, sick. But yeah, I, 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 and I was just like, you know what? We, we let's give it a quick call, and we, we, we drove across there. I mean, we actually rode the train across there, and and we managed to get him that copy. And I just think about the things we used to go through for games. It was so stupid. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically burying like the now younger, anyone younger go in the store and hit a oh yeah i love it i remember and it's funny because people be like oh fuck that because then you can't get a refund i don't want a refund like i'll just delete the game you don't get that big of a refund i think about it and there, most of the time you don't really screw up and get a bad game if you know what you're doing there's two times in memory that i could think of where the excitement of being a fan of something overtook my common sense and i got completely fucked 
I guess time number one would be thunder because it was like, yeah, wrestling. And I just grabbed it. I didn't even think it was mindless. At that time, wrestling was wrestling. It was like wrestling mindless. I'm just grabbing this. Thunder was really bad. We've showed it on here before. I will not show it again. You know, and it was one of those honeymoon phase bads, too, where you just spend money on a game. So you try to tolerate it. And uh, no, Thunder was bad. Like Thunder was definitely one of the worst. What did you get to actually sit and play Thunder? I didn't like play it. Like for me, I wanted to be the one of the lucky ones to play No Mercy. But uh, I've seen Thunder, but I never actually got to play it. The other one was and, I, and this is a real flop. It was Dragon Ball Final Bout. I remember you told me about that one once before, I think. I was so pissed off when we and this is this might be the early lessons of us realizing, hey, listen, make sure that you always see the in-game footage. Make sure you see gameplay. Don't let them cinematic you away. My friend and I, and this is funny because the story connects, it's one of the same friends that was there online for the Final Fantasies. You know, shout out Nelson Blake, works for Marvel now. Good buddy of mine. But anyway, this guy, we're watching the trailer to this fucking game and it looks so good. That we both legitimately at the time were rollerblading. We threw on our rollerblades, rollerbladed to the same train that takes you to that Chinatown place where we wait online for Final Fantasy VII in the, in the city and rollerbladed down Manhattan straight to the store to run and get this game, not realizing just how shit it was. So you got to be careful. I rather I rather just be able to delete a game. It was known shit, but it's only known shit because people like us found out about it. It just came out. I'm talking like the Japanese version, like the day of the launch. You know what I mean? Like literally the Japanese version, the day of the launch. Let me, you know what? I'm going to put this, I'm going to put this, this freaking cutscene on. Then we'll get back to wrestling. I promise. But I'm going to put this cutscene on. Okay. (laughs) So that you guys can see what it looks like when something tricks you. I think I've only had like one, well, one that I can remember. That case, the only other time I had to be when I was a fucking little kid. Anybody who knows me in my personal life knows uh, I'm a big Monster Truck fan. There was a Monster Jam game that came out. This is actually when I was still working at GameStop. This is how funny it was. And in my head, I was like, yeah, it's just going to be awesome. I played previous ones before, so I was excited. I played this shit for a day and a half. You know a Monster Jam game is shitty when you can't ride wheelies. You can't do donuts. The trucks barely move. I saw that shit, and I was just like, "Mm -mm, can't do it. My fandom does not reach deep enough for this shit. <laughs> like, gotta, that's like, what we got to do. That made me so sad. That's what we got to do in the gimmick of Christmas. We got to think of shit Christmas gifts or Christmas gifts that in hindsight were not the most favorable. But before we do, I want you to look at this final bout so that you can see why this. First of all, I need you guys to remember that this was a GT game. Right. So that should have been the first sign to us that that there was something wrong it's a, G- it's <laughs> well, it's a gt purely game. gt the problem is and i realize this now that it's a gt game that whoever made the intro for it must have only watched dragon ball <laughs> <laughs> you know like they literally they only watched dragon ball and 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 like this is what they wished gt was because when i looked at it it was like gt's not that good but it wasn't over yet so we were like does it get that good anyway here we go no, we don't want the Bandai logo. Oh, remember that? That was the old Bandai logo. Wow. Good lord, we can turn that down a little bit. This is the best GT footage you'll ever see. 
It's already better than the whole city. Another <laughs> one, baby. Action packed, right? <laughs> see? You see what happened to us? Who do that and where they live? Right? I, it completely it worked us. Because GT never was that good. And we were in the middle of the series. It wasn't like it ended yet for us to know that it would just always be shit. So that hyped us. It was like, holy shit, Trunks with the sword. This is amazing. Everyone looks so... And it was like, that never happened. That never fucking happened. Fuck you, GT. And not getting kidnapped every three and a half seconds. Yeah, exactly. Wait, no, Being no, useful no. in that intro. You could tell literally it was just someone who watched the... <laughs> and no. Oh, man. Trying to think of and any shit Christmas gifts. I swear to God, oh. I guess good Christmas gifts would probably come up in my rotation before shit Christmas gifts. Like if I had to pick, you know, like I remember I had the Captain Powers and the Soldiers of the Future one Christmas. I had the He-Man with the castle and all the stuff another Christmas. Game Boy was one Christmas. I remember one Christmas. Do you remember that thing they used to air on TV? The, um, the Fushigi ball? No. It was that, it was that silver ball and people used to use it to do like illusions and like tricks and shit. No, I don't remember that. Oh my god, let me find it for you. This thing, I got one of it. Uh, I got one for Christmas one year, and I still have that thing to this day. <laughs> it's the fuck. Oh my god, it's one of my favorite things because I see it on TV, and I guess I blindly forgot one day that I'd mentioned it, and then fucking lo and behold, my fucking uncle gives me a Fushigi ball, and I'm like, wait a minute. And I, and I realized what it was. It, it took me a minute to realize what it was. And then I held it, and I was like, oh, shit. Is this the fucking... Oh, my God, I found the commercial. Holy shit. Oh, you're going to have to drop that. Drop. You know what? Drop it on Twitter. In my in my Twitter inbox. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. But yeah, like this thing... I'll never forget because, uh, unfortunately, I never mastered it. That was the one thing that made me sad. But I was good enough to where I could at least be like entertaining with that shit. But no, that thing was great. That was probably one of my favorite. Probably one of my favorites, I think, with the exception of like game consoles and stuff. But yeah, I'm gonna drop that to you on the Twitter. Yeah. It was the coolest fucking commercial, too. I'm gonna have to see this. Why don't I remember this thing? I, I might remember it when I see it. Yeah, you might remember it when you see it, though. But like, the thing about it was <laughs> the best part about it that he had never tell you in the commercial, that thing was damn near indestructible. Like, if you drop that thing on a tile floor, the floor will break before that thing will. Damn, it's practically a weapon at that point. And I know, man, I know because we cracked the fuck, I cracked the fucking floor on my grandmother's house one year with that thing. Oh, man. <laughs> I got heat, but I was like, holy shit, you catch me on the street with this thing, you will die tonight. Yeah, good luck explaining that shit when, they, when they're taking your mugshot. 
What did you do? What did you do? I hit him with a fushigi ball. The fuck is the fushigi ball? Watch. <laughs> fushigi ball. <laughs> oh, I forget. I'm looking at the fucker right now. He's sitting on top, sitting on top of my nightstand. But yeah, like I've, I had that. I've had that thing for probably. You're about to be mesmerized. Oh, it's here. It's wild. It's sweeping the nation. It's fushigi. <laughs> I think I could do all like four things. It's the coolest thing ever, and I can do it. I love how it trended and then it just didn't anymore. We're going to show you how to unlock the secrets of Bushigi, the magic gravity ball. The secrets of Bushigi. No tricks. Magic? Maybe. (laughs) An illusion? You decide. You can make Bushigi defy gravity and appear to float in midair with maneuvers like the prayer cross, the enigma levitation and so many more it floats it levitates it will confuse the senses with its mind-blowing movements young or old big or small anyone can fushigi from the minute they pick up the magic gravity ball and with a little practice you can conquer fushigi this is so amazing i think it's fabulous i get it now everyone loves fushigi and you don't have to be a magician it's relaxing even therapeutic best of all it's just amazing it floats. It's awesome. Fushigi. <laughs> From basic maneuvers to the advanced, even control more than one Fushigi at a time. You can do this. Mystify, amaze, and confuse your friends in just minutes. Now it's your turn to master Fushigi. Fushigi. It's sick. It's so much fun. I love it. It's amazing. I love it. Me too. My grandson, he's 16. He would love one of those. I want to buy it now. Fushigi. Call now. I love how they This is so infomercial. This is so fucking infomercial. <laughs> when you order, we'll see. This is, all, this is an infomercial. Look at it. Everything you need to know to unlock the secrets of Fushigi. Just pay process. This is a fucking infomercial. <laughs> when they didn't tell you that you dropped that thing on your toe, you are fucked. You are, f- <laughs> you are fuck shikied. <laughs> Man, if we could write that down. <laughs> but like, yeah, that thing was the coolest thing. And then I figured out the whole trick is that since it doesn't look like a normal ball, it's just a thing of glass. You can't see when it's turning. That was the whole gimmick. As long as the as long as you kept the ball at one spot, you were fine. Oh, <laughs> I still have that fucking thing. What, fuck, it just how, what, what age? Thing. Just out of curiosity, what age was that Christmas? Oh my god, I was. I don't think I I wasn't even sixteen. Like that was that thing was a long time ago. That's Holy pretty crazy. I could Google when that fucking thing came out. But yeah, like that thing. Oh my god, that was forever and a day ago. Like it's so long, I could barely remember when that thing first came out. Was it something you wanted, or just something that you got, or how did? Uh, it was something that I'd mentioned, and I'd seen how cool it was, and. I was the kind of person where I was easily fucking entertained at that age. And uh, I remember I'd mentioned, I think I'd mentioned it to family here and there a couple of times, just how cool the thing was. You got me the Fushigi? Yeah, that's what it was. It came out in, it looks like 2010. Is it crazy? Yes, oh, wow. I was, wow. That was a thing? Holy shit. Dang, that thing came out fucking late than I thought. That must have been older when I got that thing. But um, yeah, it was... <laughs> I, I every year I got that thing. It was fucking dope as shit. But yeah, it was it was a cool little it was a cool little. And I think I just I, somebody had to have heard me mention it. Oh yeah, and it was just like yeah, definitely like that. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. It's uh, I I've told myself one of these days I'm gonna try to like 
pick that thing back up and like legit learn how to work that thing. Have you searched to see if they still sell these? It's so weird. I've never seen this before. Um, I haven't. The, no, from what I heard, the one time when my uncle did find one, he found it in a Walgreens. But I wonder. Uh, yeah, I, I I might try to see one day if they still actually have these things like in circulation. Yeah, I can't blame you there. That's definitely because I think else. I think I knew I learned the Enigma. One of the tricks called the UFO, and this one was my favorite one. It was the jellyfish because the DVD on that thing was fucking nuts. <laughs> did you uh? Like, did you have any bad gifts? Because that's definitely a, a unique gift, so that doesn't count as bad. Oh, Do you have any any gifts that just was like, oh, this is just shit? <laughs> I remember the one. So I have this aunt. Every year she gets me clothes. Just random shit. She got me. I don't know what made her think I was going to want this. She got me. When I say bright orange, I'm talking about fucking highlighter orange. Georgia Bulldog track pants and a matching jacket. Wow. That thing disappeared so fucking fast. I didn't. We didn't even take it home. <laughs> I, I saw have... it one time and I never saw it again. Yeah, and as a kid, you never want that, you know. I remember, like, I would have grandparents that would bring me pajamas. This is just shit. Oh. Sorry about that. <laughs> that was our own audio. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. I used to have grandparents that would try to bring me out freaking pajamas and stuff. As a kid, you don't want that shit. It's like, I don't mind clothes, but it was just like, I'm not trying to walk around school, like, looking like a neon sign. Like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I remember the worst one. The worst one was recent. She got me um one one of my one of my cousins got me this little thing of VR glasses, but they weren't like regular ones. They were the ones where like you install the app on your phone, then you put your phone in the thing. <laughs> and I saw it and I was like, "What?" I remember I'll never forget because it pulled up just cause three, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> oh my god, that's something else. I think anyone who received wireless controllers as a Christmas gift for any system prior to the three sixty got screwed. Yeah, that's where to put it. I remember getting a wireless control for my NES. Those controls were awful. Not only was the battery life bad, but it would be a receiver you plug into the controller port, and you'd have to be sure that your controller was aimed at that receiver. It's not like you could lean back or be casual, like with the 360 or with Xbox One controls. You'd have to aim that shit, you know? Oh, yeah. I think I remember the ones you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to go for the aim. Which was rough. All right, I guess now we can talk about boring ass wrestling, right? Yeah. You rather talk about the dashiki ball or whatever? <laughs> I'm just saying, you put a camera in front of me, I'm gonna hit fucking stream that shit. Cause I swear to God, I'll give views. So I MJF, I seen people give views sleeping. So, <laughs> so MJF will be playing the role of Ralphie, as you saw. Cody and Brandy will be Mister and Mrs. Parker. Chris Jericho will be the Santa Claus, as you saw. Eddie Kingston is Schwartz. Scorpio Sky is Randy. Ortiz is Flick. Dr. Britt Baker is Miss Shields. Ricky Starks is Farkas. Ali is Dill. Frankie Kazarian as the Elf. And Luchasaurus as the Freight Man. And narration, as you heard, was done by Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. They got this shit mapped out. Yeah, they did really, really good. But while we're talking about video games, apparently, with the return of Sting, he will be inevitably making his appearance in a video game, huh? Yeah. That is so cool. We're very lucky that uh, now, thanks to all the changes and tides that have been going on in wrestling, you can play Sting in WWE Battlegrounds because the DLC... Why you do that to me? There he is up there. Look, they didn't even put him in the screenshot. Maybe they took him out after, after you know... Mm. <laughs> Petty bitches. 
Yeah. That's DLC Pack 2, I believe. I'm not even sure. Pack 3 apparently is going to have uh, Prince Albert, Snoop Dogg. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Shaq. Can you imagine? They'll just be like, take the whole game off. Fuck it. <laughs> they already have so many people that are in the, that are, that are gone or in the competition. Look at this. Those are some shitty, uh, are these DLC? These are DLC characters. Akum. And once again, Akum's gone, right? Isn't Akum gone? Yeah, Akum and Razor are both gone. What about Angelo Dawkins? No, he's still there. Okay. Bret Hart's definitely not, but he's a legend. Chad Gable. Diesel. Is that what, you know why they put Diesel in there, right? They don't want to put Kevin Nash. Exactly, because they have to pay for Kevin Nash. Diesel's WWE property, so they put Big Daddy Cole in. That's lame. You know, Fandango's in there, Montez Ford, Razor Ramon, not Kevin Nash. <laughs> Razor. See two Razors in here. Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, Sami Zayn, Sheamus, and Sting. What an you know awful what's so funny game. about a lot of those names? What? If I fire up 2K20 right now, they're already in the game. No DLC. Why is why are the Street Profits DLC? That is that is a wonderful question. Like that makes no sense. That so would be you, like if you get a Call of Duty game and fucking what was it? Uh, soap is a DLC mission. That's so that you have but something to in buy. The game. That's literally it. They just want you to have something to buy. They're literally like besides the fact that the game shit. Now you have DLC that has no business being DLC. I will never support that company again. They made a game that sucks and then just kept making stuff for it. From now on, when people do that shit, they can they can piss off, honestly. I'm tired of that. It's one thing, and it's weird how that's become the normal. People will make a shitty game, and then they'll just keep making shit for it. You cannot do that. We and didn't forget that your game, game was shitty. Did you think that just because there's another trailer that looks really good, like all trailers do, that we forgot about the shittiness of the last time that there was a good trailer for the same shitty game? You hear that, Todd Howard? No, I'm fucking... <laughs> tons of games. Tons of games have that issue. So big. Everyone's complaining about Cyberpunk, which, by the way, isn't even working that terribly. I've, you, if you guys have watched the stuff on these channels, you've seen it. It's fine. This and on top sure. of that, they're working on... They're constantly releasing patches and updates to fix the game. Whereas, and minor league getting into it, it's kind of interesting how you get pulled from the stores. But Fallout 76 ain't been gone from the stores not one single fucking day. And on that game's best day, that was probably a thousand times worse than Cyberpunk's ever been. I don't get that shit. But yeah, like, not only has the game not been all that bad, they've been working to fix it. Like, what? Yeah. No, I played no that effort. Shit when I got home from work today, and I was like, wow, this is so much better than the first day I played it. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something. It's something else, man. It is too crazy. Too, too crazy. And uh, I don't like the fact that they threw them under the bus. And yet here we have Sting, Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, and Diesel in a shitty game. And ain't nobody saying shit. And then they have that one shitty mobile game they haven't even sold to mention yet. Oh, what shitty mobile game is that? You know the one. Whatever that shit that you fucking mentioned before. Oh, did we even talk about that on here? We talked about it once. And you showed footage of it once. And my eyes still burn. Oh my god, you're killing me. I don't even mention in the chat room during TLC. They ran shit about the supercar. They didn't talk about that fucking game. I don't even remember the name of the game. I'm gonna have to look on my phone. Give me a minute here. Oh, I have it. I have it. I have it. Can I can I get that up on the screen? It has to be available. Guys, there's a WWE game that came out for phone. Whenever if anyone who watches Raw and SmackDown, you guys know this. They have the tendency to plug that WWE card game, Supercard or whatever. 
well uh there's a newer game than that but it's so shitty that they're ashamed of it so they never plugged it i got the notification for a new wwe game on my phone and i said well let's check it out and i checked it out it was awful but i thought they'd have to show it you know and they didn't as a matter of fact they just put the first trailer out 15 hours ago 15 hours ago i've had it about two weeks game been out almost a month the, the, the developers probably complained they were like look man you're gonna have to show our game you know say what you want about AEW's two mobile games they have coming out but at least they showed those shit immediately mm-hmm. wwe's game was so shit they didn't want to show it that is crazy I'm, I'm gonna bring this up in a minute oh my god like you know it's bad when they know it shit okay let's get the trailer for this i'm glad you brought that up because i totally forgot about it don't get this game for your kids for christmas you get this game, I swear to God, I'm calling child service. You're dead to me if you get The this. crowd is thundering here at Easter Island, and what an incredible fight this has been. Roman Reigns slips out. Oh, you see the trailer, even as bad as it looks, it hides a lot of the shittiness of it. Like the trailer, look at how good it is. The trailer's doing a good job at not showing gameplay. This could be it. It's called WWE undefeated look on the android and, and, and ios store it's free you get aj styles as a pre-order i got aj styles as a pre-order don't ask me how you pre-order something that's free but when i clicked on it it was like you got your aj styles pre-order one two no raise fights on bring it WWE undefeated. That didn't show how bad it was. I wonder why. Hmm. Is there a. I want to find some gameplay of it, you know? Lost in Michael Jackson. <laughs> Cheap, man. Yo, I can't wait. They, we're going to talk about it later, but they mentioned that special Raw on you. I can't wait to hear she got to it after that shit. See, I want to find gameplay, but I wonder if we could find gameplay that's not narrated, you know, just so you can see how much it sucks. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> George, to answer your question, they at least mentioned WWE champions. When it first came out, they talked about it. Yeah, dude, they, this game's been out for two weeks, and they just put out the trailer. They are they are embarrassed, justifiably so. I heard that the lead developer of this stormed into Vince's office and was like, I'll have you know, my older brother is the head developer for Project CD Red. <laughs> Oh, you ain't shit. You- yeah, that's right. The creators of Witcher and Cyberpunk. <laughs> you know you we should fuck with me. You, you know we should make a parody company, and instead of being Project CD Red, we should be Project CD Red, like CD. It'll be Project A Crack Blue. All right, let's get this game on the screen here. What a, what a casual show today. It's almost like we don't have a program, even though I actually do have a program. Sometimes you gotta have fun. Sometimes. Well, for Christmas. I figure, fuck it. It's the holidays. We got we can we can slack off or whatever. Though. Well, for Christmas next week we're talking about death and overdoses. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah. Yeah, I got to do it. Yeah. Did I did I get this thing? Weird. I thought I brought it up and I don't see it. Building suspense. Oh, I see you, little sneaky. You ever have one of those things that just slipped itself into another folder? It's like I thought I'd just hang out over here away from all the other homies. <laughs> Hold on, let me just put it where it needs to be. Oh, Windows. At least you're not Mac. 
That should be their their thing, right? At least we're not Mac, right? At least we're not Mac. Imagine the amount of people who are offended that are that don't realize that they offended me by being fucking Mac users. And I don't want to leave you iPhone people out of it either. You're all a bunch of posers too. Okay, so this is tech amazing. I'll link you guys. Right, let's take a look at this one. This thing? Does it look like the Doesn't even even look like the wrong. Doesn't look like anything. This guy's asking for 5,000 likes on his video. It's like, why don't you play play a better game? No disrespect to him or anything, but Jesus Christ, if I'm going to ask for 5,000 likes, it's not going to be what this shit is on this video. I've never asked for a single like on my life, and I've had, like, top-tier games on the screen. Can I get a like for playing and <laughs> fucking WWE <laughs> defeated? <laughs> Let me turn this down so I can hear. Why do I have this shit louder than us? What do you say then? I was gonna say like, yeah, if you could fucking get five likes for this shit, I'd be impressed at that point. Well, I'm sure he gets likes. The people are gonna be curious, but it's just so funny. It's not his fault that the game sucks. He's just doing his job as a content creator. So it's a shitty game. All you do is tap the uh, is tap the little things on the bottom, the threes and the fours and shit. You just tap those when you want your attacks when they when they cool down. Uh. A good sharpshooter is gonna feel like your limbs are gonna snap. They couldn't get a proper commentator. Oh, dude, the commentary is awful. Amongst other things, right? WWE's the new Konami. <laughs> they just bang out shitty things that people can pay for. They're like, <laughs> I'm waiting for Monday Night Raw Pachinko Machines. Sound effect, though. Can you imagine that? The Konami presents Monday Night Raw Pachinko. <laughs> alright, alright. I'm getting fucked this game. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Taking off. What's coming up? You know? And yeah, you're right. It's the shits. Yeah. That that hurt my soul. Of course. If I can show it was painful. Whew. So where do we go from that, right? That wasn't even a planned part of this. We just wanted to talk about Sting. Well fucking fine whoever made that fucking game and beat him over the head with a Fushigi ball. <laughs> the skull will crack before the ball does, fuck it. I want one now. <laughs> I think it's fun when you get the hang of it though. Like, I need one, you know? Like, can you imagine, like, being part of, like, some sort of, like, special criminal organization? Like, you're the guy who they think silly, but you're distracting people with that, you know? Like, you're distracting the front guards, like, over here rolling oh it up your hands, God. down your arms, across your shoulders, and you crack that motherfucker in the back of the head with it because it's so hard. <laughs> Pop! <laughs> he didn't see that one coming. Oh, my God. They, 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 not, they don't bullshit. That thing really is, like, legit therapeutic. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why it is, but fucking... Okay, well, in other news... Well, we'll come back to Christmas stuff. I know some people are dreading when we get to the wrestling at this point. But in other news, we got to talk about a little bit of stuff here. Shayna Baszler, and this isn't a major story, but I saw it come up in the dirt sheets. Uh, she basically sent out a tweet where uh, basically there was a gaming channel. Um, she 
there was a tweet about her gaming channel and it was like crude apparently according to the sheets and she said that uh it's nothing new the gaming wrestling and mma fandoms carry the same energy mma is still the worst though and uh i 100 agree with her and i told i've told people this because people say that wrestling fans are the most toxic fans and i've always said that's only because they haven't met gaming fans Oh my God! That That's a toxic the truth that I have. There's nothing to me more toxic than being a gamer fan, having a gamer podcast, being part of gamer production. Gamer stuff is awful, and it's one of the reasons why we decided a while ago not to define ourselves like gamers. I hate to say, it, but the majority of gamer demographics in the gamer community are nothing but a bunch of fucking poll riders in one way or another, and that really gets on my nerves. There's all different kinds of poll riders. But they're nonetheless poll writers. And I know I'm going to get some fucking heat for that. But what I mean by it is you have gamers. There's, there's several different kinds of gamers that get on my nerve. Let's start at the top with PC gamers. Okay. PC gamers have this master race attitude, right? But the problem with having this master race attitude is that a lot of them don't have these master race rigs. They'll be rocking rigs that a lot of the graphics and shit are like on lower medium. And they'll be like, Master Race, motherfucker. And I'm like, when we're talking about the Master Race, we're not talking about you. We're talking about people who have like those Alienwares and those big bulky gaming PCs. Everything's running on ultra high with fucking ray tracing and all kinds of shit. 4K, 120 frames per second. Not you with your medium tier bullshit. You happen to be in the presence of the Master Race. (laughs) You happen to serve the Master Race. But you are nonetheless... You're a slave of the master race. And that's what a lot of people. So the PC gamers and and the thing about I don't mean all PC gamers, because you'll find that the ones that are calling themselves the master race nine times out of ten are always the people who have the mid tier spec machines. The ones that have the high end shit are too busy playing the fucking games. They don't care what you think about being a master race. They're too busy having fun. You'll find that most people who have high end PCs, they don't brag about it. They don't go, oh, you're on an Xbox. I'm the master race. They play their game. And then these mid-tier motherfuckers that hear that PC gaming is better think that we're talking about them. That's the first kind of toxic gaming person I want to talk about. The second are the bandwagon jumpers that I've been complaining about on Twitter. If you don't follow me, follow me. I post a lot of bad shit. The bandwagon jumpers where the perfect example is like you and I were talking about with the cyberpunk thing. Everybody's upset. Everybody has their pitchforks and their torches and shit out. They're ready to crucify this company. Yes, they made mistakes. Yes, they lied under pressure. Yes, the fans and the publishers literally put guns to their head and in their mouth and went, is this fucking game going to be ready for the holidays? And then they went, yeah, yeah, it will, no matter what. They're bad. They lied when all of you fans and all you publishers literally pointed guns at their fucking faces, you know, held them to a plank. I watched. Because those same little yellow notifications that they've been sending out apologizing profusely were being sent out months ago by them. Apologizing and saying that they need more time, wanting to delay the game. The first time that they delayed that game, all of you freaked the fuck out. And at that time, the only thing I saw about the game was Keanu Reeves on the fucking E3 stage. There was no reason to freak out. I didn't even know what the game was going to look like. It could have been Mass Effect. It could have been fucking Prince of Persia. I didn't know. All I knew was Keanu Reeves was fabulous. You hear those same people like, oh, it should have been delayed a little longer. All I knew was that Keanu Reeves was fabulous. And everyone freaked. And it was like, let them fucking finish. It's like freaking uh, Miyamoto says about games. Shigeru Miyamoto. What does he say? You know, like uh, a rushed game. You know, a rushed game is broken forever. I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the tweet. But it's something like a rushed game is broken forever. 
you know, where it's kind of like a, a, a delayed game can be fixed, something like that. You guys know the quote. Google the shit. But the point being, do, don't push these guys. Let them finish their game. What I don't like about the stuff with the bandwagon jumping is that there's several different tiers of bandwagon jumping that I'm seeing. And number one, you and I have been parts of launch launches for years now on this channel, on this very channel. Anyone on this live channel, scroll through our videos. We're on almost every launch. We have 30, we have 30 minute countdowns at 11.30 PM to midnight launches on most fucking games. The point of this is that a lot of these games have launched awful. Last year's Call of Duty Modern Warfare critically acclaimed praise. Everyone's crying out of Cold Wars out. We couldn't even play it the first day. I don't even know if we kept the stream. We did the countdown to nothing. Once it hit midnight, we were all stuck on the menu screen. It wasn't working at all. We couldn't connect. We couldn't do shit. There was a whole bunch of troubleshooting. It was just myself and Destin and a bunch of other people on there trying to get it to work. You know how many times we've done a midnight launch and the game was just off and we canceled? We were like, well, guys, we'll try again tomorrow. We're sorry. That didn't happen with, with Cyberpunk for a lot of people. I mean, we didn't do a midnight launch, but a lot of the people were live streaming this game without that kind of an issue. The problem here is that because we're in reaching a new console generation and because there's a lot more people buying that and cyberpunk, there are people who are not used to launches and those people freaked out. It's business as usual to us. If you go and look through our history of launches, Gears of War, Gears 5, go and look at our fucking first stream of Gears 5. Worse oh than cyberpunk. God, never forget that one. Worse than cyberpunk, bro. With me, you, and Stasis. We did try to do it. was literally worse. We could not get it to work. It was broken. And you don't hear about that, though, because you know why? At the time, everyone was already settled into their systems. They weren't like us. We're, we're, if it's a launch, we're doing it. Even if it's a game we don't normally play. You guys remember one anniversary? We bought the latest UFC game, the Ultimate Edition, for like a hundred and something dollars, just to stream for you guys. And it was never launched by any of us again. It was a big deal. It was a midnight launch at the time. We were more MMA focused years ago. And we did it just so that we would have some content and never did it again. So we're not a stranger to launches. So for people like us, we're used to this. You know, a lot of games launch on Game Pass. Nowadays, we don't even have to pay for some of these launches anymore. So what, what you're getting is you're getting a bunch of people who are trying to uh, make a big deal out of this because they're not used to launches bandwagon jumpers third kind of gamer i'm seeing are another kind of bandwagon jumpers and it's the council elitist those are getting on my nerves too too many people are pulling the council elite card oh well the reason why uh cyberpunk's giving you issues is because you're playing on old tech you're playing on old tech what the fuck are you talking about cyberpunk has been in development for over eight years hasn't it it's at round seven or eight. What the fuck are the, are the, are the developers time travelers? They couldn't have even known that these councils were going to exist when they started this. If anything, it should be retroactive. It should actually be that the new councils have a lesser looking game because they built it with the current hardware in mind. You're telling me that their excuse is that they weren't prepared for hardware that didn't exist. You know what I mean? That they were, that we aimed this at hardware that didn't exist and it's too strong for the hardware that we've been working on. This, this shit was meant for the PS3. So that's a poor excuse. And I give them uh, a lot of heat for that. They should have never, never used that as an excuse. And I wish that they stopped doing it. But the problem is that a lot of the bandwagon jumpers that have next-gen consoles are doing the next-gen versus last-gen thing. Oh, you didn't have a console. It's because you're on the old gen. But you know what, man? On the PS5 store, that shit was taken down because it's not a next-gen problem. It's not a last-gen problem. Like I tweeted, it's a cyberpunk problem. That being said, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think that there are problems and it does need work, but people are liter literally acting like it's the end of the world because they bought a gigantic, elaborate launch game. 
And uh, that gets on my nerves also. Any other thing is also this, these, these council checking that like, I almost feel to me, council checking is almost as awkward as pecker checkers. You know what I mean? You're going to check my pecanucks. What do you run it? What do you got? You got you get your council? Do you get your council? Do you pre order? You're gonna get it, 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 you're gonna get it. Why? Why? Can someone explain to me why? Because I don't really see an incentive for these councils for me. You're talking to someone. If you scroll through the chat room that you're on right now to the videos that are right below what you're listening to, you'll probably be able to scroll for the rest of this stream. Even though we have a couple hours. And that's mainly, that's mainly because of the fact that that's how much streaming we do. That's how much gaming that we do. There's no games right now that I can't play on current gen. Destin can't play on current gen. Yet, that doesn't mean there won't be an eventuality for it. But this is the first console generation that doesn't come with any killer apps, any good launch titles, and everybody's acting like it, it does. There were, there were other gens before this where you had no choice. If you wanted to play Titanfall, you needed the last Xbox. If you wanted to play Halo, you needed the last Xbox. You know what I mean? This is not one of those cases. There's no incentive. And that's okay. If you want to do it, that's fine. Get your console. You like to just have the newest tech. But when I see people like, well, why didn't you get yours here? Oh, why didn't you get yours here? Oh, some people make excuses that they don't want to spend the money. No, I think some people make excuses to get the console just to be part of something. Because most of the people that jump on these launch things like that, aren't using the common sense of realizing that there's usually hardware failure with the first launch. And even if there isn't, they all play a lot less fucking games than me. And I'm not trying to brag or be an elitist or anything, but if I'm saying that I can't find a use for the new consoles, I don't think there's a use for the new consoles. Just as someone that plays everything. I don't talk about it too much on the wrestling show anymore, but I play everything, whether it's racing games, RPGs, JRPGs, fighting games, J fighting games, American fighting games, you name it. First person shooters, third person shooters, puzzle games, mystery games, whatever the fuck you name it. Literally, there's not a fucking thing that I don't play. Okay. And there's no justification for having a new console or being in a rush or going out of your way. If you waited in an tent, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. I wish a car ran over your fucking tent. What are you doing out there in a fucking tent waiting for a console and you don't have any games to play on it? You could get it in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a pandemic. Let Amazon deliver it. How desperate are you? And you know what? I've been checking. I'm the pecker checker now. You could write that down <laughs> because I'm looking at all of you, all of you. If I know you and you have a next gen console, I'm watching you very carefully because I want to see what you're going to do. I want to see what you're going to play. I want to see what games you are going to play. I, I mean it. I'm going to watch you. I'm not going to forget about this when the council hype dies down because people will be part of the launch, but then they'll always tell you they're too busy wet working. Oh, man, I haven't been able to play anything. I've been too busy working. Yeah, because you're always buying shit. You have to pay that shit off. That's why you're... <laughs> you got to pay Microsoft. You're busy working. You're damn right you're busy working. You know what I'm doing? I'm playing games. <laughs> oh, shit. Talk I'm playing games. I may have a few less frames per second, but if I was to count all of the frames per second that I experienced in my life versus you at death, you were working more. So let's start talking about how many frames per second you can experience, and let's start talking about how many seconds you can experience frames. Am I right? Bitch. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, so many frames per second. Oh, that's wonderful. How many, how many seconds per frames? That's what I want. And that's the point. We play constantly, everything, all the time. And I'm not even telling people not to get them. I'm just saying that I see people like sort of like putting their nose up like, oh, I have a next generation console and a game a score of 30,000. It's like, why is your game a score only 30,000? And I'm not even people will be like game a score doesn't mean anything. I disagree. Game a score is not important, but it is an indication of someone's progress. 
and I'm talking trophies, gamer score, game, Google Play gamer score, whatever. It's an indication of someone's progress. Does that mean they're less of, or, or more than you? No. But if somebody's progress, you're going to casually pop achievements just for playing games casually. Any idiot can pop achievements. Any monkey with a controller can pop achievements. So knowing that, if I see somebody with like low tier, that's what I'm looking at. I'm at 170,000 on one system, you know? So I'm on 170K. Most people who are like, oh, I got to get that new system. They're like a 20, like like 2K, 3K, 2K, 14. <laughs> I'm kidding. But you know what I mean? Like they're on like a low fucking number where it's like, what are you playing? And then when you scroll through their stuff, it's like, you're not playing anything. You play, you dabble in games. Like you play games the way I've been eating sushi lately. Like every now and then I might be in the mood. Every now and then I might just throw this thing on. But I don't throw it on enough that I'm familiar with the menus. If you're one of those people that you have to sort of refamiliarize your shit every time, oh, where do I go? What do I do? Because you you see us when it's time to play games like boop, 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 click, boop, 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 click, invite, boop, 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 click. You know, when you see those people that are staggering and stumbling around their new consoles because they're not fucking playing them. So, you know, everyone, if you're not, and I don't judge people, but I see the new console people doing a lot of that. I've heard that it's an excuse that people are making when times are hard not to, uh, not to spend the money. That's stupid, number one. Number two, how, it, first of all, during a pandemic, that would make sense. But it could also be that these things are hard to attain and no one wants to go online or hunt anything down. I have to hunt them down to give them money? You're chasing these corporations around to give them money for a system they haven't even made fucking games for yet, you fucking idiots? You're running around waiting in tents on lines and doing all this crazy shit and you can't even tell me one game, one game that you can play. You're fucking idiots. I'm sorry, but they are. And yes, during a pandemic. So it gets on my nerves when I see this because it's like, I want to see these people, someone, anyone, as a matter of fact, you don't even, I don't even have to know you. If you're listening to this right now, show me your fucking anything, your, your PlayStation trophies, your, your achievement, justify this purchase, this next gen purchase to this 170K streaming four or five, five times a day for four to five hours, motherfucker, that's already prestiged and on his way to his next in Call of Duty Cold War. I don't normally brag about shit like that, but I do a lot of gaming, so I, it gets on my, and I don't consider myself a hardcore gamer. I consider myself very casual compared to when I was a teenager. So if I'm considering myself very casual, playing multiple RPGs at a time, playing multiple first-person shooters at a time, prestiging across many things, show, and, and here's the thing, guys, most of the time, if I'm if I'm playing, I'm streaming. So you guys are public to it. There's, there's very little times you get to see my fuck ups, my failures. If I have to stop to look something up, if I get confused, lost, do something dumb, it's all up there. So I'm literally putting myself up there while playing eight, nine times the amount of games that people that are spending all of their COVID money on next gen consoles for games that aren't out yet. Saku, what's up? I didn't even see. It. She said I feel attacked, but I don't want, but I don't want the new system yet. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't either. And you know what? I want them. I want them to sell it to me. Sell me the new fucking system. Right. Make me want it. Make me look at it and go, oh, I want that. I looked at it and I couldn't find a reason. I couldn't find something on there that made me wish I had this thing. I don't care. I Ray tracing looks really cool. Absolutely. The, the frame rate and all that other stuff, those are wonderful for the games that are going to support it, for sure. The old games that you already beat are going to look better. So now you could re-experience them again, even though games come out every fucking Tuesday. So by the time you experience those games again, there's about eight or nine titles you're guaranteed to die without trying because that's how fast games are coming out. We're not living in like the 80s or 90s anymore where you can replay shit or rewatch shit. Content comes out so fast, you have just enough time to watch what you want. And whatever you watch twice, that means you're missing out on something once forever. Remember that shit. I don't go and rewatch stuff now. Wait a little while. So I just found it weird that um, 
And to me, people who are saying that it's just an excuse to save money and not buying it again. I think that the people jumping up there, it's just an excuse to be a part of something. They're the same people who will be online for the iPhone like idiots, even though they're going to make the same phone calls and texts and use the same apps. They just want the new functionality. They're not power users, though. So they're not going to get that functionality out of it. You know, I'm sure you can, George. I've gone on that on many things. I've gone on that on the Xbox. I've gone on that on a, I go on that on the Fire Stick. I go on that on my phone. I actually create, I make apps on Android. I actually made my own app of that. Just so that I don't have to go to the side. I'm like, fuck it, I want an app with the icon. I'll just press it and it'll bring up wrestling. So you could, uh, you could do all kinds of cool stuff. But yeah, this is something that I've been meaning to talk about. I couldn't find a platform. We don't do as much gaming stuff, but I was thinking about it since we're talking Christmas and Christmas gifts. A lot of the time people should save money, especially keep in mind that we spoke about this off the air, but Microsoft right now, they're trying to sell you Game Pass, you know, which is like Netflix. It's Game Pass is, is Netflix and, and the cloud gaming, they just announced this the other day, cloud gaming is coming to PC and to, and to iPhone. When you have something like that coming to as many platforms as they do, they're going to want to make all their games compatible across the board. They're not going to come out with a monthly subscription-based service like that and then only make games or primarily make games that are, that are only going to run on the current gen. They want these to run. And I've told you guys this before on here. I play Gears 5 on Game Pass on my phone. I have a regular phone, nothing special. I, I mean, I guess it's a, a Samsung, some Samsung Galaxy. But the point being, it's not like a gaming device. I don't consider it that way either. not for that kind of game and the game runs 60 frames per second perfect when you have game pass ultimate every window every screen around you that has internet turns into a handheld because whatever you log into you can instantly play your games it doesn't think about what hardware you're on there are videos online of people signing into their refrigerators their smart refrigerators they downloaded game pass and they played full games of halo and gears on their fridges on the little screen on the front of their refrigerator because it's an app you install. So the point being, Microsoft's not going to abandon that and make games that you're only going to be able to play. Like, yeah, there's some people who will get more shadows and stuff or they'll get more this or that, but more or less, they're trying to unify the gaming communities, which is very smart. So they're not going to isolate anybody out there and make you feel like you have to buy hardware. So to me, it's really hypocritical of these shit next-gen gamers that you have that are trying to sort of peer pressure their peers into buying consoles that are for next gen while the corporations, the evil corporations are doing the opposite. They're saying, Hey, even if you don't have an Xbox, get fucking game pass and come play these games. Even if you don't have a system, maybe whatever you have, whatever your choice. Is. And then you have the gamers now who turn on you and go, Oh, you don't have the no system. Fuck is the matter with them? It's like, no, I got bills and shit. Motherfucker. Not even that. Just there's not, you don't have to have. It, there's no incentive. That's the, you know what I mean? Like there's no incentive for people to have to even say I have bills. They should have to say like, I got like, I, I got games. It's like Cyberpunk, the prime example. Cyberpunk is on the PS4. I have it installed on my PS4. Why do I need a five right now? The five acts just as bad. The PC version has the same glitches. That's the point. There's too many people and it's like they get they they sort of get diluted. You know what I mean? Like their their entire common sense gets diluted by uh by just the, the sign of the beautiful, by them wanting this stuff, by them thinking, hey, you know, I'm going to have something nice and, and shiny, and then I'm going to be able to go on social media and talk about my nice, shiny thing, and then when it's time to actually be productive or create content or actually complete games on your nice, shiny thing, what happens then? Tell you what, if you disagree with me, go take any of my gaming lists, not just the Xbox. Go just, just count my score for 360. Just don't you like you do a thing where you're not allowed to count any Xbox one. Just my just my last gen versus everything you've done in your life. And if you can go over that, then maybe you have an argument. 
you know, you know, take out all the Xbox One games, you know, but I'm just saying I'm able to play a lot of games. The point is play. the point I'm making is that I'm able to play all of these games and I didn't have to spend anything. I didn't have to go out of my way, you know. So just be smart with your money right now, man. Don't let people try to tell you when the companies are trying to work with you and keep you on the platform that you're on and not pressure anybody. And for the first time, there's no launch games. Don't let fucking Tom from down the block try to pressure you. All right. Because when Tom from down the block is playing fucking Fortnite, you don't pressure him because he's not getting as much pussy as you. You're not like, where's your pussy? Did you get pussy yet? Did you get pussy yet? Where's the pussy? Come on. Do you have pussy? Come on. You didn't get pussy today either. Where's the pussy? That was a wonderful comparison. You know, how are you going to get pussy? You still, still nothing, nothing today. I get it every day. Where's yours? You don't have one. You should look for one. You should really get one. Maybe if you wait outside of a fucking girl's house with a tent and pre-order her. And pre-order her, he says. <laughs> what the fuck? Holy shit. You know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I let everybody live their fucking lives. You know, I've never seen that. People do that with phones too. Oh, did you get the new phone? Did you get the new phone? Did you get the new phone? It's like, nope, I don't have the new phone. But if you look across my contacts, you'll see that I have some and you don't. <laughs> you know these are my contacts and they're not social contacts these are contacts they're tangible i touch some of them i fuck some of them these are contacts does your phone have contacts no the new iphone didn't come with a feature for contacts <laughs> damn oh how terrible anyway you notice i took the gloves off today right? i was like no censorship here we're gonna be regular i right, fuck it we're having fun tonight yeah now people know why no one darkens our doorstep <laughs> Not a fucking soul. <laughs> hey, don't bring it over here. You, you ain't gonna come back alive, I swear to God. You can pre-order pussy. You can. You can. Sure. Yeah. And that's that's part of the American dream to me, George, that you can pre-order stuff like that. You can rent it. You can buy it. You can sell it. You can eat it. You can... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that part. That was great. So, if you, so, so listen, folks, if you're looking for a present oh, to get your kids... <laughs> For this Christmas special. Holy shit. <laughs> anyway. Oh, God. Oh, man. Ooh, we are going to have parent heat in the morning. <laughs> oh, parents are in bed. That's why we came on late. It was deliberate. <laughs> but but no seriousness, guys. This Game Pass, I'm going to throw this on just because since we're talking about it here. Because a lot of Hello, people don't Henry realize and that. Hello, Henry and Bex here. Welcome back. This, to is, Xbox this is Xbox on. Is this the, uh, this actually might not be the one that I want. I wanted to, they showed a trailer of Game Pass. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Of like, I heard the, about one, but I haven't, I haven't seen it. Yeah. It was like just talking about how it's coming to that. That might be it. Yeah. That might actually be it. It was Xbox on. If you guys aren't following this channel. Yeah. I guess it was them. If you guys aren't following this channel, follow it. Um, I don't want to freaking infringe on their audio here, but basically they talk about how this works. You see, this is pretty much the concept of it right here. You Anything that you have that has internet, you just sign in and the games sync seamlessly. At, right now, it's currently only for phone, but soon it's going to be for PC and then soon it's going to be for iPhone. And the beauty of it being for PC is that's going to change the game completely because once it comes off for PC, it doesn't, your specs will no longer matter. Like, has anyone thought about that? You can be using your grandmother's 486, probably not your 486, but you need Windows 10 still. But you could be using like an old PC, low spec, and you'll still be able to stream high-end stuff. I could run this shit on mine. If you don't have any system right now, you could just spend the $14.99 for the Game Pass. You know what I mean? And you'd be able to play the same games as your peers who have systems and stuff. Do you really think that Microsoft's going to break that eco structure so that they could have a few fucking more shadows? 
so that they could have to once again be like, sorry, but only the people who were stupid enough to buy this last council that we overpriced because we know that this might be the last generation we can actually justify selling councils can play this game. That's not happening. You can do that on Android and Apple. Yeah, with Xbox Game Pass, George. And Apple, not yet. It's coming soon. You know, but all of the games, the high end games that they're putting on there, a lot of them you need control. Some of them you need you, you can play touch screens. But to me, the, I, I would never leave the Microsoft ecosystem when, when there's that level of convenience. You know, Google Stadia failed at doing that. The Stadia was a flop. Microsoft succeeded at what Google was trying to do. And honestly, Microsoft has so much shit going on that they haven't even really had the time to emphasize how important their cloud gaming has become. Oh, you could stream from your Xbox. But what I'm saying is these games aren't streamed from the Xbox. These are straight on the cloud. You play these flawlessly without even having them. They don't go on anything. Like, no Xbox is turned on. You just go outside and you pit, you launch. You can play Forza and Gears 5. You could play Sea of Thieves and, and Link. You still get your friends list and the guide and all the other stuff. Anything you sign into without downloading. The app is like 80 megs. I'll look for you right now. The app is like maybe 80, 80 megs. Tiny little app. Might be, might be more. I'll take a look for you right now. But whatever the app is, that's all you need. Like when you launch Gears, Gears just launches. It doesn't even need to take an update since it's coming from the cloud. So another benefit is if you do have an Xbox, but there's games you're curious about, but you don't want to install that are on Game Pass, you can now access them from another device, check them out real quick, and then download them. You can insta-play these games. I'm sorry, but there's no beating that shit. You don't top that. I'm looking at apps now just so I could give you a general size of the Game Pass app. Or is it just called the Xbox app now? No, it's called... Okay, because I have an Xbox app too. It's Game Pass. Game Pass is 98 megabytes. I've already played many games on it. I don't save because I like to only show you guys on stream, but I played like the that Hellblade game that we were playing just to see how it looked, worked perfectly. The other one we were playing, Bloodstained, worked perfectly. All the Gears game, perfect Halo. Everything I've launched on there doesn't put a single megabyte. You, you should be excited. You could launch it right now. It takes two minutes, literally. Go into it. If you have an Xbox with game, sign in and tap on a game. And the game comes right on and looks just as good as this. So again, I don't really see what the purpose would be of uh, right now when we're in such a transitional period getting a console. But for all you know, going into the next couple of years, everything could be on the cloud. What happens if Microsoft decides that in order to destroy the competition because they're tired of Sony shit, they just say cloud game pass now available on Xbox? What's the rest of the world going to do then? Huh? What if they just put their own cloud gaming on their own system? And now on your own system, you just access the cloud and don't need to install the game. What the fuck's everyone going to do then? Can somebody tell me? <laughs> Show of hands. If they decide that cloud gaming belongs on the system it started on without you needing a hard drive anymore, where does everybody else go? You know? So, anyway, that's just something for you guys to keep in mind. So there is some Christmas that stuff. Conversation. Yeah, no, you are not ready. You could play Skyrim in your hands or on your refrigerator but without yeah, downloading they did, they anything. Just put uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim on the Game Pass. So yeah, there's another one. One day Cyberpunk will be on there. Holy you know? shit. Like this. When the next Halo comes out, all, all games that are first-party games are launched automatically on Game Pass for free. So when a Halo comes out, you don't have to buy a new Gears game. By the way, and I was going to talk to you about this off-air, but since we're talking Christmas and games, I didn't realize that there's a new Gears of War expansion. Oh, I did yeah, realize it, uh, but I, just popped up not long I, ago. I did realize it, but everyone kept calling it a single player expansion. So I ignored it. It's actually three player co-op. I went in and tried it yesterday. We should pick a day this week whenever you're free, because I know we don't really do the Wednesday stuff anymore, but we could do Wednesday if you're free just because AEW doesn't come on until after the game. So AEW will be on at like 10 or 11, but we should do like a three player co-op stream of that latest gears at some point this week, like as a holiday stream, you know? 
I'd be down for that. Yeah, if I can, I'd say Wednesday probably might work the best for me. But yeah, I, that, I'd be down. We can do Wednesday, whatever. But I'm just saying we should do a stream of that. But yeah, the new the new gears that comes out whenever a new thing comes out and launches, there's that. Also, EA Play, which to me wasn't that big of a deal by itself. It realized it wasn't that big of a deal by itself, and it went knocking on Microsoft's door, and they were like, "Hey, do you think you could take us in?" And now EA Play is part of the freaking Game Pass, so you get EA Play with Game Pass combined. That's 90 extra games just right there. And I think during the holidays, it's a good time if you do have people who don't have any console, not people who are elitist trying to get new console. If you do have people who don't have any console, now's a good time to be like, give them a fucking Game Pass subscription. Here's a three-month Game Pass, or here's a one-month or a trial, whatever. Give them something because you're, you're opening the door to people who don't have to buy the hardware now, which is what we should be doing. This should be all-inclusive. Not for nothing, but the PC gamers have been defending a lot of the console gamers and vice versa when it comes to cyberpunk. Kind of going, oh, that's not cool. You should take care of them. You guys should be the same, have the same attitude. You, you should be looking to make sure that these developers understand that we are an all inclusive gaming community and that everybody should have access to the same games since everyone's investing the same time and money. And that's all that there is to that. You're a fool to take sides and be part of a thing. Yeah, I like Xbox, but I've given reasons. It's not just because I'm sitting by loyally next to the system brand recognition with my fucking fist on my heart. It's I'm showing you. That there are things that they're able to do that are really convenient, especially to my lifestyle, to be able to travel, to be able to move around, to be able to access things from different locations. That's what I'm looking for, you know? So, uh, you know, you just got to keep that in mind. And that's the reason why they show you all of these images of what, of what other people look like when they're, uh, when they're playing and when they're experiencing this, you know, because they want you to see that essentially, yes, you could be sitting there playing with your girlfriend. She's on her tablet. You're on your system. You could play with your father who's on his system and has someone else, your mother who's on her phone. Like that's all inclusive, you know? So instead of asking me if you got the next console, I'll ask you, do you have game pass ultimate? Because it's not, you should <laughs> exactly be smart with your money. That's three consoles worth of shit, right? There. I don't give people, you don't get brownie points with me for being stupid with your money. You get brownie points with me when you show me how you utilize your money and how you turn that money into something either productive, entertaining, or creative. You have your system and you get your ray tracing. Good for you, man. Good for you. Kiss on the cheek from me. Anyway, I've been really condescending tonight, huh? That was that, that was such an awkward transition. Thing. <laughs> that was just an awkward place to end that. Like, <laughs> I didn't I know where to go. I was going for awkward. I was going for awkward. I was going for awkward. You know, congratulations. You're you're a big boy now. Song popped in my head. I'm a big kid. Right, you did, didn't you? You can help it. God damn it. Oh boy. All right, let's have some more fun. Like I said, a fun episode because it's been a lot of we did we did we covered a paper. If you guys want to talk just wrestling, there's a whole show that's almost at one thousand that we covered yesterday of a pay-per-view. You know, I want to have a little bit of Christmas fun. Sasha Banks will be returning to the Mandalorian, which I haven't really watched much of the season. I watched a couple episodes. I guess that's a spoiler because now I know she ain't dead. But Sasha Banks will be returning to the Mandalorian. All I'm saying is I saw a post on Facebook after Raw. It killed me. That shit said Sasha Banks is the only person who could say she fought Carmella and Boba Fett in the same week. So she's playing the role of Koska Reeves, which is the character she's been this entire time. And she's part of the Night Owls clan in the story. That's the most that I'll say. Um, Mandalorian has turned into its own monster from what I've been reading. They've basically decided that in some senses... I don't want to spoil too much, but they decided that time travel, going back to uh, Rebels, there was a point where they used time travel. And essentially what's happening is Lucasfilms or whoever's running at Disney, I guess, has decided that they're going to utilize the time travel from Rebels and they're going to erase the three movies that came out. 
like what you have seen in those three movies. I, I didn't watch all of Rebels. I, I'm aware that there was a time travel arc. There was some force shit that they used, the veil of the force or some weird thing that they were able to use to get back through time. Anyway, whatever that is, is somehow going to make those fucking movies disappear, which I kind of thought was going to happen after I watched three consecutive pieces of shit. So now they found a way to do it. They're going to do a time travel. And apparently Mandalorian is going to be like the central focal point of the Star Wars universe. At least this is what's been going around. This is the reason why a lot of characters, I will not spoil, but a lot of characters showed up there and are now going to start being used the way you had wished that they had been used. Well, this is like a reboot. And I think that that's really cool. And also kudos to Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka, I've always told you guys, Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite Jedi of all time. I think he is a badass. He's had some of the coolest battles. If you really were to just look at his resume, you'd be like, holy shit, you did this and you fought him? Oh, you lived through that? Wow. Obi-Wan, all the way. That being said, Ahsoka Tano is definitely my number two now. And it's mainly because she is a survivor in a way that I would have never imagined. I've never been so proud to be wrong. When I first saw Ahsoka Tano in the Star Wars Clone Wars CG movie, I remember thinking, oh, there's a dead bitch. That's all I thought. Well, dead bitch right there. Bye. And it wasn't because I didn't like her, but it was because she doesn't exist in episode four, five, and six when Vader's around. So I'm thinking everyone and anyone who watches the prequels always had that attitude. When you're watching episode one, two, and three, you're like, oh man, I wonder when these guys are going to die. Because I know that when Luke and Han and them are around, there's no Jedi. Not a good look. Some shit must go down between here and now. Like, now everybody knows Order 66, and it's a common thing. But at the time when these movies were coming out, we didn't know. I was thinking, how the fuck are all these characters going to die? There's like a whole world of these guys. Like, how the fuck did it just become Luke and, and, and you know? And that Order 66 thing happened, you know, which is what essentially wound up doing it. And, uh, yeah, when I when I look at uh this, it's a good idea that we have uh stuff that we could fall back on, stuff that we can expand this show with. You know, this franchise with it's not what they gave us originally because what they gave us originally was God awful. But Ahsoka, again, when I saw her, I thought, dead bitch, you're dead because you're going to die somewhere in this movie. And she didn't. And then they came out with Star Wars Clone Wars. And I remember thinking, man, the season finale of this, they're going to have to kill her. Anakin's apprentice. He lived. And they kept going. I'm like, oh, they're getting closer to Revenge of the Sith. I know I don't see her in Revenge of the Sith. At some point she's going to die. Minor spoiler, because at this point you guys all know she's even in The Mandalorian. Congratulations, Ahsoka Tano. I can't believe that this character is not dead. Like, you lived through so many series and things. Even Han's gone and you're not. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but uh, congratulations, Sasha Banks. I hope they keep you around because I also know that there was no Sasha Banks in episode four, five, and six. There was no Cosca Reeves in Return of the Jedi. So I hope <laughs> that uh, just because I really like you, Sasha, I really hope that there's like a scene where you fly off to a distant planet for extended vacation or something because again return of the jedi does not have you <laughs> i always look at i always worry i always get nervous with prequel characters you know look at those rogue one characters i bet you guys were nervous you were like why haven't i seen any of all oh. <laughs> oh no nobody oh but at least you got to see what a planet looks like from the perspective of people standing on it when the death star shoots it spoiler alert Fuck. You know, but hey, you know, they sacrificed it so that we could have the other movies. That's a good that's a good setting. They put the stolen plans into R2D2. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Sasha, tell them to keep you alive. Right. Because Don't once WWE releases you, when they get tired of you like they do everybody, you're gonna want uh, something else. Exactly. 
So in other news, a couple of days ago was the anniversary of Matt Hardy's crazy bullshit. The tag team Apocalypto. Do you remember that? I was just about to say which one, but yeah, I remember Apocalypto. Yeah, and they, and Impact Wrestling. I just thought this was cool um, because we used to watch a lot of those things as as like uh, live parties in the past. Remember? I remember. Yeah, I remember you guys watched the uh, the first deletion match. Yeah. So they put out this little montage of what it was like. I figured we would check it out here. Oh, George woke up. He heard impact. Uh, you better enjoy the while last because ain't nobody watched that shit this past week. It sucks. All right, let's bump it past the drama here. Let's get to the. Oh, wait a minute. This was with Crazy Steve and them? Yeah, this was uh, yeah, the yeah. last one they just went back. This is one of my favorite ones, actually. I kind of like this, this a little this bit. Was, this was during the Hardy Decay feud. Yeah. This is one of my favorite ones. Like, actually, I know some people be like, how dare you? But I actually like this a little bit better than the final deletion. Nothing wrong with the final deletion, but just, like, I liked that stable of uh, of Steve and Rosemary and them. Yeah, Steve, I, yeah. Crazy Steve, Rosemary, and Abyss, which was actually the first time Abyss had gone without a mask. Yeah, I felt that it was really cool. The presentation of the three of them, the way they looked at the time, the way that they sort of played off of each other, the Marilyn Manson music that they got thanks to the, at the time we were in the era of fucking uh, Billy Corgan, which we had access to better yeah, music. Um, they, they used to use, if you ever want to hear the song, it's called The Nobodies by Marilyn Manson. Yeah, and I thought that with what they were doing with the with the Hardy compound and Rabbi too and, and Senior Benjamin I thought like the more characters you add to me this stuff is just better you know because a lot of things are going on like one person gets thrown into the water and comes out different and they're fighting on the other side and other people using a pyro and someone's in the house like I like that better than it just being like Matt versus Jeff and I've also kind of burnt out on Matt versus Jeff I don't care what way you try to give it to me it's just kind of like uh, I, I give them credit for finding an original way to do it that last time but yeah it's like that story's got no this is going to it was original, but honestly, to me, nothing will ever beat the first fallout between the two of them because the guy literally said that, you know what I did? I burned down your house and killed your dog. Remember when oh, the yeah, house... That one I killed... And indeed, he was like, you're no longer my brother. And I remember thinking, man, that, that really... That put over to me wrestling. You know? Like, that's when, when an angle can put over the wrestling itself because it's so fucking serious that these guys have disowned each other and murdered pets. You know? It helped the fact that Decay and the Hardys meshed so well together during Yeah, exactly. Which is they, another they, they reason. They played off of each other so well. This yeah, is my favorite thing for fucking Steve got launched out of the volcano. Oh shit, I forgot about that part. This shit was too funny. Well done, Steven! Jesus Christ. Do you remember how they ended this when uh, the Hardys left TNA? No, I actually do not. I remember them teleporting uh, around or something. Yeah, yeah, so the Hardys were going on what we're doing, the Expedition of Gold. And they were basically hopping into different companies and winning their tag titles. I do remember that, yes. But I don't remember the uh, ending. During one last one, apparently at some point in between jumps, Decay caught them and stole the tag titles. And the whole story was they just got left wherever Decay found them. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Impact never, they never said what happened. It's just they went to teleport away. And then when the, when Vanguard popped back up, Decay had the tag titles again. I remember seeing that scene, but do not 
maybe I just didn't think about it that they were that they had the titles. Yeah, that was basically how they uh, wound up writing the hardest out. Which I'm going to share this, guys, on social media for all of you, in case you're watching. Which most of you, thousands of you, on the fucking uh, podcast version can't blame you. That's how I listen. Uh, you know what I do, honestly, and this is how I've been taking in any wrestling podcast that I listen to. I'll pl- be playing Call of Duty, and I'll just have it on Wait, in the background. That's probably why I'm prestiging so fast. All this Call of yeah. Duty. Call of Duty. It's one of those things now where it's like, this is another thing why I'm so pissed at how they've done Rosemary in Impact now. Yeah. Rosemary scared the shit out of me in her DNA debut. Yeah, she's the intimidation factor from her is gone. They humanized her a little bit too much. And I always say you got to be really careful when you take a character that's a character and you completely make them human because there's no turning back. And once that happens, if you don't have anything for them, you're going to make them look like shit. I remember years ago telling you guys, you know what? As much fun as this is, they really got to be careful with that Rusev and Lana stuff because the moment that they drop that Bridget Nielsen fucking Drago act and she drops the accent, you can't go back to it. And if you ever don't have a direction for these characters, they're going to get lost. And look what happened. Now it's all just poo. Yeah, you know. Which they, I mean. Like, Stacey just whispered in my ear. He, they, he marked, they marked Mar- him. They marked Mar- him. Oh my God, they did. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, what am I going to do this, to, to, to tell you how far freaking Impact has killed this fucking thing? I'm about to link it to you right now, Rick, on uh, Twitter. This was Rosemary's TNA debut. Wait, okay. Back, let me give me a quick thing because it almost fucking took me to the other one. It almost yeah, took like, me to Ro- the other one, too. So I got <laughs> now I got to go. I got to switch back. You see, technology. Tell you, man. Fucking no. You fuck. But no, like, this. Uh, <laughs> It, it was it was one of the coolest things because first of all I'll never forget and I think it might have been Josh Matthews that even said it literally not even who is that what is that because at the time when they showed what Rosemary looked like it was the craziest looking fucking thing I've ever seen in my life and I remember like just and it evolved because the cool thing about it is too is uh we hadn't seen Crazy Steve because you remember when Crazy Steve first showed up he was in the whole menagerie thing and he was like a little creepy little clown. And it's like he comes back and it's like, what the fuck happened to Steve? You know? <laughs> yeah, crazy Steve. Yeah, just shot it to you. But yeah, like it's. <sighs> and now she's human, hanging out with Taya. And it's like, what? What happened to my fucking Rosemary? Like, yeah, they sort of ruined those kind of things, unfortunately. Yeah. Like when, when they had the whole Rosemary Alley thing going on, it worked because it didn't completely abandon Rose. It didn't completely abandon Rosemary, and 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 yeah, like George, she 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 got ma- she got married. That bitch is human now. <laughs> and yeah, Crazy Steve has kept the same thing, but that's because he stuck with it even after he left. A lot of these like, characters never- uh, are being done away with from that storyline. Like, think about this chick uh, from NXT. She was the evil bride in TNA. Oh yeah, um, Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green. Yeah, oh yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. She was crazy because Allie stole her husband. They literally in WWE and just she, went nope, 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 none whole, of that. <laughs> her whole gimmick was she got she. First of all, it started out as she was just continuously drunk, and then she just went batshit fucking crazy. They were like, "You were a what? You were you were a wife? You were a crazy bride to just and then, stop? And you were Robbie who? Like, oh no, no, get no. over there and be her manager. Stop playing." Completely gone, you know. They, it's, a, it's a shame because I, I thought that was cool too, just because it, it was so random. I was he like, oh shit, she's still wearing, like, <laughs> it was like literally the wedding from hell. 
But yeah, I sent you the Rosemary clip. Yeah, it's fucking. It's still one of my favorite debuts by a knockout. Still, this day one of my favorites because it came. It's so, it came so out of nowhere, and I like the fact that TNA went as far as to use a Marilyn Manson song for them. Yeah, fucking beautiful. Which, I always thought that that was really cool. But yeah, to think that it's been it's, it's been that long. How was it? Like how many years has it been? A year since that one? Oh my god. The, oh no, that 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 this particular debut, it's been. Oh wait, several actually, years. the label of it says what it is, right? It's been a while, right? Was it 2015? Oh, it's been a long time. This was uh when the they, they their first feud was against the Wolves. Hmm. Yeah, there's Rosemary's been a TNA for a long time. Yeah, well, you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. And TNA is not even as good as it was then, and we didn't even consider it good then. But it's like it was tolerable back then. Like I don't, there was still stuff there that kind of worked. Like I don't know what's happened now. You know, like yeah. Well, they have issues. You know, it's like they 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 lift. They definitely aren't pushing the right talent. You know. And it's like they don't even have any talent. And it's nothing against those guys. They can wrestle. Unfortunately, that that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? This is the wrong age to be someone who can wrestle really good. Take a number. You know what I mean? This isn't like, oh, in order to find good wrestling, we got to go watch Ring of Honor Final Battle. As a matter of fact, I'd stay away from that shit. Before it used to be that you'd have to go to Ring of Honor or PWG or New Japan to see that kind of wrestling. I remember specifically only being able to see that kind of wrestling in Ring of Honor Evolve, PWG, and New Japan. Those were my feds. Literally, everyone that I watched for the past 10 years from the feds I named is in WWE. Willie Mack, Johnny Gargano. Well, not Willie, but, you know, in, in the mainstream companies. Willie Mack, Johnny Gargano. You know how long Willie Mack and Rich Swan have been best friends? Forever. <laughs> like, literally. I don't even think CM Punk was a thing. Like, do you know how fucking far back some of these stories and angles go with Roderick Strong and all these guys that you're seeing? And like I said, that's all that. It was rare to be able to catch and evolve. And when I caught it, I remember being blown away, you know. And that's uh, something that, that that was really crazy for me. Again, and I've told you guys the story before. I remember seeing Kalisto when he was Samurai Del Sol fighting El Generico with Sami Zayn now. And it was amazing. It was the main event. You know, and it was crazy. And I remember being like, holy shit, this Samurai Cell, the soul. Like, are you kidding me? He's like Mysterio. It's like another Mysterio. I don't know what happened. But again, it's almost like a, a popular story in WWE where like you'll see something cool somewhere else and then be like, I don't know what happened. That's how I felt about Kalisto. Because when they first got him, I was like, no way. They got that guy. I can't believe they got him. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. A guy who was actually able to make me buy an indie pay-per-view along with a lot of people bought that shit to see that guy. You know what I mean? It's not, that's the thing that's sad. It's like Kalisto's not just some Mexican they put in a fucking mask. You know what I mean? Like this guy was selling pay-per-views. He was a draw, you know? And now he runs around in a bowler hat and doesn't wrestle. You could see the main event. Imagine going to a show where the main event could be Sami Zayn versus Kalisto and everybody's cool with it. That's what they came to see. When you're, when you're getting online outside, that's what the poster fucking has. The name of the pay-per-view is Samurai Del Sol versus El Generico. The name of the pay-per-view after that was Samurai Del Sol versus Generico too. The pay-per-view after that was called Samurai Soul, Soul, Soul versus Generico 3, you know? And that's the thing that makes me really sad about it. Is it's like these guys don't really get to, uh, to do that. So, so the point being now, when it came, when it started coming to fruition, they wound up everywhere. Now you can catch that shit on, uh, on almost anywhere. And even though they're not really doing it anymore, it doesn't mean that it's not available. Like, for example, AEW doesn't do indie wrestling anymore. The only time that they did it this week, which we'll talk about, was uh, those two young guys, the ones that look like they're 12. <laughs> you know i don't know what to do because i really like the way that they 19, yeah i really like the way that they are in the ring but every time they do a promo they look so they look like little kids 
you know they have like the little they have like these little kids these little cute kid faces you know and george penta was triple a lucha underground long before impact impact was like a blip in his career like these guys what's that little thing they do? They, the, 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 the flight guys what's that thing they do they do like a pose or a fist or something before they leave Something like that. I remember just being like, how adorable. You know, it's like, what the- <laughs> fucking little kids, man. Look at little kids. But that was the only match that, uh, and I actually heard, I believe Melson's the one who said it. The mentality of that match apparently was, we're going to go out here and we're going to just have a PWG match. That, that was literally their thought. We're going to have a PWG match on national television. That was their idea. So that's the reason that match came out that way. But all the other matches are, at this point, it's just more WWE to me when I watch AEW. A lot of the pacing, because of the guys that they have there, is just wrestling. And I give credit because people who shouldn't be doing it, someone who's going to die in the ring, poor Jericho out there, who as a veteran has the right to keep that methodical pace down, is out there doing crazy bumping and shit and <laughs> trying to keep up with freaking the, the, the fucking private party guys and all these other dudes that are out there. And I think it's that's that like the, a... It's that DP yoga, man, I'm telling you. I guess. Or he's going to die. He looks like he's dying out there, though. He turns completely red, you know? He looks like he's dying, so it's a little bit rough. But the point being that now is not a good time to just be a good wrestler because they're all over the place, you know? Yeah, you got to have more than that. Yeah. Matt Hardy, which also, this is another interesting thing when you look back at this little Easter egg for you guys. Apparently, the end of the storyline that Destin told you is actually an alternate ending from what they originally were going to do. But since the Hardys went to AEW, I think that changed the plans. Yeah, because, yeah, this, uh, this was uh, right before that meeting when the Hardys came back, when they were just kind of fed up with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, had to, they had to change it quick. And the only thing they could think of was, hey, Decay caught them in between time jumps and stole their titles. But the end of their journey was actually supposed to be that Matt Hardy was going to delete all of TNA. That was literally going to be the end of the angle. He was going to delete the entire TNA. And then they were going to just reboot it. It was literally going to be like the way they do in comics or in like final or in like freaking infinite crisis or in a lot of different stories that you've seen, you know, or at the end of back to the future one, they literally were going to have him delete TNA. And then it was just going to be brand new. It was going to be fresh rebranded company. Everybody starts over new. He deleted the world, <laughs> which I think that would have been way cooler. Oh my God. That, but that was, that would have been the closest we were actually gotten get rid of him, right? Like if the last he was, he was delete the and everything's just gone, and then it starts off with like a new intro. Oh my god! Yeah, the Matt Hardy snap, right? That that was what he was gonna do. Somebody tweeted this recently. They tweeted this uh, about a week ago that they said that the pitch was for him to, at the end of Apocalypto, he was gonna delete TNA to facilitate a rebrand. And then he replied that he said this is true. So, I guess if he didn't leave that, uh, it's a shame because I, I'm glad he's in AEW. Actually, you know, I take it back. I'm I, he's he's terrible in AEW. Like, I wish he would have stayed in Impact. And uh, gotten to do that, don't you? I mean, if he was saying impact, people might actually still be watching. So he's terrible in AEW. Someone needs to say it. Someone needs to say he's terrible. As much as we like Matt Hardy, come on, you can't tell me he doesn't suck in in AEW, man. He's worse than that time that Mick Foley came out and he was wearing the dude love pants and the mankind fucking tie <laughs> and the cactus <laughs> jack freaking plaid shirt over it. And he was like, I don't know who I am anymore. When he had that breakdown <laughs> because the corporation was fucking with him and he was just all over the place. That's how Matt's starting to remind me. Like, I feel like one day he's just going to be like all the different pieces of Hardy if he keeps this up. Holy shit. You know, I'll never forget that shit. You know, and like Big Foley broke down. He just no, didn't know. He didn't know what fucking ring gear to wear. You know, all- I forgot that till you mentioned it. Holy shit. 
you know, I'm surprised that when that, that that when Vince saw if Vince ever told Triple H that he thinks of him as a son that he didn't fucking run. I mean, like, yo, you know oh. what happened to the last guy that he said he thought of like a son when he fucked with him? Oh, snap. <laughs> he really took that Yurple shit personally, huh? <laughs> Damn. That's what it was. It came down to that. You know, it's like, I'm going to get him for that shit. <laughs> you brought a clown into my, <laughs> you brought a clown to my hospital. This is all I about, swear to God. he did it because of Yurple. That was Vince's oh. revenge of giving mankind the breakdown. But that's what, that's what fucking Hardy's going to go through. You know, he's going to he's going to wind up with this identity crisis like they just need to stop. Let the guy do his own thing. You know, like let him stick and commit to one thing. And you know what, man, that one time I forget what was happening exactly. But there was that one promo that he did where like he turned into different people. And like the one he turned into last was like regular Matt Hardy. Yeah. And it was the better promo of all of the different things that he's been, where he was just like talking about people and how he goes way back with people and who he is in the company. I was like, yeah, man. Like, I almost forgot how good of a promo you are without all that shit. Take all that shit out of your hair and don't be like, don't be the one in the suit that's like a heel to the freaking uh, private party guys either. That one's the worst. Just fucking be Matt Hardy. But then again, let's be real with the freedom they give people. This is probably fucking Matt. We know, we, we, we've kind of learned from even in periods in between companies Matt will just do shit just to do it. But then that's what, what, why they what, need what, a throttle. What was the thing we what was the thing we kept running episodes of? What was the uh free the delete? Yeah. But that but that's what I'm saying. That's why they need a throttle. They need, unfortunately, as much as we like all this freedom, they need somebody every now and then that goes, dude, you need to like pick a storyline and a gimmick and stick to it. Every time we see you, you're deleted, then you're regular, then you're then you're a veteran that's training the younger talent, then you're a heel that's in a suit that doesn't give a shit about anybody himself. And it's like, bro, just pick something already. It's bad enough that the entire company is in a constant state of fluctuation and they don't seem to know what the fuck they want to do booking wise. But you, a veteran, should not be getting sucked up into the antics of Tiny Toons AEW. Or to be more up to date, Animaniacs AEW, AEWX, you know, <laughs> because that's what this is. You know, that's what this is. Be like Moxley was. Moxley kept away from all of the cartoony, loony shit that was in the middle, you know, but it's like, this is what I'm seeing here. He's not making money off of nostalgia because there's nothing nostalgic about that. Most people don't remember. I barely remember that suited character that he is. Yeah. Big Money Matt was very brief. When was that? That was, um, See, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact. I'm trying to pinpoint it exactly. That was after. The, remember that whole thing where he'd won the world title, and then because Jeff interfered in the match, he decided to surrender. So they did the big ass tournament for that shit. Big Money Mac came at like the tail end of that tournament. I barely remember. I remember the attire. I don't remember the tournament or anything. That, that's bad. That's when you know when angle sucks. You know when when you can't even remember. Like none of the pieces of it must have. Really no, what it was is just like it wasn't even that it was bad. It was just like Big Money Matt did not last long. They, remember, they ran with that gimmick from Impact ran with that gimmick for maybe like two, three months. And that's and the thing. The, I remember and, and then the broken thing happened. That's the thing. I remember the name and I remember the suit barely before he went through the table, before Jeff put him through the table and he yeah. became broken. It's because it, Impact literally let Big Money Matt run for a couple of months. Yeah. Then, no, George, that was Impact because Big Money Matt ran for a little bit, like a cup of coffee. And then they were like, OK, you're going to put him through a table and now it's broken. But no one thought about that. The only thing that anyone thought about was the fact that he was a heel fighting his brother. When he went through the table, he became broken. No one thought about that shit before. He comes out wearing that red suit with that snotty attitude. Like, guess who I am now? And I'm like, who? 
Who's that? Yeah. Like, no one from this, no one in AEW is going to remember the short period of time that you wore a suit with a red fucking button down and you were big money mad. That was such a short thing. It was only, that was only to get over turning into the other thing. The only uh, people who can remember that are the Impact fans that left with them. All five of them. And, and here's another thing. You shouldn't do it to the, to the guys that you're with either. Like, to me, that was also awkward. Matt Hardy is Matt Hardy, right? And uh, he started to take those two private party dudes and it was like, you're really good guys. I'm going to mentor you. And, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to go to far. And then, like, literally the next time you see him, he was just the other character. And it was like, ha, 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 ha. And he was just being evil and shit. And it was like, what? Wait a minute. This again? Like, did somebody fucking forget what, what was happened? happening to the thing that was like, what happened to the thing? You can't do that. I don't care how creative he is. You can't just decide that you're a fucking heel with the guys that you were managing. Show up with them as a different character. And then the two of them don't even act like anything's weird about this. They're not like Matt. Is, are you okay? Who who are you? What happened? They they literally just still treat them the same. It's, it's, again, you know, you hang around somebody that long, you don't become numb to it. So it might be. Oh my god! And you know what, man? I watch BTE every now and then, George. I don't even see how we can ever look at the Dark Order as anything dark at this point. They're the most goofy, cartoony characters on every, out of everybody they out make there. Me laugh more than everybody else. At this They're point. a bunch of lunatic comedians. It's so fucking crazy. And I like it. It's just funny, but it's just like it's funny. It's supposed to be like dark and They should just be that. Let that be the thing that they are in. A- That's way better than the thing that they were in AEW. That's awesome. Like this, we're gonna talk about later. But this week, the way they came out dressed and shit. That's what I want. I want oh that dark. Oh my order. god, dude! I I cried. I laughed so hard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what we we need. That dark. It's funny. We're not even talking weeklies. We're just talking. Uh, well, we sort of are talking weekly, but just not the actual shows. You know, the funny thing about it, it's like this show, it's more of like, I guess the structure, the usual like blueprint isn't there. It's just like, fuck it. Let's just have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm kind of, which I mean, it's working. It's kind of like, it, it, it's great. Like, Yeah. This is what talking about. I want to jump back and forth. You know, let's talk a little bit about AEW, about what happened with the weeklies. I don't even remember bringing up my program now here. Uh, Yeah. Dynamite. So, uh, Ironically, the Dark Order versus Matt Hardy and Private Party. Yeah, and of course, because uh, because the Dark Order is trying to recruit Adam Page, they all came out in chaps. They all came out wearing. I was fucking crying. I laughed so hard. No, no, you can't say they all came out wearing chaps. They all came out wearing cowboy shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought when I thought. Like, look, everybody's wearing cowboy shit. I love when they put that on the bottom of his description when he comes out to it. It'll be like a freaking Tangman page and it's like underneath does cowboy shit. Right. <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> and then they have like the toy or something. There was like a toy and that's what it said. Like when you pull the string, it was like, I'm doing cowboy shit. George, when you put together this program, you could tell us when to run. Sorry. Relax. You could tell the what? Fun, damn it. Is it what? No, you could tell the what? I need, I knew what you were saying. Oh, no, I was saying, I was just like, George, talk about some go through quick, skip to NXT. Like, look, when you put together this program, then you could rush us. All right. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Relax your face. Damn it. Yeah. I'm going to actually, let me put on the actual Dynamite episode behind the screen here, behind the curtain, so I could get to, I just want to get to the cowboy intro. That shit was so fun because I didn't expect it. This opening contest is a six-man tag team match set for one fall with a 20-minute time limit. Approaching the ring first, Kingman Adam Page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the courtship between 
Reynolds, Silver, Dark Order, and Hangman Adam Page has been on go. Yo, he was corpsing but last week when he was backstage with finally him. Finally, wore Hangman down enough, Tony, to get him to agree to team with them tonight in this big six-man tag team matchup. Yeah, they helped him out in the... Oh, my God. That's golden, man. Why, Is George? Because it's funny. That's you know why. what? You know what's crazy, though? The slow burn that they have Adam Page on. Adam Page is like clearly main event material, right? Like this is this has to be at some point we're gonna have like an Adam Page one hell of a run. That guy's got that guy's gonna be world champion before the day's done. That's for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. For sure. I can't win, believe that he's like not how ready. they're pacing it. Yeah, because they know he's white hot. They have to. They're, they they're have to keep him interested, but they're keeping him just out of reach. It's very rare that you see them deliberately cool somebody down. I've seen them do it in WWE, obviously with Daniel Bryan. Sometimes when you're trying to go for an angle, you have to cool down what you're not. They had to do that with this guy. You know what I mean? Like, he was just over for no reason. It was just like natural charisma to the point where people wanted to see this guy, no matter what. And uh, it's good that they keep that in their back pocket. So, yeah. yeah. They do a very good way of communicating the fact that, like, that guy's one good step away from a world championship. They were part of an evil stable. George, George doesn't watch AEW. Apparently, I, I, I'm convinced he doesn't. They were part of an evil stable. This stuff's so easy to follow. They were part of an evil stable led by uh, Brody Lee. What was Brody Lee called before? Uh, the Exalted One. No, I mean in, in WWE. Oh, well, no, he was uh, Luke Harper. Luke Harper, right? He used to be because that's Georgia Norman. They, they they're in a stable called the Dark Order. Uh, that's led by Brody Lee, Luke Harper, and. I mean, I heard that this that the reason he's out hasn't been disclosed, and that they're all being very, very quiet about what it is. This is a highly protected secret. Whatever it is that happened, he's it's very highly protected, and it must be because they don't even mention him. You Not, know what I mean? We haven't even heard. They don't even act like they don't even act like he exists anymore. It's almost starting to look like Adam Page might take over. Maybe he'll become their leader. You know, but also uh, the Dark Order working as a comedy act works better, and thankfully. In being the elite, everybody sort of becomes like a comedic version of themselves. So that's sort of where we learned that uh, it works better for them. I think that, ironically, Brody Lee, if he does come back, he might be better off just being Brody Lee. Let these guys be the Dark Order because they work really well as the Dark Order without him. I actually can now tell who they are. Whereas before, remember I used to say, oh, all I know is Brody Lee and, uh, and the other guy. Yeah. Evil Uno, it's given them somewhat you know? of an identity now. Now I know who they are. Like now, and that's that's the important. Once you know who people are, it's because they stood out. Like I know which one Evil Uno is now. You know, um, right? John know, Silver and Alex uh, Reynolds. Exactly. I know, I know these two guys, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Obviously, you know, I like the fact that they stand out. It almost reminds me of like it's a funny comparison. It almost reminds me of Dragon Ball Super during the the freaking tournament of power where every time somebody did something cool, Beerus would be like, Weez, who is that guy over there? What's his name? You know, and he'd be like, Oh, you know, that's that's the son of Go of Goku. Oh my god. Like, hey, son it of Goku, come me. over here. Oh, Gohan. That's- right, when you, right, <laughs> yeah. right when you said super, it just fucking hit me. What? The dark orders become that fucking universe that was on the power of love. No. Wow, wow, who's wow. The, who's the, the Reaper fucking- the freaking magical girl universe that was awesome the one one where they did the fucking transformation and 17 interrupted them and got heat from every universe that was awesome my only regret with that universe was that a young kira toriyama had never made uh, a fucking magical girl anime honestly i love his take on it whoever thought that what a twist and then when the main one powers up she's fat (laughs) 
I loved it. It was like awesome. I was expecting the same shit you always get with those kind of stories. And it was like, oh, here she comes. She started to do the transformation. I was like, oh, no way. There you go. There's breaking trends. That's how you subvert expectations, not by turning Danny heel. But no, like this, <laughs> this, this change with the Dark Order has been working for them because it's making me excited to see them every week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It, it, and you know what the funny thing about it is? It's getting a good reaction from them. Also, it's, just there. it's, it's just funny. Body. During this match, it's kind of funny how, thanks to my, Matt Hardy, the Dark Order came off more like baby faces, you know? Because he's yeah. he, he's and he's an he's he's once again in that gimmick, right? The suit guy, or is he just an this asshole one? now? Like so I don't even know who he is this, anymore. This seems like something different. You see what I mean? He's something you, even you, different you, from you, the you, other you, thing you, now. You know what? You know what? This this well, the little bit I did see of um, how this ended, mm-hmm. it seems like a something where it's like that thing of like you should be grateful for me. I'm Matt Hardy. That's whereas not like that different from Big Money, like Matt. Though guys, not exactly well known, whereas. It's one of the six guys who put the ladder match on the map. Like, That's a shitty gimmick. You know how many people have a you should be grateful for me gimmick right now that are heels? He actually can become broken. As much as I don't want that, he can become broken. Or he can go back to just being Matt, which are both more unique than, you know, like, you know how much I've done for this business fucking gimmicks. Like I said, that's only a theory, but I have no, I have but, no idea. But you're right, because that is sort of what he's been doing. But yeah, I like the Dark Order like this, where they're happy and playful, and they're no longer a literal cult. And you know what's another reason that's good that they got away from that? Because you have too much of that. You have that with uh, Retribution, even though Dark Order was doing it first. You have that with Retribution. And wasn't there something else that was like... And fucking Dark Order was actually winning. But, uh, God, I can't, there might have been another I feel like there was another thing with hooded people or disguised people or whatever. You know, like, there's different, there's so many things like this that we don't need. Yeah, like, it's making the Dark Order guys stand out. Yeah, so anyway. But this was a good match. You know, everybody in it knows how to work really good. I really did enjoy what I saw. Very solid stuff. Uh, you know, really cool. Really cool. No no complaints here. Like I said, aside from Matt Hardy being being weird. Yeah. Yeah, no? that was the one kind of like what the fudge, but Yeah, like why I don't understand why they couldn't uh I don't know. Just stop turning him. Now you're telling me this is a whole new thing. A, th- a different thing from the last thing that was only a week old, so he's gonna keep changing. Who knows? We already seem to be having more shit with the uh, inner circle. You most certainly did a great job, Christopher. Wow. First last week, back-to-back Dynamite Diamond Ring champion, and now the New York Times best performance of 2020. But the Times got one thing wrong. I couldn't have done this without you, CJ. Yeah, you're right. And you know, I see what you people are writing online, and it's sickening. Claiming that I'm a much better performer than Chris Jericho? I mean, that's terrible, but I see through all that, Christopher. You know what I see? I see a mentor. I see the goat. And honest to God, I see my best friend. I couldn't have done this without you. And I couldn't have done it without you sexy hooligans either. I love you, man. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Sexy right. hooligans. Cody 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 it's funny he didn't even let Jericho. See, so I'm still doing that thing. And I, I, love, I love the freaking inner circle. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would prefer that we don't get a turn yet, you know? Yeah. So, but it looks like. At least from what I've been, what I gathered from that promo when I watched it live, it seems like the whole running bit is like he's enough of an asshole with them to where they notice it, but he's still able to bring it back around just to be like, hey, but you guys are fucking great though. And now I'm realizing because um one of the things that uh Wardload, I guess he was having family, some kind of a family issue, and he wasn't there. This is an eight person stable. I didn't realize the last time I've seen a stable that big. Yeah, like it. Oh. 
But I mean, they're showing where it doesn't seem as deliberate of like cracks, if that's where it's going to be going. Because when they were going through their match together, it was like smooth sailing. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the one thing with this company. You don't always have to like everything. You may not always agree with everything, but it's never a miserable experience. You know, so right. Like, oh, We're not suffering through this shit. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, I wish they would do something different here. But you, it's, it's the way wrestling used to be. You know, like, oh, yeah, I kind of wish Matt Hardy had one gimmick. And we could just have one storyline with him. But, but it didn't break you anything. It, you're not sitting there, like, in agony. Yeah, and at the same time, they didn't feature Matt Hardy at, at, at from 10.50 to, like, fucking 10.59 and make you go off the air with a story that focused on just him or anything. You know, it's like, that's something that's happened. If you don't like it, move on. That's the one thing I'm liking with AEW. Like, yes, we have things where we have issues. But, and I was actually thinking of this when it looks like to the way some of the championship pictures are uh, have changed. AEW is doing what WWE doesn't do. And it's not only giving people what they want. It's just like, hey, bear with us. We will give you what you want. Just got to get there. Everybody wanted Omega as world champion. It took some time. We have Omega as world champion. People wanted the Bucks as tag champion. It took some time. We got the Bucks as tag champion. They rewarded their fan base for their patience. It's literally, hey, hang on. We'll get there. We promise. Just bear with us. Yeah, and it's like George is talking about break up the inner inner circle. Why? They're awesome. Are you crazy? Shit. Like, so why? So fucking Sammy Guevara can be doing nothing. Ward fucking MJF can be wrestling like one match a year. PNP yeah. can just get lost in the shuffle. I don't think you no. can lose those guys, man. Those guys are really coming through. Oh no, those guys are. It, it's working. It's working well because everybody in that faction, even MJF, being a little bit more of a dick than everybody else. Their personalities mash off of each other so well. And I think uh, you even said once, it might have been even during in the chat room, the presentation when they all come out together is amazing looking. It really is. And I'm finally, and I never thought I would say this, me being an old school guy, and especially now that it doesn't matter anymore, but you know what? I finally am able to accept Santana and Ortiz as LAX. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I do see the LAX in them. I see why Conan chose them as like a next generation LAX and that other girl too with the jaw. Oh, yeah, fuck it, Diamante. Yeah, Which to me is weird I because accept. now she's now she's there, right? Like now she's in AEW and she's in the tag team with the other girl. But they didn't put her in LAX or, or I'm sorry, no. I guess because now they're the inner circle, I see. It would kind of be yeah. weird, right? Like a different and vibe, I on guess. on top of that, she had, she's had more time with Eva Lee as a partner than she was in LAX. And you know what? Now that I've watched her, because remember, I didn't watch TNA at the time that they had that LAX with her. Now that I watch her, I feel really bad because, you know, she's not that bad. No, Diamante is pretty shitty. Good. How shitty the WWE! Remember, remember how we saw her her first. They, she showed she, up. In, she fucking Oscar. She, she showed her. up at NXT and Oscar killed her. And I Oscar mean, killed her. She came through the curtain and, and Oscar hit her with everything. And it was like, oh and, no, who? What wasn't that the LAX girl? <laughs> and the funny thing about it is, because uh, I've been going back to watching more AEW Dark, Eva Lee has been rolling on that show. I can't tell you the last time I've seen that girl lose. Now, Eva Lee, I'm familiar with because she was in the old shitty NXT, and I believe she was, she was even she was back in FCW. With she was uh, in, Sophia Cortez, right? She was in FCW, and I think when she was also tough enough, and I think she got into some heat with Stone Cold, something, which was pretty much the end of her. Like I remember him telling her that she was never gonna amount to anything or some shit. And then, yeah. of course, I was familiar with her because she was one of the people. She was like, I guess you could almost call some like the stings of Lucha Underground, where she was there from beginning to end. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I the girl her. is absolutely incredible. Yeah, like I remember her Sofia Cortez in NXT, and I remember her 
uh, you know, just overall doing all that other stuff. But the other girl, unfortunately, um, she, I, I just remember them bringing her in and then me think, oh, it's the LAS girl. Asuka fucking killed her and they never used her again. They just brought her in to bury her. Once again, missed the boat. Did they though? I feel like they did. They could have done something with the they, they missed a boat. They didn't miss the boat. And the reason behind this is because from what it's to my understanding that sometimes, uh, they literally will deliberately do that. We'll talk about that more next week. That's a different story, but, uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes they'll deliberately like bring someone in to bury them. Like the the money spending was fucking just to stupid. fucking kill them. Well, it failed because she's still here. <laughs> uh yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, she's still not there. But that's the whole point. They they they, they try to do that. They want to try to kill you. Uh they try to bury you softly. It seems like with, with logic like that, it's better not even to be there. Like, oh yeah, like, for sure. Like. It just doesn't make... If I'm bringing somebody in, I'm going to see if there's potential there. If there's not potential there, I'm not going to kill the rest of their freaking career. Yeah. No, you shouldn't. How about that? Because you're you're not an evil person. Karma comes back around. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next we had uh, the announcement, the, the freaking Cody Rhodes announcement. Here, I'll bring this up on the screen for a minute. Here. It was awesome. Baby security and training. So Cody and Brandy open a present that tells them that they're expecting a baby. Well, how about that? <laughs> yep. How about that? Congratulations. Isn't that great news? Or- yeah, so congratulations to them. Cody was visibly emotional when he came to the ring. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. Yeah, he he was... I feel like he was back in that moment. It's just strange because... Uh, I, I, I mean... And I, I get it, he's emotional. But I just thought it was weird for him because it be because of the fact that it's not like he just got the news you know what i mean but if you look at him yeah. when he gets into the ring like he legitimately was very emotional at that point yeah you know? I mean, i've seen that happen occasionally sometimes because like when you want to reveal in the announcement especially if you've already known the new know um the news ahead of time you put yourself back in that you put yourself back into that moment so the only thing i could see is maybe like him watching the video package of them revealing it it kind of brought him back to when he probably first figured out that uh Brand Brandy was um Brandy was pregnant. I guess, but that's a directed video package. It's not like he uh it's not like that's when he found out either. But yeah, if you watch him here, I'll put it on for a minute here. Um, you know, you could see him. He's really emotional. Like when he comes down, he's like completely uh a different Cody Rhodes entirely. And I mean, as somebody who's watched this guy from pretty much the beginning, it's a completely different guy came out through that curtain. Uh, I think it and maybe surprised. also the support of the people too. I think it even surprised Brandy a little bit, just how emotional he is, like uh, about the entire. Thing. I mean, I guess I see it. You know, you can see it here. Look at him. Look at this yeah. guy. Do you see his face? Like, yeah. That's crazy. Look at him. He's about to cry. He's about to cry in the ring. <laughs> I mean, congratulations to him. Holy shit! That's probably twenty twenty needs more news like that. But yeah, you know. Yeah, that was. Hey, congrats, to the man. Very cool, man. Very cool. Doing just because wrestling needs storylines. Relax. Christ in heaven. We're talking about the surprise. He's like, why would you get the storyline? Why was uh why was who in the storyline last week? The fucking brandy thing. Why was brandy in the storyline? Like, like, like we're still like it's so the whole can, fucking What do you brandy mean? Because they, they, they booked it, even if you don't like brandy. It's like they they booked it to be you know, a fucking story. And we're not even talking about that. The girl's gonna be but, a mother. But to give you an update on that, uh we're basically hearing that uh 
as a result of this pregnancy that there is a possibility that the storyline that Brandy's in with Shaquille O'Neal and Jay Cargill is going to be changed in some capacity. That way, she doesn't have to wrestle, being that she would be pregnant. Yeah. Hey, do what they do it. Um, do what they gotta do to make sure they can get it out of their cleans, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. Congratulations to the Rhodes family, though. Mm-hmm. Man got his last name back, and he' about to be a daddy. Yep. Oh, it's 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 cool stuff, man. It definitely is. You know, um, how old is Cody Rhodes? Um, let me check. He's he's not up there. He's he's not too up there. Let me see. Uh, find his age. Of course, everybody in their third cousin of gold. Wow, he's only thirty-five. Wow, he's pretty Dang. much within our age demographic, somewhat. Yeah, he. You ain't that far ahead of me. Hmm. Okay. Now let's get back into these weeklies a little bit here. Uh, so as far as the match went, they they were against the hybrid guys, right? Yeah, it was a one-on-one Cody Rhodes and Angelico. Right, right. Which I think this was uh, Angelico's first one-on-one match in AEW in quite a while, if ever. So. Right, but but without uh, but not without the interference of his buddy, Jack Evans. Which uh, oh, yeah. he winds up getting pushed on his ass by Arn Anderson for his interference, <laughs> and uh, I give him credit because listen, Arn Anderson is a legend, and I can only imagine what it must be like, especially as a young guy like that. You're in the ring, and there is this legend here uh, that's going to do a spot with you. That being said, he sold a little bit too much for Arn. He Shawn Michaels sold for Arn. Look at this here. Come have a look at this shit right here. So there you go. There's Arn, right? Watch when he pushes. Watch when Arn pushes this guy. <laughs> Yo, fuck. <laughs> what the fuck? Jack Evans. I swear to God, the way that kid bumps for certain shit, I'm just like, was that all really necessary? No, bro. You saw that shit, man? Like, what is going on here? You know? I tell you right now, you want somebody to sell for you. Jack Evans will fucking sell for you. Yeah. That motherfucker will have you feeling like a hope for about one second of your life, yeah, and this turned into a clusterfuck. Like everybody came out here, right? Like Taz's stable came out, right? Yeah, but old team Taz showed up. You know, the baby faces come out to try to fight them off. And it's funny because when when the Taz stable comes out, it's not even like these dudes came out and did an ambush. These dudes came out like if it was their turn. Like it was kind of like, yep, there we are, there we are. You know, they were just at the door, just showing up. So it wasn't even so much of an ambush as it was an entrance, which I guess that's just their way of showing power and everything. But yeah, they do eventually freaking attack and uh this causes fucking sting to come out which it's cool but no disrespect to sting but it's one of those things kind of like uh seth roth that i kind of feel like i've lived through seeing sting come out and beat up guys like this my entire life you know i watched every time he came out live including these times including times back when he was a man called sting and he had blonde fucking hair i watched those times you know yeah so it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of nostalgia here happening. You know what did make me laugh about this shit? Because unlike the first time, nobody ran. But what was funny was uh Hobbs tried to step up the stand and Taz held him back. And when Taz held him back, my first thought was, see, Hobbs doesn't realize it, but that's a guy who was an ECW. Oh my god! There you go. Tony! Could it be? It could I like his music. It's not as good as WCW, oh, but it's definitely better than the crap that they gave him in uh freaking wwe you know so now what's team Taz going to do now <laughs> tony's funny man man it's so good to have tony shivani after all these years right and there he is, tony. still hanging in there man 
That's cool too. You know then we got the Angoid Sting! You know what I post? Just saw somebody post it. It's actually really cool. What's that? Tony Schiavone gave Sting his first interview in WWE. All these years later, Tony Schiavone gives Sting his first interview in AEW. You don't want to battle Sting in a baseball bat. Like the shit came full circle. He's too smart. And look at how good he looks. It's a smart move. That's cool, man. The presentation to this whole thing, the way, like, this works, man. I don't know why Sting has snow, but it's kind of silly. But aside from that, and I do like the Darby connection, even though Darby's a little small. Like, it's sort of cool that they're doing, like, the Batman and Robin thing with these guys, you know. See, this is how you use Legends. You notice how the Legends are used here without, uh... I mean, some of them don't do anything, which is a problem, but at least they're not in matches. Yeah. And we heard before, like I um, talked about before, when I talk about what they're going to do with Sting. If he does wrestle, it's going to be tag or cinematic to kind of get to make sure to work with what he can do at his age. Not just throwing him in main event world title matches like he's fresh out the fucking box. Yeah, and let him be in tag matches. Let him be a character and a personality. They did this right. And you know what, man? Sting is a draw. Let me tell you something. I When we first started this show uh, around 2014, Sting was one of the big things going on in WWE. It was around his return. I kind of feel like us covering that as a debut podcast really helped us because sure, we've elevated our numbers over the years, but like, I, I think that was a single digit episode and we were in the fucking thousands and thousands and thousands. It was a good time to start podcasting. It was literally like Sting, Mayweather, Diaz when we were first starting this shit. Oh, yeah. And we were bathing in views without trying, without people knowing who we were. I didn't have my mic or my setup like this. We didn't have like an, it was, it was terrible. Go and listen to the early episodes. But the whole point being that those sting, sting being in those episodes, I think is what started shit because that's how many people look this guy up, man. That's how many people want to hear about him. You don't understand. It's sting. That shit means something. Like I remember experiencing it firsthand when we have sting shit on automatically. We blow up. If we didn't give a fuck and it was about numbers, Destin and I could just turn on the live feed and go to sleep and leave that screenshot up and later on upload two hours of it with hashtag Sting, hashtag AEW, and it would probably get more hits than if we didn't. That's how much this man is fucking worshipped. WWE just jobbed him out the whole time because they like reminded us that WCW lost the war. I'm just saying, anybody anybody wants to see how they feel about Sting, just listen to the commentary of that Mania 31 match with Triple H. All J, all JBL did the whole time was talk about how they lost the world war. Mm-hmm. That's all they did. Have they mentioned that war one time in the three times we've seen them? Not a single one. Nope. All they have done is make you understand that this is fucking sting. It don't get bigger than this. <laughs> There's no, a certain really presence that comes with sting showing up. I agree. I agree. And there's a reason, like I mentioned with the thing with Taz, when Hobbs tried to run up, tried to get in Sting's face, stat, um, Taz backed him off. Why? Because Taz was wrestling around the times when Sting by himself would fuck up the entire NWO and now bring a sweat. Mm-hmm. That motherfucker, <laughs> Taz backed him up like, you don't understand. You don't know what that man does with that back. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Next we have, I don't know what, is Archer a babyface now? Is that what happened? 
it seems like see, he's I fighting off the Kingston crew, right? He's fighting off all those guys, and he's with he's with Phoenix and uh, he was with Phoenix it, and it, Penta. You know what it? You know what it almost feels? It felt more like just because of the way uh, Phoenix and Pentagon were um interacting with them. It seemed like that whole enemy of my enemy is my friend, uh-huh. or just enemy of guy I've never interacted with as my friend. Yeah, because I've seen him a few times now. Be be pushed that way, you know. Because yeah, I mean, I mean, we know there was that one time when uh, Kingston called him out. And it's kind of like I said before, Archer just always struck me as the kind of person where it's like you put your you put his name in your mouth wrong, and all hell's gonna break loose. Yeah, and there was a brief moment here where him and Pac were like they were ready to kill each other, you know, because they want they both wanted to get to Kingston though. Yeah, so that's kind of where I don't see it as much as like a face thing. Yeah, as much as just Eddie Kingston just pissed off a bunch of people at the same time. Yeah, and I'm not huge on Archer, but I will say that having the combination of him in this storyline where Pac, Phoenix, and Penta, that has interested me. Like, these guys, I haven't gotten, uh, you, you've known that I, I've, my most exposure to Penta and Phoenix has been here, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's me, I haven't ride with them boys since a good day. Yeah, and I, I, I gotta say, it's all positive, but Pac, that, that whole thing is really cool, like, adding him. I think that this is, like, a really it's solid story. It's such a complete opposite of what I saw in NXT, and that's why I love it so much. Yeah, so, what do you mean, stop saying that bad name? How's that a bad name? It's because it's an AEW. If it was Impact, it'd be fucking perfect. That's name not from AEW. I've been calling him Pac since all the way in Evolve. Yeah, he was pa- he was the bastard. I think the bastard thing started after a- after WWE. But yeah, he's been Pac for. I ever. I've been calling him Pac before they had NXT. I can't. What the fuck? <laughs> and the thing about this, he started the bastard after he left WWE. Guess what? The bastard's been working since after WWE. Like he says, call him the bastard. I was calling him Pac when he was on the same pay per view with fucking Samurai Del Sol and El Generico. He was he was in those of our pay per views. You know what? I prefer the bastard over the man that Gravity forgot the new sensation, Mighty Mouse. You know what? I did really like the presentation of the character of Neville. I do yeah, miss that. Cool. I'm not gonna lie. I think that the and way he, he looked, and the way his the his graphic looked of him and shit, it showed like almost like a, a semantics of him, you know, and like the way the music sounded when he came out was very high energy, and even the cape looked cool. And I I even like when they had him heel turn into this character, and uh, it was almost just like a darker version of the same intro. Yeah, I thought that that, that was, that was that everything was, kind of was done really well. Then they could have kept going. There's literally what was stopping them from making this guy a star with the way that they had him packaged and ready to go. Nothing but themselves. They wanted to get, they wanted to get Enzo off. Nothing but themselves. Oh, that's right. That's right. They fucking sacrificed him to Enzo. Yeah. And that's when Enzo became the leader of all of the of the two or five live guys. <laughs> God. And then fucking whatever what the tit showed up and just ruined it all. Oh man, what a strange time in wrestling it is, right? I never, I never imagined. I'm glad it paid off, man. The like the fact that I watched these dudes and all these different things back when it was all irrelevant, you know, and then right. it turned out to actually not be irrelevant. When when I think about it, that's literally the formula of wrestling because I kind of felt the same way about the stuff that's now gone down in history, like the Monday Night Wars. Like at the time when you were watching wrestling, especially back in that era, people would be like, "Oh, you watch that shit," so you would have never really imagined that. To me, that stuff felt just as irrelevant. Like I was watching, I wasn't thinking. I remember watching the fucking finger point of doom live, you know? And I didn't think this moment that I have just experienced is going to go down in history and they're going to call it something. It will be called the finger point of doom. And when you talk about it, people will look at you cautiously, nodding knowingly about this event that occurred that was like no one, like I remember thinking, oh, that was fucking NWO stupid shit. Like, and I didn't think twice about it. And now we talk about it like if it was this moment, like I'm surprised it's not a finger point of doom holiday. We should have one. 
not if everyone else doesn't celebrate, just us. We should find the date. <laughs> right. And in this show, we should celebrate Finger Point of Doom Day. I really want to do that shit. Happy Finger Point of Doom Day. Everybody yeah. remember. But that's what I, I mean. Love- like these like at the time, all of this stuff doesn't seem relevant until it is. Always remember that about wrestling. You might be looking at these guys thinking, oh, this sucks and that sucks, and later on you're gonna eat your words. I just love how speaking of the thing that sucks, I love how I look up at the top of the chat room. The first thing I see is Sting, it's just like Goldberg. Goldberg. That just killed every bit of credibility you could ever have right there. Goldberg. <laughs> if Sting hit his move now, Sting wouldn't be tired. Triple H will never admit it, but do you remember years ago when somebody on Tough Enough said that their favorite wrestler was Goldberg? I think I remember that. And Triple H just like went off on them, man. Like he went off. Wait, yeah, I remember that. He was Because every now and then that Tough Enough clip pops on my timeline. He treated them worse than he treated fucking, what's her name, Cameron, when she said that her favorite wrestling match was the one with Melina and Alicia Fox. Oh, yeah, fucking with Stone Cold was just like, who? Which to me is one of the greatest answers to anything I've ever heard in my entire life. That shit is up there with some people have maps. Just because they asked, what's her favorite wrestling match? And she said, the one with. With Melina and The one. She started the fucking sentence with the (laughs) one with Melina and Alicia Fox. Do you know who starts titles of sentences with the one with? Somebody who knows they answer but he. No. Every fucking episode of Friends. She just Friends titled a match. <laughs> Go back and watch any episode of Friends or look at the name. Every episode of Friends is actually called that. Like the one with Ross saying Emily or the one with the pants or the one with the teeth. That's the name of the Friends episodes. They all are called the one with. And so when you have I hear somebody say, oh, did you see the one with Chandler doing whatever? That's literally the name of the episode. They did that on purpose. So when I heard her say the one with... <laughs> The one with Melina and Alicia Fox. I was like, what is this, a Friends episode? Oh my God, that is wonderful. Oh, wow. I was just I was just informed about something by Stasis next to me. Breaking news. Holy shit, I can't even believe oh this. Do I have to, I have to get a breaking news? Drop. <laughs> the finger point of doom which I actually forgot, I remember this day, it was January 4th, 1999. Wait a minute. Isn't Wrestle Kingdom January 4th? Wrestle Kingdom is January 4th, 1999, as well as Monday. So, ladies and gentlemen, we will be having our Finger Point of Doom Day special. <laughs> Doomsday special. <laughs> so, in other words, Raw, on that day, you can eat a dick, all right? January 4th, the Finger Point of Doomsday. That's awesome. Yo, I am writing that title down and I'm saving it until that episode. Finger point of doomsday. Look at that, man. It worked out. We planned the fucking weekly and it and it worked out moments later. Okay, we gotta move on. That man, Christmas episode, huh? I mean, hey, we just fuck it. <laughs> so let's see. Uh we had a twelve man tag match, but it actually got reduced from being a twelve man tag match. Uh, which, by the way, before I even go into that, I want to talk just about a couple of health things that were going on in regards, because I know people are going to ask later on. But you first off, Jake was uh, not a dynamite. He said that uh, he has an illness, but it's nothing related to the COVID. He's been battling COVID, not to be confused with COVID, COPD, which is a breathing thing. So uh, he's not going to be able to appear because he's dealing with that. I don't know the severity of that 
or how bad that can be. But it's bad enough that he's not at dynamite. So hopefully everything's all right. I don't think, I mean, the fact that he said it's not COVID, I'm assuming that the COVID thing is not something that can't be treated. So that'll be cool, you know, especially because you know what? It's still 2020. There's still like fucking 10 days to go. And I really can't put up with anybody else fucking God forbid dying. So please exactly. don't let whatever the fuck the COVID thing is be nonsense because I've had enough of this fucking year, you know, if that's even possible. <laughs> you know, I probably had my fill by the first three months of this year. So that's the reason why Archer was out there alone and he didn't have the backing from Jake. Maybe that's part of the reason why he's hanging out with Death Triangle, for all we know. Yeah, could be. Uh, the 12-man match also had to be reduced, didn't it? Yeah, because uh, Wardlow was having um had a family issue he had to take care of, so he couldn't be there. Yeah, and I feel like whatever Wardlow's family issue is, I hope that wasn't serious for, like, I hope he didn't lose anybody serious because I noticed uh, Swagger did an ugly tribute to him no disrespect but disrespect because uh he did that uh he did that f10 yeah but it was uh oh, it just was rough it was really rough i don't want to jump so far ahead with just that. shouldn't do certain moves that's kind of yeah but it was a 12 yeah. man and i think they sat out on the other side i believe braxton sutter was it because they had to sit somebody else out because of the fact that he wasn't there i believe it was a i could be wrong about that yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was Braxton Sutter. He was, oh, was? supposed okay. to be in the match, but because it was top flight, uh, varsity blondes and the best friends. Okay. Let's make Sutter sure. was supposed to be the other man. Yeah, full disclosure, my notes are all disorganized today, so I'm literally just pulling the information out of the memory of everything that I read making them. So I was just like, I remember, it being, I remember it being Braxton Sutter that had to be pulled out because the other guy was sick. So there you go. Or he was out of family issue. So that's the explanation for that. In regards to that, despite that, I really enjoyed this, what, now 10-man tag match? Um, because that's yeah. my kind of stuff in wrestling. I've always, and I've said this before in here, I've always been the guy that is really into shit like the Freebirds and the Von Erics, those kind of things. That's, if I really look back at wrestling and all of the times that I've really been into it and really wanted to watch it and, like, the stuff that I go back and watch, it's always that kind of stuff. And that doesn't mean I don't like singles matches or just other stuff. But the things that really resonate with me going way back has always been stuff like Freebirds and the Von Erichs, even DX and the Nation to bring it a little bit more um, to current people who are probably younger. But you know what I mean? So when I see these kind of 10-man things and they're done well and they have personality, that's my preferential style of wrestling. Uh, and I thought that it was done extremely well. All of these guys have great chemistry, and we even got a fucking six-way hug during this. How can you possibly not that like something awesome. that has a six-way hug? And apparently, I'm, I'm <laughs> I guess Orange Cassidy was also hugging Tony Schiavone, even though it was off camera, because when the hug was going on, it was like, oh, that's nice. Cassidy's hugging me, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because Cassidy with the commentary. He just leaned yeah, no, the... When he got the commentary, they go, his mic's not even plug in. JR goes, he probably doesn't care. And don't ask me why, man. As stupid as, and this is what I mean, why some, some comedy for me works with them, because I like humor. Obviously, I like, I like family guy and shit like that. Some comedy with me works and some comedy doesn't. I mean, don't ask me why this works, but I, I really like him on Mike. I really like the fact that Orange Cassidy is on commentary. It added, it added to the match for me, as dumb as that is. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's because with Orange Cassidy, when he does certain things you've never seen him do, because of the gimmick, you're intrigued to watch it. See, like, like the look, fucking ladder match. Like he the said that and Chuck Taylor, look at he smiles. Care, has to climb a ladder. And he's just there. <laughs> I like that he's they just, just look over smile. He just, that's I love, it. Like, it, it, it even had to point out the fact that his mic was not plugged in. <laughs> he's just fucking holding. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That was the best commentary thing ever. But it's so funny that when they went in for that six-way hug, that apparently he, he tugged, he, <laughs> hugged, he hugged one of them. 
on the side there. I just thought that, that was, was a, hilarious. Yeah, that was, that was Excalibur. Yeah, that's the one oh, he hugged right Excalibur? Next. Oh, that sucks. Should have hugged Tony. Tony. Oh, my God. It's like, the stuff works. Like Every now and then, you got to just make people laugh. And that's what AEW does. If you want to laugh, they have shit for you. Yeah. But, yeah, speaking of... uh, Let's bring it back a little bit. I want to have it on the screen first. But yeah, speaking of cool intros, we talked about how cool they are when they come out. I like this the way I like the NWO or uh, or DX or something coming out. You know, it's just that kind of energy, you know? Here in AEW right now. I, I dislike the fact that there's always somebody missing. Like before it was Santana. Now it's Wardlow. Like that first day was awesome where like everybody came out together. They just have a good look. Sometimes package presentation is more important than anything and this stable has that man like when they come out they look awesome and it's like i said before because it's so many different walks of life yeah i think it's one of the coolest stables i've seen in years it has an element to it yeah i really i'm really digging it i never thought i would like a current stable you got the pretty boy in mjf you got basically the street fighters of santana ortiz a vet in jericho like there's so many different personalities that that come together in different walks of life, and it all just fits together like a puzzle piece. It's great. Yeah, this is really cool. Yeah, you got to give credit when something's really good, and this is up there with and it's really crazy good to think, stuff. This is Jericho's first faction. This is the first time I've liked the stable outside of WWE this much since Fortune. Honestly, you know, and I consider Fortune like a top tier stable. You know that. You don't like non callous. Oh, you yeah. don't like impact wrestling. You don't like yeah, I think one of my favorite moments. It was a, it was a, it wasn't like a major Just, thing. Speaking but, uh, of, uh, speaking that face off between PNP, uh, Santana and Ortiz and the best friends, because they mentioned it's the first time they've all been in the same place together since that parking lot brawl. Yeah, it is. But I like the fact that was like a little nod to it, you know? And it was like on site. It's like, okay, here we go again. Oh, yeah, because of what you did to Sue's van, man. That shit's not going to be forgotten ever. We don't forget things you do to moms in wrestling, man. I still haven't forgotten about Judy Bagwell on a pole. You fucking stupid. You know? You're not going to forget what happens to moms on this shit. What about when fucking uh, Shane had to fight to protect Linda from Kane? My God. You know? Oh. But yeah. I'm going to go this... back and watch those Raws again for that feud. That's what I got. But yeah, this is definitely my style of stuff because I love big matches like this. I know some people don't. The only time I don't like it is when it's a battle royal or some sort of a clusterfuck. This was clearly designed to be organized, you know, and to look good. Yeah. And look at that freaking Brian Pillman Jr. out there going like. Yeah, he looks solid. He looks really solid. Everyone's doing really good. They need to give him more time so that we can learn a little bit more about him. But I do definitely yeah. like the formula of stuff that we have going on here. And again, this is a company that I'm critical of a lot, but I'm just saying that you can watch it and enjoy it. You know, there's just entertaining shit happening almost all the time. E even because the, th the thing about it is when stuff's going wrong here. What makes it okay is the fact that it's not just going wrong because of lack of effort. Yeah, I can't. With raw, when shit them, goes you know? wrong, it's because they didn't fucking try. Yeah. AEW, oh, right. they just made a bad decision. Mm -hmm. Certain things went wrong. So it's able to, you kind of, you were able to power through it a little bit more. And that's also why, like I've said, week in and week out, I don't give them as much shit. Yeah. And Jericho, again, it looks yeah. like he's struggling with this indie style and he is, he's slowing down, man. Um, He's trying to keep up. I give him credit, but it's like, holy shit, man. Yeah. It feels weird because it looks to me like every time I see him, he's been working out. And every time I see him, 
he's been trying to keep up. And every time I see him, he's slowed down more somehow. That must yeah. be frustrating because it's not like, oh, look at this lazy. He looks like he's really working, man. It looks like this guy's hitting the gym. It looks like it's just, it might just be the age is accelerating faster than the working out and the ring ring shape is working, man. He's slowing down. So. Yeah, I mean, hey, I give the man credit. It's his age, giving it all he's still got. But it's like, how, yeah. how, at what point does your body just say, nope, no more? Mm-hmm. So uh, Hager hits that ugly F10 to go over, which uh, very disappointing. I get it. You wanted to do a tribute to Wardlow. But man, of all people to give a move to that he doesn't normally do. Jake Hager, I remember you, Swagger. I know what happens when you do moves. I like you better here, but I know what you doing moves equals. Let me see if I could, uh, can I get the spot where that happens? Such a chaotic match. It's hard to, uh, hard to even know where the hell it is. And there's always, that's something they have to stop doing. There's always some fuckery that goes on after the match is over. That's another reason why it's hard for me to find finishes on this thing. Because like, holy shit, you guys have so much stuff that happens. It's like no one can just leave the ring anymore here. You see, that's a criticism there. Like they need more people that are just going to be able to get up and leave the ring. And that's not something that they do here. Yeah, still watching the uh, the chaos unfold. Yeah, but I mean, hey, everybody got their moment in the sun to shine in this match, which I like. Nobody was ever just nobody was just left out. No, nobody was left out. The match came together really well. Good timing and everything. Uh, even those guys, those little jungle boy rejects uh, that was there. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Gift cares. Yeah. He's like, he's like, a, he's like a tall jungle boy. Like. Yeah. Lanky jungle boy. Even even he's all right. You know, better than the colored hair, than, than the purple-haired uh, freaking Jay White that they used to have an impact. Oh, yeah, fucking Ace Austin. <laughs> yeah. You know what the bad part about Jay it is? Blue. Like, it, it, you know what the bad it, Impact, uh, Ace Austin, once again, suffered from impact booking because if he was anywhere else, that kid's great, but... Look this, this, look at this move. Look at look at him hitting the... Oh, <laughs> is this it? Is This has to be it. Yeah, that's that's it. Ooh. Ooh. Ugly. Ugly, and then he tags in First fucking all, MJF, and see that's very heelish. MJF comes in and tags, and all he does is take the pin. <laughs> They're still trying to make him like the asshole of the group. It's, that's why I kind of like it's like he's like he's the dick of the group, but it's like everybody just kind of tolerated it now. Everybody's mm-hmm. just like you know he's an asshole, but I mean for the sake of the group. Yeah, totally. But yeah, but hey, yeah, it was a it was a good uh good big man tag team match. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What else did we have? We also had uh. Britt and Reba, who wound up beating up Thunder Rosa during her interview, which that probably wasn't the smartest move to make. Yeah, you know, pissed off the wrong one. But it's kind of um, interesting that when Britt put her in the lockjaw, very specifically, Reba uh, poured water on her face and they basically smeared some of her face paint. Yeah. That is a bad decision. <laughs> there was one time that Darby Allen's face paint looked very elaborate. I wonder if she went backstage and said, let me show you how the pros do it. Right. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? I figured I, I I figured out and I'd seen how many people were there, even including fucking Kyrie Sane. Do you know fucking Thunder Rosa was in Lucha Underground too? Oh yeah? Yeah, she was a a character known as Cobra Moon. She was there too. And even like I said, even Kyrie Sane was there. It was one match, but she was there. Yeah, see there, this was crazy. Brit's such a heel. She's such an asshole and it's great. Brit is such a heel. But she works very well. Like she, she does a very good job at everything she oh, yeah. does. She's an awesome human. I am gonna miss her. Yeah, because fucking, 
<laughs> you know, pissed off throwing the rose. That's I'm gonna miss you after that. Yes. Like, damn, man, I really liked you, bro. Fucking Nyla hurt you on accident. This bitch go do it on purpose. Yeah, really. And yeah, I know Britt George talking about she's bad in the ring. You don't get the fuck. <laughs> and it's funny because Britt Baker recently tweeted out, and uh, she said, "Imagine being the face of the division, the first woman signed, a role model, Michael Jordan, the baddest bitch on the block, a dentist, and still not have an action figure with a pouty face emoji." And uh, Alundra Blaze Medusa tweeted, oh, "I bet they hate it. when that happens." <laughs> and, she said, and she said, well, let's see. I believe you just learned how to tie your boots and you got handed your position. It's almost 2021 and women's wrestling is fast tracking. I'm sure you will have one soon. However, it took me 20 plus years before I received mine. Some people just earn respect differently. Damn. That was a little bit too savage to be an angle, right? <laughs> like what the- but then again, let's be real. At this point, I've known this seems like shit with Medusa just fucking heat. Like, <laughs> he really does, right? You know, you know how you. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you how I know because I I used to like I said before I watched Medusa's entire time as a monster truck driver. That's how she used to cut shit fucking promos afterwards. Do you think Britt Baker was handed everything? I don't think so. No, that girl earned it. What were her credentials prior to AEW as far as anything? I know she had wrestled some places on the Indies, and I know she was at least enough of a name to where I mean she was the first person they signed. But I wouldn't say handed though. Let's have a look at Britt Baker because I mean. I know of her, but I don't know, like, her credentials, you know? Okay, so let's have a look here. Professional wrestling, career. She was in DDT Pro Wrestling, where she was the Iron Man heavyweight, heavy metalweight champion one time. Two-time IWC Women's Champion and International Wrestling Cartel. Monster Factory, Pro Wrestling Illustrator 22 female. That's current, actually. 22 of top. 100 female remix pro wrestling championship one time one time rew pakistan 24 7 champion and revolution eastern wrestling wrestle circus wc big top tag team championship with adam cole uh and zello pro wrestling women's championship one time yep they fucking handed that to her yeah the only thing that she's missing is the fucking ringling brothers and barnum and bailey championship <laughs> Hey man, that fucking Ranker King though. Don't just forget King. Yeah, they had like, how did she go from all of that nothing to being an AEW? You know what I mean? No, this is. I mean, I guess. Well, why am I even saying that? That seems to be the signature thing that the company does. But you know, Brit Brit's cool. But yeah, they definitely, definitely gave Brit that position, man. Hey, maybe they saw the potential there. Oh yeah, you know for sure. But I'm just saying that 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 I can see where Alundra's coming from. Brit yeah. was nothing before AEW. You know, like, and then that's not downplaying indie work, but you know what I mean as a name, as a draw. It it just it just wasn't, just not doing it. Ugh. All right. So, anyway, what do we have after that? Uh, the twelve man. We had uh, Brit thing uh, with the Thunder Rosa. Then we had Kaz and Daniels. They get shitted out of by the, by the rapper guys, right? They had the fucking acclaimed by the acclaimed rappers not critically acclaimed just regular acclaimed <laughs> you stupid <laughs> you know what and i don't even care what his rap was but kazarian beat him he got beat by a middle-aged white man in rapping you cannot come back out here no, and rap next week if you come out and rap next week i will mute you because a middle-aged white man wrecked your shit i wasn't even expecting it you know what the funny thing about it is literally the only thing really that you could you could even criticize kaz on he was a little off. He was a little off the beat sometimes, but the motherfucker, like lyrics wise, fucking destroyed him. 
Dusty, the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. Now, I'm not known for my battle rap ability, but hell, even I can do better than that. So, yo, I hope you dudes wrestle better than you rap, because what I heard and they heard sounded like crap. (laughs) Wow. You got your big gold chain and you're out here dissing? Are you the acclaimed or are you men on a mission? That shit killed me. (laughs) You're trying to drop rhymes. You're trying to make hits. Just like the year 2020, that whole thing was the shit. Oh, they muted too late. Too late. Too late. Well, listen, green boys, I'm going to give you a pass. Because Cavs and CD about to beat your dumb ass. Like I said, the only thing you can kind of all call and shut the words they quite catch the beat. So besides that, fucking bad. Look at that white dude. Wrecked you. Oh, that's why the guy Casma had to get a rapper given. And then the rappers wind up going over Cass and Daniels. And then ironically, Cass and Daniels seem to have some issues with each other. I'm sick of guys having issues with each other in this company. Everybody pissed. Hey, 2020 been rough. That 2020 rage. Yeah. Uh, big swole teams with Serena Deeb going over Ivelisse and... Uh, Diamante, Diamante. Uh, with an ugly version, there. ugly version. Maybe it's just because I'm a Malenko fan. Ugly version of the Texas Cloverleaf. They, they shouldn't say that that's Malenko's version. Malenko's version is not ugly. How could it be both Malenko's version and ugly at the same time? It's one or the other. You know, Big Swole actually uh, should go to the same performance center that they sent Keith Lee and Otis. Well, I mean, Keith Lee and Otis don't need to go to the performance center, so there's, there's a problem there. Yeah. And then afterwards, Vicky and her uh, and her stable, uh, uh, is that what they're called? I have no idea. I don't. Even, I don't even think they have a name yet. I, I, I mean, that's really lazy. If it's just her crew. Yeah, I don't. I don't even, yeah, I don't even think they've actually named it yet. They just yeah. They come out and they they do heel stuff and they start picking the bones and so on and so forth. Vicky even gets some stomps in during this. You notice that Vicky's participating. Yeah. And then Red Velvet comes off for the save. So. Uh, I guess Red Velvet is uh being distanced from the uh from the angle that she was in before. Yeah, I guess the whole thing stepping out from um under Brandy. So. Yo, by the time AEW I mean, is one, like had to do, so. by next year, everyone's gonna be in an angle with Brandy. Oh my god! Everybody. YouTube series angles with Brandy. Yeah, Brandy, <laughs> Brandy, Brandy. <laughs> I'm going in. I'm going in. I'm going in, Brandy. Brandy. <laughs> Is this the Texas Cloverleaf that she was using? Ooh. Look at that. Come on. Duh. Who? How dare? That is not Dean Malenko's Texas. What? I w- I'm more sure of it. See, it's cool that she brought the knee down and all that shit. Yeah, but that doesn't make the rest of it look any less ugly. Yeah, that girl needs to work on her way. form. Not for nothing but that power bomb. I'm not going to keep this on there too long, but that power bomb that she hit. Oh, big swole. That, no. Not right now, man. See, 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 see. The way the reason the way they think Keith Lee and Otis need to go back to the PC is a reason Otis is we fucking swole needs to go back. Yeah, like she needs to pilot, and it doesn't mean they can't fix her. You know what I mean? But like, like certain she things has like the personality and the charisma. It's just the wrestling needs look, to get there. Look at Vicky stomps. I love Vicky kicks and stomps. Yeah, yeah, get it, Vicky, get it, get it. There you go, there you go. Kick her ass, Vicky. 
fucking love Vicky. I, swear to I love manager attacks, man. Vicky has those manager kicks and slaps, man. That's the yeah, best. Manager kicks. And then we have Red Velvet, who I don't even remember Red Velvet until she started getting attacked. Then it was like, oh no, Red Velvet got attacked. I was like, who? She was one of those girls, like, yeah, but yeah, to watch her on dark, know her. Like, they try to sneak them in, kind of like they did with Jane Cargill. It was like, who was this? Who the fuck is this bitch? I love to hear Jim, Jim Cornette be like, I figured that Shaq was fucking this girl. And then oh she wanted to get God. into the business. <laughs> oh, my God. As much as I can't stand Cornette nowadays, that shit made me laugh. So then we get Kenny Omega versus Joey fucking Janela. Yeah, basically a uh, world title eliminator. If Janela, by the power of Grace Gold, would have won, he'd have got the title shot. Finish being two V triggers. Janela sold the second one like a moron. I'm tired of him finding ways to even be a moron when he gets his ass kicked. Like, he legit sold that second V trigger. Did you see what he did? <laughs> I've seen it. Let me get that shit on the screen for you guys. We have a moment of silence for this hell and this V trigger. No, I'm just trying to find the Dang. exact spot. <laughs> oh, I know. I was buying time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Much appreciated because we do it live, Holy folks. Shit, this V trigger. So here's our finish here. Oh. The V triggers always look good, but did he have to sell the second one like that? That's what I mean. Like sometimes shit is too goofy for me. Yeah, see, like that's just like what? W- Come on, man. And then even little things. I'm gonna get picky here, and I know we gotta move along because it's late. But fuck, it's a Christmas episode. But little things like uh, the way he did the one winged angel there. You know, like it kind of like he helped himself up. You know what I mean? Like watch. Like when you're supposed, if you're going to go through the trouble to be incapacitated, then at least have Kenny pick you up for the one winged angel. He's such a novice that he's more or less getting up into it. Watch how much it looks like he's not being picked up. That's terrible. You got to make it look more like like, Jesus. Like fucking Kenny's doing the work. So lazy. I liked Omega hitting that garbage can moonsault. Then he stomps him with the garbage can. Um, I love fucking Callus and Omega doing their own commentary. I love that he was whipping his ass while doing his own commentary like The Rock used to do. <laughs> like he had the mic and had Janela under one arm. I didn't even see him do that shit when he was the cleaner originally. He called this his match super while cleaner. whipping his ass because it was just Joey Janela. I mean, look what he did to Sonny Kiss. He co- he completely destroyed him. Kill shot in Sonny. I don't think we've seen Sonny since. Wait, no, no, no. Sonny was around for this match. Never mind. Yeah. Janela at least has a good leg drop through the table that... uh on Omega that Sunny Kiss did set up outside for him. Got, I love when he picked him up by his pigtails like said, and he said to the microphone, he was like, I'm going to pick you up by your little pigtails. <laughs> He's such a dick and it's wonderful. Yeah, totally. AEW champ, baby. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Very cool stuff. Yeah, you know? I mean, hey, look at that. Look at that. Fucking AEW gave us the cleaner back. Mm-hmm. And then they afterwards... Worked for they worked for it, but they did and then afterwards, Death Triangle comes to the ring, and then Pac points out that Phoenix had won his number one contenders match a while back, and he never got a match, which means that they should have a match, which is why they decided that December 30th, AEW Dynamite Omega versus Phoenix. And that is how they go that off the air. to be nuts. Now listen, I didn't, I didn't watch uh, all of freaking Final Battle. Certain wrestling hadn't been great so i don't really think maybe next week we'll cover because it's more christmas and it was getting late i don't really feel like anything super important happened there i also didn't watch impact but i'm not gonna watch impact i glanced on impact i can't do it i can't watch impact 
as all, all of the as, entertainment as, from the world would have to fucking evaporate. For for Impact to be watched, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, AEW, AEW Dark, fucking Ring of Honor, and everything else would just have to not be there that week. Their roster is slightly worse than mine, and I don't have a wrestling promotion. You know, like that's how I'm literally looking at Impact. I, like Impact's fucking awful. I am going to talk about Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, and we are going to run that here. We're going to run all of that shit. Yeah, of course. But the other Impact stuff, I'm going to, from now on, I'm going to be cuberting my way around Impact and making sure that I only hit the bright squares. Which basically means we're probably not talking Impact anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And let's be real. This shit was good, not because Impact. This shit was good because we watched New Japan when the Bullet Club was still around. Yeah, this is the same thing that TNA has always done. is taking other people's shit and, and, and putting it in there, not changing it, just, just putting it in their stuff so that they'll draw ratings. Like, that's typical TNA. It's not like a, they came up with anything. I'm supposed no, to see Kenny Omega and Gallows thing. and Anderson. You know, I, I've seen that for years. And years before that, I saw the original. I saw Finn Balor and Gallows and Anderson, which is how the whole fucking thing started. All I'm saying you is, known as the biggest thing in Impact right now is somebody who's not on the Impact roster. Yeah, and that's only they're trying to get the, the mainstream buzz. I love Kenny Omega. Don't get me wrong about that. At the same time, though, um, Kenny Omega came like like as a late choice in the Bullet Club. It's not like New Japan was saying, you know, what would be really cool if we had the cleaner Kenny Omega in the Bullet Club as the leader, and this was the formula. No, the original vision they they adjust. Ghetto adjusts a lot when he books. The original vision was what it was: Finn Balor with Gallows and Anderson, and with uh the the Tongan guys. That was it. That was the Bullet Club. The end. You know what I mean? And it was Finn Balor's vision, really. So when you look at it, when he left and he went to WWE, um, they had to make adjustments. AJ Styles was a lucky adjustment, you know, and it just was the good timing. The Kenny Omega thing, as much as it worked out, and I actually feel like that became a better version, believe it or not, than even Balor or Styles, who were more known for it. That was an accident. It was like, well, who do we got? You know? Because remember, they didn't even know until they didn't know until Wrestle Kingdom was when they informed everybody. They informed everyone in New Japan that they were going back to America. They didn't know until Wrestle Kingdom. AJ and Gallows and Anderson did it at the same time. And they had to fix it. They even said it. The ghetto was like, them too, AJ too. Oh. Like, they remember they they they, they had a freak out when that happened. So the, and the Omega stuff is not really... You're calling it the old Bullet Club, George. But that's it's not really the old Bullet Club. It's actually the new Bullet Club in a lot of ways. Because we had already gone through several versions of them. To the point where they're two leaders down. He's like, you're even skipping when Adam Cole was there. You know, so, you know, it's not the old Bullet Club. It's Kenny Omega and then Gallows and Anderson. And and how is New Japan Pro Wrestling involved? No one of those guys are wrestling there right now. Gallows and Anderson are going to leave Impact and go to Japan, but. Yeah. Rich Swan's interesting, too, and he's always really good. So lucky everyone that's in this angle isn't shitty, you know, so that we can actually play some of it and not have to, like, blindfold ourselves. But one of the cool things about this was uh, Kenny Omega, he's backstage with Don Callis and he's getting annoyed watching certain things that are happening with the champion of uh tna i, I don't i forget the name Impact. rich 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 swan disrespecting a good brother like this, this does he know who i am 2012 g1 finalist right here folks king of fukuoka. the king of fukuoka exactly let's forget about rich okay let, let, let's let's forget about rich he's he's he's, he's not in our leagues okay he's he's, yeah. he's a bitch he's, right. he's rich the bitch well, that's see, all he's rich okay. the bitch see kenny's just said it all you've yeah. got Satan why don't you about. go 
You're going to let them treat you like this? Why don't you go out there, take your name back? You're supposed to be the guy. Come on, man. You're not going to take this, are you? Time out. You guys yeah. are trying to work up the machine gun. You're the guy. <laughs> you guys like working me up. Yeah. You know what? I'm not going to let you guys right, throw me out. I'm going to handle Sable. I'm going to get ready. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. He knows we're working. Don't worry. No. Actually, no. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of pissed off. I'm, uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm not going to. Rich Swan? I'm not going to let this guy run around and run the show. It's uh, not what I'm here. Not on my time. I, I came here to make this about it. About me, about us. Yeah, it's this about us. This isn't about Rich Swan, okay? This isn't, this isn't about I Rich like Swan. it. It's not about Rich Swan, no, I'm sorry. Sorry about what I'm going to do. It's, it's, uh, it's been a long time coming. So there's a little bit of foreshadowing in regards to what's going to happen with uh, Rich Swan. I wonder how this is going to yeah. turn out. I think Rich Swan's totally going over. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, well, then, finally, we get to the match. Rich Swan is doing impact shit. But we'll skip right past that and get to something that's relevant to real wrestling. And there's Rick Swan. There's the world champion, the Impact World Champion. Rick saw exactly what happened. Rick Swan spoiling the party for Carl Anderson. He's a champ. He kind of does what he wants sometimes. So much happening here at Impact Wrestling. Kenny Omega watching. Done. Done. You're right. You're you're right about one thing. Champ. Champ does what he wants. What are you thinking? Watch a master at work. What? 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 Okay, wait. Oh, God. You don't even need to cheat like that. You don't need to cheat like that. Hey, you Get up, son. Get up. <laughs> hey, Don, Don, get in there, get in there, get in there, yeah, and yeah, show him this, show him the belt. Look at the show belt. belt. That's the hey, real world champion's belt. Hey, Rich, hey, cameraman, take a look. Take ah. a look. Hey, Rich, this may be your house. This is the yeah. best version of the, the Bullet Club because it has Don Callis. As long as you're a wrestler, this is my world, and you're just living in it. What do you think, kid? What do you think, boys? Yeah. yeah. Hard to kill? Yeah. We reformed the old Bullet Club. Oh, I see three of them. <sighs> I, I see that. three of us. Hard to kill. Yeah, you guys wanted it. We're going to give it to you. You Gun. know what? I don't, I don't like to throw around the old EVP power, but uh, Here we go. I'm going to do it right now. Do Consider this match made. Hard to kill. Rich Swan, the Motor City Machine Guns against Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion, and the Good Brothers. <laughs> Impact Tag Champions, three on three, hard to kill. That's a main event, kid. That sounds good to me. You know that just is? sounds kind of sweet. Biz yeah, me. Four. Life. Goodbye, Impact Zone. Sure. And good night. Bang. Well, that's what everybody wanted. Just not on this show. Impact, you better consider yourself lucky. We graced you with Bullet Club. We sure did. We sure did. And as acceptable payment, we will take competent wrestling. Let's talk later about their ratings this week, now that everybody knows what Impact's like. But I'm going to save that for the end. Let's talk about their fucking numbers later, huh? Let's talk about the the impressive numbers that Impact brought in, now that people had that draw last week. Remember the draw where I was like, you guys should have had better shit on here if everybody's going to see it. Let's see what happens to their numbers later. You know? And, uh, we also had another one of those fucking paid advertisements, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Am I going to be doing this every week? 
We might fucking have to. Uh, the following announcement is paid for by All Elite Wrestling. It's great to be on cable access TV. Following this program, you will see the latest city council meeting. And now the owner of AEW, Tony Khan. Thank you very much, Mr. Shivani. It's great to be here on Impact Wrestling, helping to fund your program via these paid ads. You get a lot of nice things here on Impact Wrestling. One of those things is you get to see the AEW world champion, Kenny Omega. I'm going to let you keep seeing Kenny. I'm not going to slap an injunction on him because I think Kenny Omega is one of the two best wrestlers in the world, along with John Moxley, who he stole the championship from. I think there's nobody better than Kenny Omega to go around and show the image of AEW. I just wish he hadn't won the title the way he did. Don Callis, you came to my show and you taught me a lesson. You taught me nothing, Don. We did our biggest rating of the year. I got one of the greatest champions in the world, and he's out doing free press for us that I'm not paying for. I'm happy to pay for these ads, though, Don, and I'm going to teach you a thing or two about the wrestling business. I'm going to see Kenny tomorrow. You're welcome to come with him if you want, and then I'll start teaching you your lessons. Lesson number one would be where to watch Access. I don't even know where to find it. If you ask your smart TV to put on Access, it says, dude, why? All right, we'll be on TNT wow. tomorrow night with eight. <laughs> smart, man. Seven Central. Here's the lineup. Hangman Adam Page, teams yeah, of members of the hard. Dark Order, TV take on Matt Hardy and Private Party. The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, one-on-one -on -one against Angelico of TH2. The two greatest wrestlers in Impact history now with AEW, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Gazarian. They will take on the hot new young duo of the acclaimed coming up tomorrow night. You know, I asked Daniels and Kazarian, remember when Impact had fans when they were TNA? And they said, no, we don't. And wow. then we'll have a gigantic wow. man tag match tomorrow night live. Tony, Inner man. Circle, Chris Jericho, I love Tony. MJF, <laughs> Sandy Guevara, Santana Ortiz, Wardlow, Jake Hager against the men who came to the aid of Orange Cassidy a week ago. Top Flight, the Varsity Blondes, Brandon Cutler, and the Best Friends. Sting will be with us live. Plus, the bad boy Joey Janela can earn a shot at wrestling's top prize if he can beat the champion, Kenny Omega. Don, you're welcome to come with him, and I'll start teaching you your lessons about the wrestling business. Thank you, Impact Wrestling. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. That was awesome. All the while, notice nobody plugged what Impact was doing next week. On their own thing. But they're not doing anything. That's the thing. They have exactly. such an opportunity. They didn't keep, spoiler, they didn't keep those fans, man. Those fans saw that shit and ran. They saw that last week episode and they, they're gone. That's it. That's it. They'll never be seen again. You could you could afford to do that shit. In, oh, this was their last shot, man. You could afford to do that at any other point, man. There's so much wrestling to watch now. You can't bring out that shit product that I saw last week and then think that you're going to keep those fans. They're lucky that right. they're going to have hard to kill. And then, and then the fans are going to leave again. They're going to just show up there. They're visiting. It's a nice place to visit. Sure, wouldn't want to live there. It is. It's not even like they're going to have Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers wrestling every match. Yo, Tony, I need you to hear more, Tony. This is the post show for AEW. Oh my god. Okay. Let me. I need you to hear more of this man here. He's on the roster. Uh, that's a good question. Who would I like to see on the roster? Who's out there available? I'm not going to say anybody from the WWE because that would be tampering. So, oh yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Gallows and Anderson because they're friends of mine and they work for a shitty promotion. So, wouldn't mind that. <laughs> they're friends of mine and they work for a shitty promotion. Notice nobody ever puts. Notice like that when they when they have Omega come over, nobody's ever put over TNA at that moment. 
They're putting oh over the God. fact that the AEW world champion is here. They're definitely doing this as a favor for TNA, though, because they the numbers yeah. prove that they don't have any fans over there. You know, like, what are we getting over here in the that AEW was no, side? That was yeah, nothing shit. but AEW fans that came over and just decided to watch it. You just come come check them out. And then, unfortunately, the problem with you showing AEW fans impact is that you're showing AEW fans impact. You do realize that then the AEW fans are going to see impact, right? And that means that then they'll be watching impact. AEW fans, that couldn't be more opposite. That's like if you bought a bunch of Yankees Mets uniforms. You know, it couldn't be more the opposite of the fucking like world. Like, let's put this in perspective. Impact's putting on this garbage product while we have had AAA, Ring of Honor, and New Japan all return. This is like Triple H and Shawn Michaels throwing a barbecue in Montreal. Oh, you know? God. Nothing good's coming from it. Like this, like <laughs> Not a single thing. And yeah, like we said, we didn't watch Impact last week, this past week. And guess what? I'm not watching this shit tomorrow. Something amazing. One of you guys, anyone from the chat room, or someone would have to message me during the week on my Twitter at Rick Daraman, and you would have to uh, literally say, "Hey, check this out. This was really good. You need to see this and explain to me why it's good." Kind of like that time that we tried to watch a good MVP match years ago, and everyone said that all his best shit was in Japan. And we went through all the Japan stuff and it was the same stuff. And not to say that he was bad, but everyone made it seem like it was one of those things where when you see this guy in Japan versus the way he is in in WWE, you'll understand. And I've been there before. I've been like, sure, I get it. Because that's happened to me with countless people. I was just like, I had my doubts that it would happen to me with MVP. And it was fucking true. It's not that he's bad, but it was MVP in Japan. All right. Well, we're done talking about Impact, I think. Oh, of course. I was done talking about Impact before we talked about Impact. <laughs> all right. Thank God. All right, NXT. Um, all right, we can talk about some NXT. We had a uh, Leon Ruff had that match with Austin Theory. Was that the yeah, first Leon thing that Ruff happened? And, that was a uh, Leon Ruff and Kushida versus Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory, now known as uh their entire group known as the Way. The Way. And you know w- the, you know exactly what popped into my head when w- I heard that. H E Y. I'm kidding. D Way. Do you know D Way? So uh, there was a bad bump. Let me see if I could bring it up on screen here. There was a bad Leon Roth bump, man. Got to be careful was, out there, kid. I don't want to lose you so soon. Like, ooh, no. Look at this, man. Somebody tripped. I can't think of a worse time to trip. Look at her. You could tell everybody got worried that was in the match, too, when this happens. It's on this referee's mind. Needs to get control. Holy shit, dude. Wait. Ooh. He, he, he caught no air, man. The air fucking went to the other side. It was like, I'll be over here. Drop. I'll be over here. I, when I first saw it, I had to rewind because I didn't realize what happened. I was like, what happened to him? It just felt like he disappeared. Look what, what is this woman? Like? It's on this referee's mind. Needs to get control. Oh, bro. I hope he's okay. In all seriousness, that didn't work out. I see what I mean, and this is why people are starting to criticize those spots. Like everyone's doing those. That's why Jr. Even though he got heat, he's right. That's crowd diving shit. Like all the time, it goes a little crazy. Even if you know what you're doing, you always up the percentage. The more you do something risky, the the more you higher the rate of the risk. You know, gotta be careful. Gotta be really careful, man. Especially when you're that size. No disrespect to him, but you're coming out of the air like that. I remember again going back to Miz not catching our truth. I remember our truth having to be carted out. And it was that same bump. 
So, you know, don't Ooh. underestimate that bump when you're not supposed to take it. Sure, there's, there's special situations where they plan on it, but uh, this wasn't one of them. <laughs> uh, what else did we have that happened here? We had uh, we had Champa, who basically is having a match against, what was that, one of the Thatcher students? Yeah, Tyler uh, Rust. Yeah, and he's leaving the seat pulled up for uh, Timothy Thatcher to show up, which he does show up. And I guess that means that they're continuing this feud, right? Oh, yeah, that was definitely not a one and done. Yeah, no, he said he knew he'd come. He did. I knew you'd come, but it was more like he he left that seat there specifically for him to show up. And you know, just I gotta smart, say, like, don't just, don't just one off that one. Yeah, and I gotta say that other guy that was there, that dude, uh, the 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 student, I keep forgetting his name. They uh, really yeah, let him, uh, Tyler Rust. Yeah, they really let him have a good match, huh? Yeah, they let that kid eat. That yeah. boy hung in there. <laughs> no, I was surprised when I saw him. I was just like, holy crap. Like they really gave you, they really gave you your stuff. Let me see if I could uh, bring up some of that. We're running late, so I'm not going to be able to bring up everything, unfortunately, fellas. But just so you get a little bit of an idea here, you know, I feel I don't want everybody to be like, oh, we did all the AEW shit, and then we didn't do the the, the NXT. I don't want to hear any of that shit right tonight. Right. But yeah, he, he looks good. He looks good in the ring, and I'm surprised that Champa did so much selling for him. I mean, Champa's clearly no longer as protected as he used to be. I don't know if they don't have plans, or they're not sure what they're going to do, or what. I almost would have just thought they was like, all right, let's freaking see what you can do against a former NXT champion and just let that kid go. Yeah, maybe. It could be looked yeah. at that way. I mean, we've seen sometimes where they just throw him into the deep end. Let's see what you got. Like, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, hey, that kid knocked it out of the park. Like, I want to see more of him now. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, of course, you had Kyle O'Reilly against uh, Pete Dunne, which that was like a very long workhorse match. Really solid from both these guys. Top-tier stuff. Uh, literally everything that you would expect to see in a in a match with them, you know. Yeah, excellent so, match, and um, Kyle winds up going over, and Kyle will get his rematch against Finn Balor on the New Year's Evil show. Mm-hmm. Very solid, very solid. Yeah. You know, Me personally, really and it's not even just the fact that I'm such a fan of Pete Dunn. I only was rooting for Dunn just because we haven't got Dunn versus Balor yet. Yeah. I would have liked to see that match. Not to say there's anything wrong with O'Reilly versus Balor. That's going to be a banger, just like the last one. But just the fact that Dunn, that that match hasn't happened between Dunn and Balor. And yeah, that would have been an interesting contrast of styles. It feels like they're abandoning shit too fast also. Because also the Killian Dane thing's happening at the same time. Is that over? Like him and Pete Dunn, uh, have he, right? You tried to smash his skull. Well, um, the door. actually, this uh, this coming Wednesday... Because I guess uh, since it's basically with the faction in general, this uh, coming Wednesday, they will be fighting uh, Lorcan and Birch for the tag titles. Right. Yeah, it's going to be Lorcan and Birch versus uh, Maverick and Dane. Yeah, but the one who crushed his skull was Pete Dunn, wasn't Damn, it? but let's be real. Ain't, ain't nobody crazy enough to come for Dunn. Right, they but go, I just kind of feel like go for, they go you, for you taking somebody's skull and crushing it into a door is not only like pay-per-view match feud worthy. But it should certainly be a longer period of time before I see you again. And you yeah. should be somewhat injured. Your tag team partner should also be a little bit distraught. You got your head smashed into a door, you know? And they just kind of glossed over that shit. Like, all he did was run at him in the locker room. That little corny thing we played last week where he ran from the backstage. Ah! Which was more like, how are you right? Last time I saw he crushed your skull. Put your head in the door and kick the door shut. Drake Maverick was all distraught and shit. You should be dead, technically, but because of wrestling, you should just be really injured. Certainly not running from backstage and beating him up. And you know what? If he crushed your head in the door, that little brawl next to the locker room shouldn't have satisfied you. 
But then again, I guess with this Killian Day and that boy Belfast tough. So I mean, yeah. all right. I guess my suspension. And, and, and has I guess to like be... the way they've been kind of, I guess the way they the way they've been booking Dane ever since they repackaged him. Yeah, maybe, maybe. That, that that's not the only thing I could think of. I mean, the first thing he started doing was having street fights with Matt Riddle. So I'm guessing at that point, I guess a car door to the head doesn't quite do the same as a normal person. But maybe that's just me reaching. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh Zia Lee. They forced or, her to. They forced her to beat up Boa. Is that what that was? Was that her beating? Yeah, that was her beating a Boa. Oh no! You stupid. <laughs> That's crazy. What is going on here? I. You know what I've noticed? Every time it gets to this segment, I almost kind of zone out. I have like an out of body experience every time this segment happens. Do you? Because you know what it is? It's so weird, and it makes so little sense. I feel like I'm in a short circuit trying to figure it out. Because like I watch it happen and I see it, but I'm just sitting there like there's like no thought process going. It's funny because listening to Cornette, you guys know I'm a big Cornette guy. One thing that made me laugh and enjoy this angle more was when he talked about the previous week because I didn't I didn't think about it from his perspective, but he, he was saying like you know, then the two the two old guys who are torturing Zaylee and Boa they get taken out by people in the back with with with, with uh. What was some with a couple of Singapore canes? They take them out. Who the fuck were those people? And he was like, if Zaylee and Boa were scared, um, were, were scared of the fucking old Asian guys, they were fucking them up. They're gonna piss and shit themselves in bewilderment at whoever the fuck it was that took those guys out. <laughs> and I remember thinking he's right. <laughs> like I didn't think about that before. This whole angle was about those guys that took, like the the seafood, the master that took them right. And then in the last one, at the end of the torture, though, the 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 master got taken out. Who the fuck took him out? This storyline literally has no writing and it's so interesting. But look, watch this shit here. She has to beat up Boa. I didn't know what she was doing at first. They keep it off camera. And you're like, what the hell? Why is she crying? What's she hitting? I think she's hitting like a tree trunk or something. But nope. They have poor fucking Boa. He's just taking an ass whipping from her. What the hell is this shit, right? Wow. And she's real she's that's a real good form because we know she's really an MMA person. That's right. shitty. Good lord. What are they doing here? What the fuck is this? Right? Okay. Oh, see, what was that thing at the end? Did you see that? I almost took it off before. See, look, look, look at that eye shit. I love how they come back to commentary like they're supposed to. Oh, well, oh, it's really something else. Shut All up. Right. Don't even acknowledge it. Just come back from that, please. Let's move along. But yeah, because Zaya leave for fucking up Boa. What the hell is that? It, I'm going to be so disappointed if at the end of it, it's literally just like the two of them coming out and like that guy is the manager and that's all it was. Like now they're just tough. You know it will be. They have to take this somewhere else, man. After all the stuff that we've been through, explain to me who the original Asian guys were that were torturing them and how come these other guys took them out and then kidnapped them and then, then no. tortured them differently. I need more. I, I swear to God, man between the waterboarding and all the shit they did and then the fact that the dragon came out and the original Asian guy is getting taken away, that has to all mean something. 
Otherwise, yeah, you could you just saying, do whatever. Man. Otherwise, you could just be like, next ninjas came on, and then after that, there was Samurai, and then after that, Boa turned on him. You know, you can't just keep fucking writing. What no, was the dragon, and who are the fucking Asian people who took those guys out, and why do they torture these guys like that? Now, if you saying that, you remember which company this is, right? Yeah, I try not to. You know that's exact. You know that's exactly. I try not to. Is there going to be a manager with fuck all explanation? I try not to. All right, so Chauncey Blackheart then fights in the Hartwell. With the finish being that Candace winds up breaking the trophy over Shotzi's back. And all four of them mourn this trophy more than uh, Shotzi, clearly. Right. Carrion Cross kills a jobber with that cross jacket. Who was that jobber? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. He won't be seen again. Rest in peace. Raquel Gonzalez screws over Rhea Ripley. Causing uh, Tony Storm goes Tony's, over. Mm-hmm, with the Storm Zero. Uh, Rhea Ripley had her ear ripped. I don't know if you saw the photo. That poor girl's ears cannot catch a break. What the hell? Her, it happened before, her, right? I heard it happened yeah, before. It, uh, the, the match with EO, like five earrings got ripped out of her ear. That's why her ear was so bloody during that match. I'm not an earring person, but if five earrings got ripped out of my ear in a match, the next match I'd wear five less earrings. You know, it'd be like, well, minus five. You know minus five minus five earrings <laughs> you know what the funny thing about it is she said in a tweet after the eo match she was just like feeling people clipping my ear is kind of weird she just no sells it like it's like a paper cut well i, I think that's the reason i think that's the reason she just rolls it that bitch is aussie tough that is yeah that is, that is no paper cut sweetheart that girl's i just like she's so nonchalant about it like it's just what have you been through in life where you can get five earrings ripped out of your ear and it's just like huh that's not good though like this means that earrings probably don't mix well with wrestling any more than if i put them into cake batter yeah you know like look at her ear that means don't wear earrings during wrestling and this is one of the cases where you protect your performer the way there's always shit this band i hate to say but you got to ban that if your ear can have that happen then you have to have somebody tell them that they can't wear earrings i mean fucking do it like 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 i know jeff hardy jeff takes his gauges out when he has a wrestle. They're going for a look with her. They're going for a look with her, but the problem is that part of that look has to come off. It's no different than the Undertaker's hat and freaking coat. Can't fight in it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's bad. They're going to have to be a little bit more careful. I mean, people get cauliflower ear just from the, the, the physicality of wrestling alone. Your ears are not protected enough for you to have all that shit in it. Jesus Christ, you're tough as nails, Rhea, but damn, child, be careful. Yeah, that is crazy. We can't have them ears getting mangled just because you're tough as nails. Mm-hmm. What was else in this uh in this show? Was that it? That might that might that's, yeah, that was pretty much everything relevant that happened. They went and off with, with, Cross with, being there, but they went off with the real thing? Oh yeah, and the carrying cross uh yeah. you know, him. Uh, yeah, it was basically all the relevant stuff and then carrying cross was there too, so all right. Well so uh AEW brought in eight hundred and six thousand viewers they are up there nothing can stop them they're all the way up all the way up yeah. they dropped a little from that nine hundred thousand, but still but they're still really high this is a point 35 in the 18 to 49 demographic man they're they're rivaling monday night raw at this point and actually speaking of rivaling raw did you hear when it came to that demographic mm-hmm. they beat them they, they beat, beat them raw in the 18 to 49 demographic aew beat Raw. Let that shit settle in. Which brings me to AEW beat Raw. Which brings me to an announcement in regards to the format of this show that I've actually been planning. 
when it comes to the ratings, I was thinking about it. And the Wednesday Night Wars, to me, that closes the Wednesday Night Wars as far as I'm concerned. You brought in Sting. Game over. You uh, you pretty much fucked these guys up. Where it's like the year's over. It doesn't matter how many more times. They'd have to win like, how many would they have to win? Like 50 or 45 or some there, shit? If we were to no go by score? There's no way for them to ever win this. So I'm not going to do the ratings anymore for the Wednesday Night Wars about who did better with who. I'm going to do the rating ranking system from now on. I'm just going to tell you who ranked as the top five rated wrestling shows of the week between Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT, and Impact if they somehow managed to make it up there again. But no longer just NXT versus AEW. AEW's numbers are rivaling Raw in the demographic. It's not fair to compare them to NXT. Because at this point, NXT is a much smaller production, a much smaller show with a much, much smaller viewing demographic. AEW is more at the tier of Raw. At the end of the day, people, and it's like we said last week, not disagreeing with JR, but what they're doing has them rivaling Raw. How much can you really argue at this point? Yeah, the numbers are there, and and as long as that's there, and even if their numbers were to drop, I'm going to keep it this way. I kind of feel like we need to see what the shows are that are rating from now on, from top to bottom, not just NXT like at and this, At this point, they've beaten them so soundly so many times. It's like I said months ago, war is over. AEW wins, that's it, on to the next. Yeah. Like, because you know what the funny thing is? I thought about it when I, when I heard that they beat Raw. You've always talked on here a couple of times about how WWE always has these big guns they can pull out, these caught these rabbits out of their hats AEW didn't even need to do it they were already beating them and they said okay we're gonna ramp this shit up and pull fucking stick but the fact that WWE is being stingy and just giving the bare minimum to keep the product going while everybody else is sort of throwing everything that they can to stay running it means that at the end of this when this all lifts there's gonna be a lot of rabbits that WWE is gonna be able to pull out they could go they, pull every they, last could, one of them they could go back to a stadium which no one else is gonna get a stadium no one has that kind of audience. No one's going to get 80,000, 72,000 like in the Houston Astrodome, WrestleMania 17, no shit like that. They're going to get a fucking stadium. And then they're going to get Brock Lesnar and Goldberg and Hogan. And they're going to get all of the legends and The Rock who will probably face Roman Reigns at some point. They're just kind of waiting. Remember how long the Monday Night Wars were and how long they kind of waited. They got fucked up for a while. It was a long, long time of them just waiting while everyone was too sweeting and Kevin Nash and was celebrating and the NWO was thriving and even Miss Elizabeth was out there and you had mean gene in commentary. All of that shit is gone, man. Nitro's no more. There are no Nitro girls. We got broom bitches. <laughs> wow. <laughs> broom bitches, he says. Holy shit. I was trying to figure out where that was going to end. I did not expect boom. I was trying to figure out where that was going to end. I was trying to find a landing. <laughs> oh my God. You landed on broom bitches, apparently. There we go. So 806,000 viewers. 0.3518 to 49 demographic versus NXT 766,000 viewers with 0.19 in the 18 to 49 demographic. So NXT's viewers are close in range to the yeah. AEW. But they're way down in the demographic. 18 to 49 people are not watching that show. So I don't know who's watching it then. Because their numbers are very close to AEW. So that means either much older people, 50 and above, or much younger people, 17 and below. Because if AEW seems to have the majority of 18 to 49 with a point thirty five, somehow this number with NXT 
is almost a tie. I want to say, I know some people won't like that, but really let's be fair guys. It's within 30,000 of one another, eight, 806,000 versus 766,000. That means that somehow they got almost the same amount, but they're all either old people or, or young people. Either way, that didn't hit their target demographic for the channel that they're on channel that they are has advertisements for 18 to 49. The advertisers don't care if you're not in that demographic and that's how the money is made. They need to know that people that these products are for that age group are airing between those picture and picture commercials. That's the whole reason the demographic matters. So if you're getting kids and you're advertising Gillette shavers at that time, nobody wins. <laughs> They're just getting I free wrestling. Kids fucked up. No, like, the no, kids aren't nope. paying attention to the commercial. But on the other hand, if you're getting old men, and they're showing Nintendo Switch Pokemon commercials, it's also fucked up. So they're trying to go 18 to 49 because there's a very broad amount of commercials that they can run when that's the demographic for the time slot. So I'm just explaining this to you guys so you understand why NXT is not being put up there with Raw. The number's close, but it's a point nineteen. That means that uh, it didn't work. Maybe if they move to another channel that was for that demographic, I hate to say it, and I don't mean to sound like a dick, but if this was Lifetime, they'd be Gucci right now. <laughs> exactly. If Assuming it's old people. <laughs> you know what I mean? If this was A&E or something. Like, you know what I mean? If this was one of the... Oh, but God. this is the 18 to 49 demographic. You are on the USA Network. I don't have a suggestion because I really don't know what they're trying to do with NXT. I watch it in its own okay show, but I really don't know what they're going for except for good matches. It's like, oh, that was a good match. Yep, that was also a good match. But there's not really like, like what is NXT? They say we are NXT, but what are they right now? Right. You know, Impact had 221,000 viewers. Oh, you're making it. All of your people have gone back home. All of the kids got out of the pool. They are literally over 600,000 viewers lower than everybody else with a .8 in the 18 to 49 demographic. You know what? It's kind of funny. We mentioned how low their that in that demographic was oh i'm you know sorry it's a point four. Ooh, it's a point four. last Ooh. week was the point eight. Oh, i'm sorry so i'm reading last week and i wasn't even trying to be a dick that 221 was the increase that they got from aew this week and i do this is better i'm glad that this mistake had this is one of the greatest botches of all time this fucking week 177,000 with a point four. In the 18 to 49 demographic, they weren't even a bleep. Holy shit. And I'm supposed to believe AEW's trash, George? They were they were Dak from the Family Guy Empire Strikes Back. Get ready to suck some Dak. Blip. You guys ever seen that? that Holy they... God. <laughs> Pew. It's funny that this comes up because a couple of days ago, I'm just browsing through YouTube. That guy, that YouTube you showed me, Rick, the one that did the essay reels video. Uh huh. First of all, I've been watching more of his shit. Did you see one of his newest ones that popped up? No, what was it? It was Impact versus Monday Night Raw, the Monday Night War. Oh boy! Oh wait, and I think I did see that. I think I did see. I'll have to go back, but I've watched several of those. Anytime the Monday Night War comes like up with Dixie, that's what makes it so fun. Anytime Monday Night War comes up where Dixie goes up against Vince, I watch it no matter what because it's always interesting. It's just an amazing decision. A- 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 anybody to make. who gets the chance watch the shit because it's a three hour three hour uh, video but what's funny about it is you watch impact go down in that demographic every single week 
I can't even blame Dixie, though. You know why? Because every now and then when you're playing an RPG, you kind of try to wander near them red monsters to see what will happen. It's just that most of us save first, you know? <laughs> like, oh, this is a red monster. What is that? I could probably run past him and see what that shit is over there. Oh, shit. No, I can't. That's what happened to Dixie. <laughs> she went, oh, shit. I could probably run past Vince. Oh, fuck. He saw me. <laughs> She ran out of staying and couldn't get away. Because I remember thinking, what the fuck are they doing on Mondays? Like, are you crazy? You're going to go up against the battle damaged, battle worn, battle fucking knowledgeable WWE that went up through the Monday Night Wars with this? Holy crap, man. And who was it that convinced them? It was Hogan and Bischoff, right? And Russo. Yeah. Typical. Hogan and Bischoff, of course, it was Russo, right? The same people that you should never have go up against Vince as a team. You know what the funny thing is? As bad as Impact is now, I don't even think Russo's there. That's amazing. WWE would you suck more than when Russo was there. WWE was like, "Are you kidding me, man? It's the 2000s. Get that Lord Pilaf shit out of here. Slap. Oh that was God. it. It was done." Yeah, <laughs> like, you sure really? Slap. Don't you know I'm green? <laughs> oh man, so that's a bad rating. 177 thousand. I'm pretty sure that George is responsible for that. He must just have 177,000. Like, George, I'm sorry. I don't want to ever hear you come and talk about how trash George, I need you to do me a favor. I want you to not watch Impact Live next week so I could see what the difference in the rating is. Like, it's small enough that if I could get somebody to not watch, we'll see. We could see the number move. Maybe we could see it in real time. It's like, holy (laughs) crap, dude. Like, Like, I want to see. Like, I'm sorry. You can't ever tell me. Kenny Omega showed up twice in a week. Shit's Creek. Gets a higher rating than them, I'm pretty sure. I, I remember that show Shit's Creek that used to be. Yeah, because they used to plug it after Impact every time on Destination America. Or, or what about those ghost shows? Remember we used to run ghost shows on here? We Impact moved to some station that had ghost shows and shit. So we used to just come on here and instead of watching yeah. Impact, we'd put the ghost you know, show on. You know what the funny thing is? George talks about people are watching on Twitch on Tuesday night. Yeah, and they're watching AEW and everything else on actual TV stations. In our classic episodes... Impact was on some station that had ghosts and supernatural shit. So we used to just run clips of the guy. Like there was this guy named Huckleberry who got possessed by the devil. And then he talked about how he had to fight Satan twice to get out of hell. And like they found him naked, like by this tree and shit. This is the shit that was on the same station as Impact. I forget. Was it Destination America? Which yeah, it was one was Destination it? Destination America. Oh, it might not have been them. It was some station has some real background. No, no, it, it, it was there. Destination America. We used to not watch Impact, and we used to get heat from Impact fans, because we used to come on here and watch the shit that was around Impact, because we were so amazed <laughs> at what the things were that they were being listed with. And now, I'm, like, what, what's, what, now what's getting plugged on fucking Access, what, freaking uh, old two-year episodes of New Japan? Like, oh, and it's like, come man. on, George. People watch, I've seen, I've seen videos of people watch other people sleep on Twitch. George, if you could get people... To come in here and watch Impact Live on Tuesdays, you're welcome to the channel. I'll mod you. You go find people. You tell them, "Hey, we're gonna do a mock." If you have a blast, are you kidding me? I, I would love that. to see. He I'd said be amazed. Old AJ matches. They have to run shit from people who aren't even there anymore. Dude, they ran old. They ran an old match on on one of the most recent Impacts. They still do that. They don't even have enough content to not need to do that. So anyway, they had a really low rating there. Um, I'm so sorry. It's easy to get all that stuff. When look at that, Joe, AJ, Jeff Hardy, aka people who aren't there right now. We're oh, not yeah, but I mean, we could say that about anybody, man. We could, could say that about ROH, we could say that about New Japan, we could say that about Evolve, PWG, but that's not the landscape now. They're not the companies that we remember. Well, of, course, of course, you're going to get stuff great views when you get the people who used to be there. But you tell me who's watching that Twitch channel for fucking what? Chris Bay, fucking Moose, and all this. 
Nobody yeah. gives a shit about the old. The old that they do it for the nostalgia because they can't stand to watch DNA now. And we're They're also like, Man, remember when this was great. And we're also hearing, according to Fightful, that a lot of contracts are up in impact right now, earlier than expected. Okay, we don't know exactly who the people are, but I can tell you with absolute certainty that a bunch of contracts, not just a few, a bunch of contracts are all up at the same time. And what scares me about that is that when I watch Impact, I don't see a bunch of wrestlers. I see like 12. So if a bunch of contracts are up, you tell me where this shit is going. They said that apparently when you guys were hearing about the re-signings a while back, those were re-signings that were being announced months after actually being signed. So That is wonderful. So think about that. And so back in early 2019, when you started hearing that this person was signed and that person was signed, just like their show usually usually used to be in it, sometimes they were on a delay. So when you heard in early 2019, this person was signed, they had already been signed. Now we're at the end of 2020. You do the math since it's your company and tell me who back in 2019 had been announced to sign in because they're probably on their way out and there ain't many of them. You know, so uh, get ready because at some point it's going to be happening all the fucking time. You know, don't forget about that. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm going to start you with one just to give you a taste of what it's going to be like next year. Madison Rain gone. That's not a that's not a a, a fucking shoot either. That's that's a, I mean, that's not a work either. That's a shoot. Madison Rain is legit retired from uh, there. Did you know that? I heard about that. Yeah, she retired. So PW Insider saying that she's leaving Impact to take a full-time job outside of pro wrestling. And as a matter of fact, I just read, I think yesterday, that she just graduated college. Making it. Surviving. So you already have George, how could she be there if she left? Come on now. She will be there still, but she will be gone also. That's what you... <laughs> That sounds like something that they would say in Impact, right? Just so you, know. you know what the funny thing is? We don't have to worry about Tony investing because Tony doesn't have to run old AEWs on Twitch. Oh, yeah. man, that impact dial is painful. So, uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about the weeklies, to be honest. I mean, at least about those weeklies, you know. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, George, with her husband there, and he's probably not far off. She's not been there before while Josh Matthews has been there. Yeah, and Josh Matthews is there because he, does, he did, where else is he going to go? Right, nobody else yeah. wants him. He's like a sponge, you know. He likes to suck everything up. Giggity. That was a that was an Easter egg. If you guys ever seen his tough enough promo, that's literally how he ended it. Yeah. When he was trying out, he was like, "I'm a I'm like a sponge. I suck everything up." Like, and he was all like the mean face and shit. I remember right being now. like, "This is awesome. I love this show." <laughs> you know what? When you think about it, that one of their biggest names is Tommy Dreamer right now. That's yeah. one of their like featured guys in 2020. It's funny. Am I the only person who's been watching ECW so long that whenever you hear, you you say Tommy Dreamer, you automatically hear dun 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 dun. Uh, I noticed they try their hardest to give him like covers of that shit because they're not gonna dare try to have every all the, company the, the, the he's thing. ever been in gives him something. <laughs> they try to give him word just without the without the words, right? And you stay expecting it too. That makes me hate it when he's not like actually in ECW because you hear the dun 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 dun. dun, dun. And you're waiting for like the ah, uh, and it just never happens. Like ah, this is bootleg. You guys just trying to stay away from a lawsuit, right. <laughs> you know? Where Paul didn't give a fuck. That's how come the music in ECW was great. We Paul really didn't give it. a shit. <laughs> you know, we got all kinds of wonderful music there. 
Oh my God, we have what? What's the other weekly? We got to wrap up soon. Uh, SmackDown and then Raw. That's actually it. And we're not gonna. I don't know if we have time to do any more news. I'll I'll skim over and see if there's anything important. Everything else is gonna have to wait until next week. Um, and truth be told, we can really just breeze through SmackDown and Raw because nothing like. I'm looking through it right now. Well, SmackDown, we can breeze through Mace based on the fact that it came before the pay-per-view, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the Owen stuff was already covered. You know, you guys already watched yeah, that, that pay-per-view. Great. That's, I that's mean, done and dusted. Um, oh, oh, of course, Rudolph lost to the Street Profits because who's giving Dolph Ziggler a championship? Uh, Otis, let's see what else. Otis losing to Nakamura. Otis going over Nakamura clean in three fucking minutes. In three minutes is very telling of where Nakamura is, and I kind of oh, it's so sad that I remember the day that I heard about his signing being on this show around this time, and expressing my concern that one day he would be exactly where he is now, how he is now, and they actually did it exactly the way that I thought they would. I remember thinking, but you know what, a guy like, and they did it, they did it. You know what I mean? They 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 totally fucking they screwed this guy. And I like Otis, but good lord, man, Nakamura who fought Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? Former IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Heavyweight Champion. And Heavyweight. IC Champion. The guy who created Chaos. Two-time NXT Champion. First Japanese Royal Rumble winner. No, we're going to have him job to host in three minutes. I think deep down inside, they just hate New Japan, man. And they just try to shit on it whenever they can. That's what they... We've heard stories that they buy people to bury them. Sometimes I wonder, man, because I look at Finn Balor. And I'm not saying Finn Balor doesn't have, like, a great career or anything. But, like, if you try to explain to someone who just watches NXT Finn Balor, they would think that you're out of your mind. You know, it'd be like, that guy? You know, like, that's the leader of the Bullet Club, the guy who founded and created all of the things that pretty much resonates across almost all the platforms now, including WWE with their different versions of clubs that they've tried to do over the fucking years. That guy is the trigger that started it all and made this fucking vision. And honestly, most of the time that he's been here, he's around, sure. And then sometimes he's not around. And then he's around again and nothing really fucking changes with him, you know? And then you look at Hideo, Hideo Itami, formerly Hideo Itami, back to being Kenta. Another fucking legend, a person who was literally already legend status in Japan. You would have never guessed that with the version that we got here. Another guy in New Japan. Then you got Nakamura, my favorite New just, Japan it's wrestler. That's what I'm saying, Shin. When, uh, when that contact runs up, I'm going to need you to hop your ass back in Japan. My favorite New Japan wrestler of all time. Literally. And, one of the most charismatic wrestlers I had ever seen. And I I don't see him doing anything. He's reduced to tag team partners with different people. He doesn't really talk. He's quietly in the background. He takes the job. He's losing to Otis. It's it's a mess there. So yeah, SmackDown, that's the only thing that really mattered that didn't have to do with the uh the TLC. Uh Bailey goes over Bianca Belair. And that's it. You know, everything mm. else everything else connects to TLC, I think, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, so you guys got that covered. You have the Sunday show. You can click on it. So that moves us along to uh, what NXT, which we no, that would be uh, that would actually be raw. I mean, I'm sorry, raw. That's how much I'm trying to avoid avoid it subconsciously. Which, by the way, SmackDown, there 1.30 million viewers, 0.3 in the 18 to 49 demographic. But they were on Fox Sports One before you go freaking out. I know that that's lower in the demographic yeah. than Impact, but they had to move to Fox Sports One. For, they had a reason to be that low, right? Which also keep in mind AEW. Next week, I believe, is going to be 10 p.m., right? Yeah, because uh, the NBA, there's the NBA game going on. And Destin and I already discussed it earlier. We will likely do a three-player co-op Gears of War stream, myself, Stasis, and him, in the time slot, somewhere around the 8 o'clock block or somewhere within that evening. 
I'm not sure what the exact time is, but just be on the lookout for that. So we'll do the new Gears campaign. And uh, the other thing is NXT is going to be having another show. Before we go into the Raw, I just want to remind you of that. NXT is going to be having a second weekly show, which is funny because I thought that NXT UK was their second weekly show. I guess I was wrong. Apparently not. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely some issues there. I'm going to see if I can find some information on when it is. Do we have any information on uh, what's happening with it? Yeah. I, I I myself haven't heard um anything specific, just that there's a second one coming. But. I heard that it's going to be like an NXT for NXT. Literally, that's the way that it was coined. So this is going to be like a lower tier NXT that I guess people have to make it through to then get called up to NXT. I'm not making this shit up, man. Yeah, that's exact. That's the one thing I've heard is the NXT for NXT. So yeah, they're gonna have this. I don't know if I want to. Here we go again, you know. Like I don't know if I want to have to watch a show that's all about doing call ups to a show that's all about doing call ups. Right. Like, what is this? What's happening? The okay, other thing, exactly what they're gonna do. They're gonna bring back the game show, and you have to win the game show to get on NXT. Yeah, and uh, apparently there's going to be fans in the Thunderdome. For the Christmas episode of Smackdown. They're actually taping that episode today. On the 22nd is when it's scheduled to tape. Knowing them. Just based on my experience. I would assume that what that means. Is that when Raw finished. They went complete. They went straight into Smackdown. And Smackdown is being taped right now. In front of a live audience. Is the only thing that makes sense. I don't know if they would do it the following week. Maybe they are. Maybe they are actually doing it tomorrow. And it's during the day or something. But at some point they're taping it. And uh there's going to be fans oh I, I see what it is they're going to be uh oh they're going to be in the no they're going to just be in the thunderdome i guess no I, so that's not the same thing why, why would that even be a story they're always in the fucking thunderdome because they have to remind us they're in the thunderdome like they do every week yeah now that was a ringside story you know what felix upton you're an asshole because that's clickbait like they're always in the fucking thunderdome fuck face shit I just hate when the dirt sheets get clickbaity. They click something and it's not really it's not really news. That's why you know? I don't like pay attention to some of these guys like WrestleMania, like WrestleMania, and all those. That's why it takes too, me so long to. I mean, I watch some of this stuff, but it's it's the it's the actual websites that just want you to click so they get hits because there's a lot of stuff that uh is just clickbaity. That's what takes us so long to put together the program. We have to look to garbage, and sometimes some of it sl- slips through anyway. You know. Anyway, um. Yeah, so we're gonna wind up getting that that uh that Thunderdome shit. You can go to wwethunderfuck.com if you want to go signed up for it. <laughs> I'm just mad that that story. I thought they were real fans for a minute. You know, they worked me again. I feel like the ladder match all over again, where I thought that it would be AJ or Miz. <laughs> nah, it was still Drew. Oh, I was still Drew. All right, I'm gonna do a quick skim here before we wrap up. See if there's anything else that I want to mention to you guys. Do we have time for anything that can wait until next week? Uh, I mean, one of the things that I wanted, I guess we do should talk about is the fact that Raw's viewership was at record lows last week. And USA is pissed. Yeah. Like now people are like, whoa, they looked at the ratings and it was like, ugh. So knowing that is something for you to keep in mind when you think about uh what's been happening in regards to uh, the ratings. It was 1.527 million viewers last week. They went down 200,000. 200,000 viewers are gone from Monday Night Raw. 
because eventually what's going to happen is people are not going to watch this shit if it continues to be the same old shit. And that's what's happening. And that's so, fans back or none. Who knows what tonight's ratings? I can't wait to match it up next week in our new ranking system because God forbid if we would have ranked this road, I would have been a very bad start for them on our ranking system being down that 200,000. And like Destin said, that's why AEW beat all three hours of Raw in in the 18 to 49 demographic. Because so, the fans sometimes don't like the stuff, but they see the effort. They don't see yeah. the effort on Raw because the effort doesn't exist. And apparently it's being called a wake-up call for them. Like they're starting, that shit hit them. Like they're, they're feeling that one. Don't think that this is just another one that everybody's sitting there doing the same shit. No. So I don't know if this week's Raw reflected change. I don't feel that it did though. So how much could they really be uncomfortable? It did. Holy shit. This is going to be bad. Yeah. And apparently they asked the writers. This is according to WrestleVotes. They asked the writers in the company for them to write up a list of all of the superstars in WWE that are underutilized. And I'm not going to criticize that. That's probably a good step one. I don't know if I would assign the writers. I would fire them and then write my own list of who's underutilized. But if you're going to use the writers, fine, whatever. I mean, these are new writers anyway. We fired them so many, I don't even know who's who. But anyway, we have new writers, and they're going to go for these talents right now. Um, I mean, so far, everyone sent in different lists. It's not like one big list. Everyone sent in their list. And apparently, nearly every list that people sent in had Cesaro, Chad Gable, Angel Garza, Carmella, and Peyton Royce. Almost everyone who sent the list to them out of the writers that they have in their company under their employment has said Cesaro, Garza, Gable, Carmella, Peyton Royce. Those are the people they feel are the most wasted right now. Hopefully this list will open their eyes, at least for those people, you know? But we I can hope. I kind of feel like if you're part of the top people in WWE, you should be watching and familiar enough with the product to be able to know without the writers who are the most underutilized people. You could have asked me that shit. And I would have told you who the most. Why do you need the writers to send in? It's just such a weird process. Can't they should have a podcast where they get all that shit squared off? Like, do you really need to have send in a paper that like listen, let's go sit around and, and name the, the, the wrestlers, fix this shit. And uh yeah, the USA network has been telling them that they do not want this content. That doesn't mean that they want to get rid of it, but according to Alex McCarthy of Talksport, he's saying that they want violent and edgy content and that they're furious. Like you said, they want adult content. They don't want sexy adult. They want dark and violent. This is what they're asking. USA Network is like, look, these ratings, no, we need dark and violent. Whatever you were doing before, make it dark and violent. I don't know if they'll do that. I think they should, only because it's what the network wants, you know? And for the first time ever, they're no longer saying anything. They're not like, oh, well, this was because of this or the pandemic or because of the weather or because there was football on. They're not saying shit. There's 200,000 missing viewers. You know what I mean? I haven't really ever heard of that before. That's crazy. That's like literally their equivocal of the Thanos snap. People are missing. When those people come back, their brothers and siblings are going to be different ages from them because they were watching AEW instead of Raw. But yeah, they didn't really try to make excuses, apparently, what we're saying. Melsa just said, this is bad. This is just bad. No one's trying to. Uh, and he said he has no idea what this means. Big surprise. And he has no idea how they're going to change it. But like he also said that they're looking for more adult content in Raw. So this is the reason for that rating drop. And uh, apparently they're saying that uh, there are people that are having mental issues 
not just me apparently from having to deal with this, but other people, according to Dave Melsa, that would rather go to the main roster, but when they get to the main roster, they start having these mental problems and that they don't realize that when they go there, they're booked to fail and then the fail really weighs on them. And uh, these are people who've been nothing but successful for years and years at everything that they've done. And then all of a sudden they show up on Raw and SmackDown and everything fucking falls apart for them. And then he says, how many guys have you seen that are great and that are booked like shit? And then all of a sudden um, they start wrestling like shit and they start second guessing themselves and they start thinking that maybe they're just not that good. And then you see their talent diminish. That's a good point, man. If someone doesn't have positive experiences doing something, they're going to get bad at it. You know, exactly. The main roster is the worst place to fucking be. You show up in that company, you go to NXT, you stay in fucking NXT. You don't go to shitty Raw. You don't go to SmackDown because they will fuck you up. Yeah, we're hearing that uh, people are walking on eggshells backstage after that happened because of how the 200 missing views. Somebody should go look for them. Send somebody, you know, send somebody on a trip. You know, they said they're looking, that, that Vince is looking for out of the box ideas. Um, Yeah, so they have every, it sounds. Mm, I mean, just saying, you, you know, actually, I, I, I know where the two, I know where the 200,000 viewers went. Yeah, and according to PW Insider, Where, wherever the, Alistair Black is. Yeah, and according to PW Insider, the management isn't happy about uh segments that run long. They want them to stop that. So I guess segments are running too long. We talked about that before. How that's happening, you know? Uh, they they're still taking those. They still have the big men taking those classes two times a week with Drew, with Drew Gulak and Adam Pierce to fix them because that's really what the problem is. It doesn't seem to bother people though because Otis spoke to Fox Sports and he told them, he said, I think that it's always been there. It wasn't like, hey, we were told this and that. That performance center is a tool for us to get better. If another big man wants to come up to me and wants to work on stuff or vice versa, we're always working. So that report was kind of funny at the time. We're never not working, especially now that we don't have live events. So we can't really get our stuff out. It's just bottled inside in a little bottle right now it's like we're not getting that stuff out there so we'll find more and more ways to get in the ring with each other so for otis it's just business as usual according to him that's just the performance center yeah you go back there that's just the way it's always been that's what i figured that's what it's there for you know but so you know they can't blame i don't think that the rating thing is a knee-jerk reaction it's like fuck it let's send big men away you know anyway so now we can talk about raw and wrap this shit up if there's even anything relevant to talk about um, we had Asuka and Charlotte celebrating as the new tag team champs. You had, uh, Shayna and Nia against Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. And you know what? They really, for some lo- reason, fucking, mm-hmm. good. I was going to say, cause for some reason, I, I, I love how fucking Mandy and Dana want to get ballsy after shine, after Shayna and Nia lose the title. They really it's let like, Dana get to the back and Mandy, of the line and it's like, what? They really let Dana and Mandy kick the shit out of Shayna and Nia, though. Right? Like, like what, what happened? They came what, out there the and they were whipping over? their asses. They were flexing muscles. They were Scott Steiner posing. They were knocking them on their asses. They had them crawling across the ground. It was like, what? Dana, even this, the so sure, that one mistake led to the Kirifu to clutch. She tapped out. But what about that ass whipping that they took? They're not making the champions look strong. They look like they can get kicked around. Nia more than ever. Doesn't seem like as big of a woman as she used to be. Uh, Cedric is now Prime Alexander, right? That's what his new name is. Prime Alexander. Amazon Prime Alexander. I love what the Hurt Business did for him. Because it did a whole 180. Amongst other things, the Hurt Business did a whole 180. But a lot of other things did, uh, did a lot. You know, like he, like I told you, he had a slow progression through the ranks, uh, 
when you think about his Ring of Honor days to not, it's like he's someone who, what I mean is he's always gotten better. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? But I mean specifically like when he's been on the main roster. So you think, yeah, for I guess for the, well, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah for, need, for, for that period of time, yeah, complete 180, because there was a period of time when he first showed up, when he was one of those people, one of those jobs chasing the 24-7 titles. So. Yeah, I guess for that, you, you do need an anchor when you're on yeah. this roster. It's so sad, right? Like, did everything change like that? It just never seemed like it always seemed like such a promising system until you're in it, I guess. That's why they're suffering from mental problems, which we'll talk about more next week because they don't have a lot of time. But a lot of people have given like firsthand experience and how they feel going from hot to cold, hot to cold, push to not push, push to not push, job to not job. You know what I mean? Like after all, it probably does drive you a little crazy. If watching it drives you crazy, can you imagine what it must feel like experiencing this? Like when you know you're this good. And they don't treat you like you're anything else. Yeah, it will drive you up the wall. Yeah, totally. By the way, thank you. At this time, almost freaking morning time, the packed chat rooms, everybody is in here. What in the hell is going on? Anyway. Don't some of y'all got to work? Like, what y'all doing? Yeah, man. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, Matt Riddle has a match with Jeff Hardy, the two of them together. What are they now called? The, uh, the Hardy Bros? Oh, my God. And uh, not really even a match. What if he comes out when the Herb Business is doing their primetime Alexander bullshit and he tells them to go listen to the Joe Rogan podcast and smoke some weed? Legit. Like, he's like, bro. <laughs> that shit kills Why don't you go listen to Rogan smoke some weed? Like, he didn't say exactly that way, but that's what he basically go said. Get toasted. No, like, Holy oh. shit. Interesting. That shit was awesome. It really feels like he says whatever the hell he wants, huh? I feel like they just let him have fun at this point because he's funny. I'm listening to him like, man, that's really, like, random. Matt Riddle's fucking It's fun, good right? advice, so it was hard for them to even come back, but it was just so random that no one knew what to do. It's like, yeah, Joe Rogan and weed. Jeff's just clapping, you know? It's just like, all right. There were a couple of times where it looked like Jeff was trying not to laugh. <laughs> I don't know if that, that was just me not seeing me. I don't know if that was just me seeing it. Yeah. But there was a moment where he looked like he almost lost it. Andrew Garza takes out Gulak with the wing clipper. What the hell gives, man? What happened to the Gulak stuff that was happening before? Do they remember oh, you Drew mean Gulak? That's, you mean that stuff from like, what, a year or two ago? Yeah, but like, do they remember Drew Gulak? No. Did somebody needs to remind them, like, hi, that's Drew Gulak. Like, you were actually they won't, they, they won't believe really it. good. He's actually training the guys that you're sending to the fucking thing. Can we not kill him with the wing clipper right now? And then they're going to be like, well, we need somebody to make Angel Garza look strong. There's tons of people. Tons of people. And I agree. We should make him look strong because he's really good. Get him up there, too. Why do we have to sacrifice? You have a a network. If I had a network, I'd give my friends unlimited stuff. You have a fucking network. There's enough time to get everybody over, you know? But we only have three hours. Oh, only three hours there. See, see, this, 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 this is me doing what they do. And wherever they spewed a fucking Pritchard, wherever Pritchard said the events in that back room. I'd just be like, you have a fucking network. There are people who don't have networks that give people more time than you do. Are you kidding me? Get out of here with that. I'm so tired of them. So you get a, what was that? What else? We have Ms. TV with AJ and Omos, where they talk about a, a peanut butter and Johnny sandwich. Remember that? That was a nice little reference that he was almost a peanut butter and Johnny sandwich. That's as good as when Resident Evil did it with Jill. Oh my God. Jill sandwich. Miz realizes that Morrison is the one who cashed the money in the bank contract and not him, and then he demands the contract back, but that doesn't really happen because Seamus, Mac, Keith, Lee, and him come out there and it winds up turning into a scrap. The whole thing, though, is does that contract shit legit? Like, was that just for that segment, or is he really getting it back? Oh, that was for that fucking segment. And I'm going to tell you how you know that was for that segment. 
the comment the 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 ring announcer announced the cash in. Yeah, I almost wanted to go with it. You know, I was just like, yeah, yeah I, give I it back because I, I I want I want this jobber mic far away from that briefcase. Don't you put that shit back on him. What about that? Remember that time Jericho first won the world championship from Triple H and him and Stephanie went and grabbed or Hefner by the back of his shirt and dragged his back and went, restart that belt right now. And he wanted to restart and hit him in pedigree and left. They gave him the dusty well, they finish. Had you know, that's what you got to do. Dusty him. Yeah, well, we have, we have with somebody who's not a job. <laughs> somebody who's not job or Mike and tie his wife. Uh, T-Bar goes over Ricochet. Who's still who's still basically declining the recruitment of the fucking retribution guys who are saying that he that that he belongs there. And so Mustafa Ali's good trying news to and bad news. What's that? Good news, retribution is winning. Bad news, they're ricochet. Yeah, I did like the part where he's trying to recruit him on the side and fucking this guy grabs him by his face. Like freaking he grabs ricochet grabs him from in the ring pulls him in to start hitting himself yeah that was really cool uh bobby lashley goes over with the hurt lock against jeff hardy i believe right yeah it was a hardy it was like this was the hardy bros match it was the hardy bros versus mvp and lashley and why are they so disorganized can you explain to me why it is that matt hardy and jeff hardy came out when it was that the when these guys the hurt business were already in the ring and then instead of having the match, then it became Angel Garza's match with Gulak and then Miss TV and then the T-Bar match and then back to the Hurt Business with Jeff Hardy and Matt Riddle when we started with them in the ring. Couldn't that have happened? How the fuck did we wind up with all that stuff in the middle if they get to that match? You know, just kind of had you could have had it right then. Everybody was already out there because it's Monday. All right, cool. Let him go. <laughs> Riker goes over freaking. What was that? Uh, Grand Metallic. Yeah, he spiked him. So, uh, so Daxon Riker, who's part of the Elias Alliance now, I'm surprised they haven't came up with the Elias Alliance. <laughs> Nobody comes up with no fun anymore. Come on, how much brain power are they using? They must be on None. minimal, right? Instead of drinking <laughs> any kind of health drinks or protein shakes, they're just having yuhus. They're rocking yuhus. Lukewarm ones at that. Lukewarm yuhus. Room temperature yuhus. Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, Orton. And the fiend apparently have had a double turn, and it was done poorly, in my opinion. I it was so stupid. I didn't realize it was a double turn. I realized it only because earlier today, and we don't have time to play it, even though it was planned in the program. Somebody got an RKO tattoo, and Randy Orton broke kayfabe, and he was came on video and was like, "Hey man, I just wanted to say I've seen a lot of RKO tattoos. That one's really cool, and you know you've done a lot, you know. And you said that I helped you through bullying and uh." You know, I have, have some more five kids. I, you know, I like to hear stuff like that. And, you know, even though I'm a bad guy right now on TV, I thought this was important. And when he said that, I was like, I thought you were a bad guy on TV. And I looked at the date of the video. I was like, but this video today, when are you a bad guy? And I remember just thinking, okay, later on when Orin comes out, I'll make sure he's not a bad guy. And then sure enough, he's giving an evil promo about how he destroyed the fiend because he's an evil man. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's just the worst double turn ever because I get it. You guys have made a decision that you want Bray to be babyface and Randy Orton to be heel. And you have no idea how to get there because it wouldn't make any sense to do that. So they just did it. And it's awkward because I don't think that someone who's casually watching would look at Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt and automatically know that they're babyfaces. We only know because we understand the formula of wrestling. That being said, seeing this formula applied that way looks really dumb. So uh, Bliss shows up, which, by the way, she was on vacation before this. 
she asked for the time months ago. In case anyone was wondering, there was no yeah. hidden mystery there. Um, took a little bit of break. She shows up, and all she basically says is she jokes about the ashes and Bray, and then she says that he's he's home, right? And now she says that he's home now. Yeah, the uh. fiend's home. Yeah, yeah. But she basically makes it clear that yeah, he he's not done. Oscar and Charlotte go over Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans because, of course, we're gonna have Dalberting because why not? Uh. What else was there? Help me through this. Carry us to the end of this shit. Oh god, I think uh I believe actually after that we had the uh finale, it was this 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 pissed me off so bad. A six man tag team holiday street fight. Right with the Christmas gifts in, and, the, and out and the Christmas tree bump and shit. Right. I blacked. Not even it the out. Christmas tree bump. It's a street fight. Why the fuck are you tagging in and out? That's true. If it's a street fight, there isn't any tagging. And it also usually should take place not in the ring. They had all of like three weapon bumps. But since it's a Christmas episode, why not call it something Christmassy? There was nothing but trees and presents everywhere. Because that takes effort. You know what I mean? No, it doesn't. They actually set up trees and presents everywhere. The effort's already complete. Now you just fucking write Christmas on something and make the that match happen. In the budget. How in the world did you put Christmas shit everywhere and call it a street fight? On a Christmas they, they, episode. They, yeah, they, they, they just call it a holiday street fight. What asshole? They didn't even say Christmas. Oh, I see. I get it. I get it. You know why, right? Yeah. You know why, right? That's a left shit. That's a I'm radical stupid. left shit. Yeah. Because they don't want you to emphasize a religion. In saying Christ mass, which is what Christmas really is, it is a Christ mass. You are plugging religion. Whereas if you say happy holidays, you're staying neutral. That's beautiful, man. God bless America. Oh How did God. this shit end again? Fucking the faces went over with a uh, yeah Keith Lee by the spirit bombed AJ, and then because they can't just go away clean, fucking Seamus broke it Keith Lee because they can't just get along. Beautiful, simply beautiful. Blissfully, it went off the fucking air, just like we're gonna do. Hey, yeah. that being said, thank you. To everyone who hung out for this long, late, early, depending on where you are, Christmas edition of Talk Brunch. I hope you liked all the extra banter and stuff that we have going on. Don't forget also that this upcoming week, Destin, myself, and Stasis are going to be playing some of the newer games that are coming out. Definitely written in stone. We're going to do some of that Gears just because it's a three-player campaign. And I think we we did the last one, right? I think we went through. Yeah, we, and, we uh, ran through all of Gears 5 campaign. Yeah, we ran through, so that's part of the tradition of running through that kind of stuff. It'll be up here. Check us out on Twitter to get that announcement at Rick Daraman, uh, at SoBlowFrasia, uh, at TalkBunch. You can find all of those on TalkBunch.com, all of the different stuff. Uh, also, thank you, Live Chat Room, Cool Ice, George Z, Bloodluster, Stasis Dreams, Miss Lenity, Extra More, EB Gamer, Willie V2, Saku, Hasue K, Marceline, Silly Gnome 2 to 5, Have This 2, George, B Xavier, Casino Thanks, Droop Dog, Ice Wizards, WPFID 5555, and of course, all of you listening across all platforms iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, all the podcatcher apps, all the podcast apps, Twitch TV, Facebook.com, TalkBrunch.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live. And this has been episode 428, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin, we're out of here. See you on Impact. <laughs> 
Shutting it down.